Talk Brunch, served hot. That's music to my ears, right? Love it. Now you know what that means. Beautiful. That means I made it to the dam over the production into the show. Nothing went down. Yeah, how often does that happen? Oh boy. So, I was hoping that I would get drafted, but then I realized that there was only one wrestling show here. I was like, what if Destin and I get drafted to separate shows on Talk Brunch? Oh, wait. Did it ruin the dramatic effect? They bring us back in like a week and a half to some bullshit rule. Some bullshit rule, anyway. It'll definitely not be as successful as Jim Lee's run of X-Men uh, with the blue and gold teams. I think it'll have like a different vision entirely. You know? So, Facebook went down like a virgin on prom night, huh? Yep. Getting away for the day to be over. That is crazy. Does Facebook yeah, swallow? I love, I love how everybody out there is concerned about Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp. I'm worried about if the paint goes down on Friday. Then I'm concerned. Yeah, that's more of a concern. Yeah. So if you didn't realize by now, this is Talk Brunch Live, October 5th, 2021. Technically not, because that's uh, gone past midnight. But that's because I am the founder, creator, producer, director, artist, webmaster, moderator, clip cutter, voting poll creator, schedule coordinator, game streamer, editor, organizer, reporter, button deck controller, technical support, and most of all, host of Talk Brunch Live, Rick the Disaster Master Dara. Don't fuck up my intro here. Rick the Disaster Master Dara. In short, if you see it or hear it, odds are I created it with my bare hands. That, in short, technically makes me god of this realm. And I know I'm on here late, but, uh, you know, I, we're allowed to do that. I'm here with my co-host, Destin Soglo-Frasia. I didn't expect that to end that in God, but okay. What? I can't be God? Darius God? Hashtag Darius God? I'm saying you're like, <laughs> piss off the Christians, man. This is going to be a whole different slew of stuff we got to deal with. I figured I would get more into the parody of uh, <laughs> of the of the gimmick that I hear so much about, about Rick, you know. Uh, I getting, forget about that gimmick that you mentioned. I'm getting all kinds of, uh, I guess, corrective criticism and stuff. And look, I know I'm on here late. Uh, I get messages sometimes. Oh, you know, is everything all right? Are you late? This is the reason why I'm nocturnal and I have nocturnal panelists listen hosts. You can all relax. We're doing what we want. We all have our own free will and they all have PCs and brains. If any of us really cared that much about how late the show was, because again, it's taped. In front of a live podcast audience, like back in the day. If any, if any of us really cared how late we start or how late we got off, don't you think myself or someone else in the panel or my co-host or anyone have the common sense to just step in and just do shit earlier or just do more shit or collaborate? You guys just don't give enough credit to anyone because it bothers no one. We would, we have the option to move the time slot from 11.30 PM to somewhere. When you think about it, there's all kinds of things. It's like, it's not an unresolvable solution if it actually bothered us. So, you know, appreciate all the backseat casting and streaming. But uh, it reminds me, there is a uh, time slot movement announcement just so that we can stick to our disclaimer. The 1130 time slot is officially abolished. 
because what I'll do to resolve any issues that we have is I'm moving it from 11.30 p.m. to whenever the fuck we get on. Like, I'm not hustling and bustling for anyone. And I guess it's just time that I be more honest about it. It's like, we've never really hustled and bustled before. We're just apologetic when we can't do it because we want the show to come out good, not fast. But uh, yeah, 11.30 p.m., you could start hanging around there, sure. Because uh, it's 11.30 p.m. to whenever the fuck we make it. So now, technically, I can never be late again. Because uh, that's the thing about being a deity and a god in your own realm. You can create your own <laughs> rules. And then the overall, poof, forgotten. And then you go, what about the overall? And I go, I'm God, remember? See? The disclaimer <laughs> fixed it all. Oh, man. <laughs> Getting messages. Hey, how about you change this? How about you change that? And that's a, that's another thing. Because those have actually been a little bit more. There are donate buttons and all kinds of things. You can you can change it. <laughs> with, with enough... <laughs> With enough money, you could change it. Literally, when and neither of us will stop it. You think one of us needs a new mic? You can change it. Hashtag you can change. That might be the episode name. But you Write can it change down. it. You know, you think that uh oh, I don't even know what I could think of because I kind of feel like we have everything, but still somehow people find shit to complain about. But but uh I don't know. You think that Dustin needs a new keyboard because it's too clicky, which it isn't, but you hashtag you can change it. Go on Amazon. I'm here with no typewriters. Maybe you should make a wish list. You and I make wish lists. If you think Destin needs a new key, keyboard, put it on the wish list, Destin, and I'll hashtag change it for him. You know, go there and put the money in. All I'm saying, I've been, de- I've been debating wanting to get a pop filter. If some of y'all think I need one, you can change it. I've always said we take corrective criticism, but we also take corrective critical donations. I'm never vocal about it, but yeah, knock yourself out. But I have no problem buying shit. I, I, I upgraded to the HyperX, uh, the quadcast with the boom arm, but because I wanted to, I damn sure wouldn't have done it because someone said, hey, how about you do this? Yes, sir. Yes, massa. <laughs> Man, I started to do it and I was like, nah, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> I had to purge a couple of, uh, I guess, I don't even want to say supporters, more like freaking fleas that were literally just getting too close to the fire here it was like hey how about this how about that remember it's poking and poking like leave it alone I'm gonna do this i'm gonna do that y'all can do this y'all can do that like that's yeah. when you know people are too single and, and have too too much free time on their hands get some of my nerves good god get your acts together get your shit together do i have to get your shit together thing here tell me we still do where is it i, I have to have that like of all the ones to get rid of not that one well, then get your shit together. Get it all together and put it in a backpack. All your shit. So it's together. And if you got to take it somewhere, take it somewhere, you know? Take it to the shit store and sell it. Or, or put it in a shit museum. I don't care what you do. You just got to get it together. Get your shit together. <laughs> it's just still so funny when he comes back. <laughs> Nobody was prepared for that. Yeah, that was great. But, oh my god! But yeah, I guess people forget that. I, I guess the old school people that are usually in the chat room remember. But you know, there was a point where there was no live chat room, and I got on here late at night whenever the hell I could, and we did the taping to get this on all the places where we are, which are Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, all of those places. It was to get the podcast up. That was essentially the goal. There was no timetable of having to run or anything. And I do appreciate the live demographic, but even for them who are mostly nocturnal, the show's also on, on demand and they're aware of it. But yeah, a lot of the time I could easily just come. You know how many podcasters just throw themselves mouth breathing with neck beards onto their fucking shows? 
without even a single thing typed or written i we we know no. some personally you know what i mean so it's kind of like yeah i we could easily just flop ourselves in front of you like the fucking guy who plays wow in the south park episode you know and, <laughs> and just fart out some fucking opinions you, you know but i prefer i prefer for there to be just some sort of a entertaining aspect and if not so much for the people listening then for me i like to come on here and hear entertaining stuff it's less entertaining if it's just me just throwing myself on here and going hey Dustin, what do you think of wrestling lately <laughs> we'll get to that of course but i like to hear entertaining shit so sometimes i might take a little bit longer for anyone that's been inquiring since there have been some inquisitive minds about how things work around here uh but yeah it's on demand you can you don't have to wait for the podcast one scroll down to twitch or to uh Facebook and the latest one should be there. Oh, but Facebook, be careful. If Facebook happens to be, if if you happen to not be able to get on Facebook because the whole system was to go down for one reason or another, then you can check Twitch or our other platforms. We have tons of them because we never put our faith in one platform, which a lot of you bastards learned, didn't you? Didn't you? Then you have a rough one. You had a rough time there, right? Some of you have panic attacks. I I saw people holding their phones, fanning themselves. They know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> They're rough, isn't like, it? I don't know. With me, I don't know if I just didn't care enough. But I just it, it took me until maybe like the last few minutes that it was down to notice. Yeah, lately. And then like 10 minutes later, I was like, oh, it refreshed. Oh, it was down. Yeah. I noticed lately it's kind of weird. Like lately it's been... It's, it, it's been almost been like we've been getting magnetic heat. I just came up with that. But it's almost like there's heat just because we're drawing heat with no heat. You know what I mean? Like, I haven't had, we haven't been vocal or critical about opinions in a while while getting poked. And it was kind of like, you know what, this is the show to do it. When Facebook faces a crisis and everyone's asking questions, let's talk about our opinions of stuff like that. And yeah, I did kind of feel it was sad that there were people, oh, Facebook, down, hashtag Facebook, down, blah, blah. it's like really like it affected you like that. I didn't even notice because I guess until it was said, until I started hearing about it, it was like, some of the post timestamps were like 20 hours ago and i was like oh yeah that has been there for like whenever i guess i would look <laughs> it's like that has been there and nothing's really changed yeah. it's like but um i just don't care about that kind of stuff that's why i put those few posts when it came as it was coming back up i put a couple of posts because i noticed a lot of what has become is people just putting like proverbs or or like like i put in the post fortune cookie stuff you know like they'll just take some sort of a thing that's like a candle or just a shot of somebody's lips and then say you know the most sincere thoughts are left silent and then people give it a bunch of likes and lick their ass for some shit like that <laughs> like are you kidding me man that's what we really become a bunch of just you know a bunch of sayings a bunch of promises we're all a bunch of some dumb guys remember that that was the master in last dragon for you old school people he sent him to go find a master that didn't <sighs> exist just to show him how stupid the world can be he said go find a master named some dumb guy think about that and sent him on his way with a medallion (laughs) you know and it's kind of like what did he find he found a factory that was just making fortune cookies and they were like there is some dumb guy he went master the 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 chosen one he is a machine (laughs) (laughs) and when he asked about the the the, the medallion the master went a real master would use this to hold up his pants (laughs) and he just walked away left him on a shitty quest Because that's really it. Those fortunes mean nothing. And everybody on here, I don't mind it every now and then if you give it a like or thing. But there are people who they, they base their whole thing on these little one-liners, these little zingers, these little fozzy waka waka wakas. 
Like, if that's really a way that you can live, like, are you... Like, we don't sell it for one thing here. Like, so based on the not selling thing, it's easy not to sell a one-liner. But it made me think, Destin. It really made me do. You know the way that I am about this kind of stuff. And I hate... Oh, I love yeah. I love swimming against the, uh, against the entire river with this kind of shit. And I'm looking at it. And so many people just generalize and all. Oh, they put out, like, a general statement that they know will nap at a few people or nib at a few people. I just like to be direct, and I think that's one of the reasons why you and I get heat, because we don't jab or just say some open fortune cookie shit. Go for the throat up for obscurity. Yeah, we just go for the, for the throat. I have no problem cutting veins around here. That's the reason you don't see me putting up these little one line or something. If you're full of shit, and I think you're full of shit, you probably somehow already heard that I think you're full of shit. So the heat's already there. Which goes to show that my method's more effective than yours because I don't really know who thinks I'm full of shit. So, unsuccessful for any of the generalizations that are pointing at anyone within our demographic because I really don't. It sometimes goes over my head. And when it doesn't, or I wonder, is it? Is it? I don't care because I'm too busy being direct on here on a platform where you can hear and call me out if need be. But that indirect hiding behind trees, throwing fortune cookies. That doesn't work. That's why I was happy to see Facebook gone like that time. Because then you all probably had to order real Chinese food to be able to break something open (laughs) and see some fucking words that don't matter, right? Oh, shit. Everybody's acting like it's a crisis. That's awesome. I really don't want to go there. Me neither. You know, but that is so ridiculous. (laughs) That whole, we've been through so much in this world. That Facebook going down, it feels like nothing when Facebook goes down, you know? It's like a mild inconvenience for me at best because I just so happened to be in the middle of a conversation with a friend when it went down. What about when life went down? Remember that one? (laughs) Right, when you couldn't leave your house and God God forbid you're eating and something goes down the wrong tube. Everybody thinks you got a killer virus. Remember when life went down? Anybody was there for that one? That was some scary shit. It was kind of like... We we tried to unplug and reconnect the modem and nothing came back on. I bet the dinosaurs with fucking Facebook just went down, right? <laughs> you know, everybody was having it rough, man. Like I really <laughs> feel for you. I I enjoyed watching though. You know, I guess I I guess that's the reason why I now say I am the disaster master because I really just like this kind of stuff. I like watching shit like this just to see how people react. You know, and everybody reacted quite a mature or be like a bunch of mouth breathing animals which one do you think (laughs) there was all these conspiracies about how the facebook employees were locked out of the building and their key cards no longer registered and then facebook became self-aware and then it was noted at the exact time and the exact chip within the facebook organization that became self-aware and it started mass producing ais that spread all over our infrastructure exactly you know it was like we couldn't stop it by the time we knew it was just too late and i was reading these and to be honest that's actually what caught my attention about the story because i didn't even notice any the first thing i noticed was a post i don't even remember where was on a regular news outlet you you guys know regular news right like when you go you could still use your phone for it but it comes from a credible news source like you know like the newspapers it was a news source that appeared on my phone and it basically said that uh it went down and that's really and and i was thinking oh wow so this is really like because all the other things were saying stuff about how the 
employees couldn't get in and how it's being taken over by the government. I'm like, yeah, that's all bullshit. But then when I saw a credible news source, I was like, oh, it really is down. Okay. But yeah, guys, you need to chill out. I feel bad for that uh, that growing demographic, which I'm not quite sure how is growing because there is so much social media. You would think that more people would be getting tail, right? Because there's nothing but swipe left. If you don't like swipe right, if you want to bang, there must be a lot of left swipers out there. I've never used these services before, but there must be a lot of left swipers. Because I'm thinking to myself now, like when I was younger, you know, and even now, I never had any swipe and I never had any issue getting tail. Yet every time I see somebody angry, you know what? You just made the list. What is that? Oh, no. Here we go. The real thing. Don Stella Barrio. Thank you for the follow. Thank you. So nowadays you can't even tell with Twitch when something is actually um, a follow or when it's like a troll or not. Not that I care either way. Right. I appreciate follows. Though. I don't want you to think that I don't. But yeah, nowadays you, you can basically see a lot more people, whether they're angry on Facebook or about wrestling or something, that they're not getting laid. They have too much time to worry about shit, like whether or not Facebook is up or down, whether or not AEW beat Raw in the ratings. All that kind of shit, you know, and it's like, I hate to say it, but it always comes back to I've always seen the people that are lacking that of tail, you know, they don't have anything to do, you know, they're not doing, they're not working, they're not even doing their own, they're not following their own vices, they're not even doing this, you know, they're doing nothing. So whenever something like that happens, it's world ending to them, you know, it's something that literally shatters them, they put too much stock into things. And what scares me is that young people are starting to act like old people. People younger than me are starting to act older than me. And I don't mean that they have bad backs or that they need walkers or anything. They act like they don't have anything to fucking do. If you ever look at old people, they used to be the ones classified that will put up the dumb memes that are proverbs of, oh, don't allow what other people say bring you down. Make sure you protect your own peace and all this other bullshit. They used to be the only ones that did that. Because why? They don't have anything fucking better to do. They're retired. You know, they moved out of big cities. They don't have anything fucking better to do. So you expect that kind of fuckery, tomfoolery from old people. You expect them to have nothing better to do than to overanalyze Facebook being down or or, or, or look into conspiracies constantly or, or, or deeply dwell on stuff that was said and, you know, just become big ripe radishes like they need to. But I'm starting to see that from... Young people, like they have nothing better to do. They're not doing anything. They're not getting laid. Old people also aren't getting laid. Another reason why, you know, they're they're pretty much. But you know, the young people, I'm seeing the same thing now. Where it's like, that why are you guys not? I was there was a whole point that was a gap in my mind that all I remember was girls, and I was like, I don't even remember how the hell I was able to keep up with wrestling, but I did, you know. And it's just kind of like the more you see this, the more you just start realizing these guys don't have a vice. It's not good. I'm not saying go out and do drugs. But have something besides the thing that you're dwelling on. Good Lord, man. The fact that some of you even have the time to dwell on stuff going here, to me, is pathetic. And I don't mean the people who are listening for the entertainment. I'm talking about the people that are worried about, oh, Dustin got on late with Rick today. Or, oh, the microphone didn't. No, no, they didn't have the they didn't. It's like, yeah, all of that bullshit. Like, it's kind of sad. I don't take it as insulting so much because if I really wanted to, um, I can talk you off of a cliff. And I know that I have that talent. 
So I don't really take it as insulting as much as pity. When I see people, it's like, man, you're psychoanalyzing every little thing, things that I don't even think about that much that we do on this show or that we bring up on the show or that we send the show are being psychoanalyzed. Comments that I make or post are being psychoanalyzed to a point where it's like, wow, I feel bad that you have that level of time. I come on here still grabbing news as the audio is doing the countdown. That's how little time I have, let alone to really look at your little fortune and decipher for what it might mean or who it might mean it to or what feelings you might have caught while you were sitting there refreshing your Facebook page over and over again in hopes that you could troll more. Maybe put up more posts about vax, right? About who has it and who doesn't. That's another popular thing that I've been seeing lately that people have been doing, making themselves look gleefully stupid by following propaganda posts. I don't even want to get too much into that, but I've seen a few people that have disappointed me as human beings. Just because, and again, this has nothing to do with whether you choose to get things or not. That's a, that's a choice. If you choose to get it for protection, then I respect you. If you're hesitant and skeptical and worried, I also respect you. There's no reason not to have an inquisitive mind. My problem is people taking away choice and the justification of it being in the name of health. My problem being the way a message is delivered. Somebody delivered a video on Facebook, the demonic Facebook, that was clearly a propaganda video. Uh, propaganda videos, to, to clarify, is basically just when you use somebody else's content in order to put a spin on the story to fulfill your own agenda. That could be negative or positive. People hear the word propaganda and because of the way it sounds, they automatically assume negative. No, nonetheless, propaganda. If you're trying to get a positive message out, but you're using something in a way that it wasn't originally designed for, or just in a, like, for example, Starship Troopers, that's like old school propaganda videos. Those are parodies of the whole point of Starship Troopers was it was parody on war, on old school war. Those videos in there, those would you like to know more? Those are propaganda videos designed to get the people to want to go and fight fucking bugs, even though it's crazy. You understand what I'm saying? But the video is designed with a positive twist where when you're looking at it, it makes it look happy. If you remember how those look. Or even in Fallout, the radios, the Pip-Boy and all that. This is, in a sense, it's almost propaganda where it's made to look like something that's not as fucking dark as it really is. You understand where I'm going with that? So it's like these, these propaganda videos are sort of being done in a more sophisticated way on social media. And an example that, that came across me, and what bothers me about this example isn't so much, because it's propaganda anyway, but I don't know, there was just something about this one, I wish I would have brought it here, where the way it was presented was so blatantly not intended for positivity or for anything good that it blew my mind that people fell for it. But just to set the scene, it was literally a woman who was like, a, and in, I forget what exactly her title was. She wasn't a nurse, but the video had a whole bunch of overlays on it that said, nurse has to deal with anti-vaxxers whose sister dies. She was like a respiratory uh, therapist or something, but they had her pinned as a nurse, which to me was the first indication that although it was her doing a selfie video where she's complaining about having to deal with a patient, her story was that there were two sisters. One gave the other COVID. That one died on her table. And that uh, the other sister was distraught and screaming hysterically at her, accusing her of killing her sister. And then in there trying to revive her sister for about an hour and a half. And the nurse wasn't very sympathetic towards the, the ploy. Her, her whole thing was that the woman talked to her like shit. And that they, they um, you know, obviously they caught the disease and everything. Nowhere in there did she call them anti-anything anti or say that they didn't, that they were against getting the, the, the vax or that they didn't but the video had an overlay that had that 
as what the topic was. So there were people that weren't educated to, to browse the news the way we do that took that for the message that was not being conveyed in the video. And also there was a, um, like it had occupied Democrat on the bottom of it, which wasn't from the original thing. And it had like a guy on the top of it that was like swaying his head back and forth angrily, like a meme of a guy, like a gif of just an angry guy, just almost like to incite rage at this story but it was a political agenda is the point i make i don't want to get long-winded about it, but the point was that this woman someone took a video of this woman complaining about an experience she had as a as a freaking respiratory therapist labeled her as a nurse put like a a frame around it that said occupy democrat put anti-vaxxers on the side labeling the people which he never said in the video was that but the point is that this had nothing to do this was a way to get people angry and politicize a decision that people make. I'm not saying that you can't be someone who's pro-vax and go out there and take proper information that's provided by these platforms and use it in a strong argument against why you think people should get vaxxed and get sick. Whether or not that's, that's valid or not, you can have civil discourse and debate about that. My issue is not pro or con. My issue is when misused information is thrown out there in order to fulfill an agenda aka propaganda that was a long definition of what propaganda is but when i brought this to a lot of people's attentions a few one guy specifically the whole thing was i will not be apologetic about this i will not say i'm sorry i feel bad for these people but it's like you're missing the point i'm not telling you to do any of those things if you listen carefully, get your thumb out of your ass and put your emotions back inside of your coat, you'll hear that what I'm saying is that you can deliver a message without it being coded in propaganda. You don't even have to use other people's videos, which makes you come off lazy, like you couldn't do the research yourself. You could use your own. You could just search for facts with credible news sources. But a video that's designed like that is one of the reasons why Facebook has become toxic. The fact that something like that can exist. Uh, what is the name of that guy? The one that's, that's going after WWE for the... Uh, uh, Andrew Yang. Andrew Yang. Thank you. Andrew Yang. That guy said that he learned the most that he's, ever, the most that he's learned about politics is from wrestling. This is something he said. He said he's learned how to deal with politics through learning wrestling. Think about that. You know what I'm saying? This guy, and I see why. You understand what I'm saying? I understand why Andrew Yang feels that way. He did learn about it through wrestling. People have asked me, this is Talk Brunch, and it's a show where we talk about everything. But they've said, if we talk about everything, why do we label it a wrestling show? Even though we don't always necessarily like wrestling. And even though we're sometimes critical, I'm going to break down the formula once and for all for all of you so that you can finally understand what it is that the problem is and what the proper formula and analysis is for you to use psychologically so that you can all live in harmony with how politics, wrestling and life works. First of all, everything in life, you have to look at with the eyes of a child and then the eyes of an adult. The people that are critical of wrestling haven't learned or don't have the capacity to look at it with adult eyes. The reason is because there's something about the presentation in wrestling 
that forces them to not look at it from a designer or an artistic standpoint. It's the only thing that has both athletic performances as well as entertaining stories that also are somewhat dictated by the flow of the success and or failure of someone's career based upon backstage and office elements. As an adult, when you look at it with your adult eyes, which some people haven't been able to do, we are analyzing not only the storylines, but the before and after effects, cause and effect, if you will, that backstage politics in a career, like in many other careers, have an effect on someone's treatment and position within a company. The beauty of wrestling is it's one of the only places where it manifests itself in a directly visible and tangible form. In layman's terms, we can see with our own eyes companies treat people that they support good, have people join them within their little inner circle that every company has where people get special treatment, as well as also be able to visibly see the people who are on the shit list outside of that circle that get treated bad, which everyone has experienced at a regular job. And this this cause has always reflected in the work on both the side of the performer and the writer slash booker. It's one of the only places where you can watch how life and politics work and affect not only the individual but the corporation, and be able to actually dig in and analyze it. That's the reason why you choose wrestling. And that, in my opinion, because I never spoke to the man, is why slash how Andrew Yang has had so many experiences, yet can look at politics and say he's learned the most about them through wrestling. Because people with the eye to do so are able to really see wrestling for what it is and how it extends and expands beyond what it's intended to be into other aspects of socialism and and, and economy and things like that. You understand what I'm saying? This is why. And if you've been too blind to see that and understand that, then I sincerely apologize. But that's probably why I'm able to get the one up on a lot of you and why I am able to objectively look at things and tell when I'm being worked better than someone else that doesn't see the matrix code in wrestling. This is the reason why I'm able to see a propaganda video. And although being pro-vax, I guess you can say, still sees the wrong and the evil nature of using a propaganda video to try to inhibit people's free will and force them to take something that they don't want. I can have an opposing opinion and still defend people on the other side through the blatancy of being able to see the matrix code for what it is. And that gift came from analyzing the politics in wrestling. So class dismissed as far as that goes, in case there was anything else that needed to be spoken about. But Facebook going down, embrace it. A lot of that stuff is brainwashing you and you don't even realize it. Sometimes you have to use your own brain to really see what's happening and the way things are going and what's going on in the world. People who don't really read between the lines think that you just sit on here and go, you know, it's really cool about wrestling, which there are a lot of podcasts that do. That's unfortunately the reason why it's become a saturated market. There's a lot of shows, stream podcasts that will just talk shit to you guys all the time. Just come on here and giggly, giggly, ha ha, no preparation, no nothing. 
I just wanted to take a little bit of time in the beginning of the show, I think half an hour I took now, to remind yep. all of you guys of what the difference is between them and us. Big community, small community, nice community, toxic community, however you label us. There is a distinction between what I do and what the rest of us do and how we see things and everything else. If you agree with that, you know, support us however you want. Share it out. Tell people about it because uh, cancel culture doesn't reach here and all of those trolls and all of that stuff, it doesn't really matter. But that's essentially why I love wrestling and why wrestling was the foundation of a platform used to build a show that's about many things. And the reason we have the freedom to talk about those many things is because at one time or at one point or another, they all connected back to wrestling. You find me something else that goes on 52 weeks a year that you can say that about that connects to politics, to medical conditions, to presidents, to economy, you know, to to literally all of this, to unionization, to streaming, to video games, to cartoons, to shirts, to jokes, to comedy. There is a formula there when people are doing basketball. Yeah, exactly. When people are doing basketball and shit and comic shows or whatever or video game shows. All of those things have off seasons. You got to take a break. You know how many shows have come and gone, lost their steam entirely and had to just basically tap out? That's because not everyone can do it. And it's not easy for everybody, especially if you go into it with the wrong intention and the wrong goals. I know what I'm doing. I have every intention of doing what I'm doing the way I'm going to continue to do it. So stop bitching. Stop complaining. Stop freaking out when Facebook goes on. Stop judging others. When they haven't taken the same needle as you or done the same thing as you. A lot of you pro motherfuckers wound up in 14 day quarantine, regardless of the fact. So, you know, if it's so effective, why are we all still, you know, let's think. Use your brain. You're not using your brain. Remember that guy from the Seth MacFarlane (laughs) cartoon comedy? That guy was awesome. You're not using your brain. (sighs) Anyway, so now there's a lot of questions that were answered here. Episode 485. A lot of questions got answered. Seven years on the job here. We out here. <laughs> right? All right. Well, let's get into some fun stuff, right? Let's see what kind of stuff on this program. This program's a little disorganized. I don't care, though. Let's see what we got. So we got The Rock, who sings happy birthday to an 102-year-old grandmother. Grandma Ma, specifically. No, imagine that. <laughs> you stupid. I knew you were going to do it. <laughs> Someone should someone should edit it so that it's grandmama. Oh. You gotta always start with something uplifting. Let's see what we got here. Oh. Alright, this is a very special video that goes out to a very, very special lady. This is one of the most no special videos I will do all year. Probably one of the most special videos I will do in my entire lifetime. This special lady oh. turns 102 years old. So, with all the love and the mana that I have, it's my pleasure to say this. Happy birthday to you. (laughs) Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Marie Grover. Happy birthday to you. You, mwah, 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 mwah. Happy birthday, Grandma Grover. It is your rock, your one and only rock. I did not forget your birthday. I couldn't forget your birthday. I love you. We love you. America loves you. The world loves you. Um, out of the fighting city of Philadelphia, you are a fighter and you are so strong and you are so beautiful. Mwah. 
Yeah. Happy birthday, Grandma. <laughs> I don't have my grandma. I, uh, I wish I did, but I have you. You're my grandma. You are my grandma. You're America's <laughs> grandma. Mwah. Happy birthday and enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. Love you. Happy birthday, Grandma Grover. <laughs> I love you, a butcher and a peck, a butcher and a peck, and a hug around the neck. I love you, Rock, a butcher and a peck. So I guess Rock officially can never become heel again, right? Like this guy, it's over. Yeah, that's that's that ship has sailed. <laughs> yeah, you're three for again. three. He never thought he was going to do this for three years, huh? Yeah. yeah. How could you, uh, like, how in the world can you ever hate a guy like that? You know? Right. They got a better chance of getting them to boo Becky at this point. He's a super baby face. When you got to the end, I really thought he almost did Grandma Ma, and I was like, oh no. Man. <laughs> Look at that. Papa. Old lady. Jesus. Mm hmm. Right. So, this next story made me think of Willie, man. I don't know how I should feel about that. Like, <laughs> Did somebody miss an in the, in the event to go to a wedding? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm gonna call him Wedding <laughs> Willie. He made a canon on the show because he he missed pay per views, very big pay per views. He whoever's friends with Willie, man, you should really uh, get him good shit for his birthday because yeah, right. that dude. Has, you get uh, that motherfucker laid every hour on the hour. He's a uh, he's missed pay per views that I would not miss funerals for. That I would miss funerals for rather. <laughs> you know, like he's. So we started saying, hey, we're going to call you Wedding Willie because he has weddings to go to. And he just went with it. He was like, yeah. Uh, so Bo Dallas has been teasing that he has something that he's been cooking up, right? Oh, shit. And when I heard that, I was thinking, the way that it sounds, I hope, isn't the way that it is in my mind. And if anybody thinks like me, well, it is. Hello world, this is Taylor Rotunna, formerly known as Bo Dallas, and I just want to say thank you so much for joining me here today on this channel's first ever video upload. Going forward, this channel is going to be full of all my true passions outside of the ring that's including, but not limited to cooking, conspiracy theories, dark and disturbing stories, or whatever else my mind wants to attach itself to. So if you haven't already, please subscribe and go ahead and give that like button a smack. And with that out of the way, let's get to why we're here today. I'm gonna show you how to make the best damn cast iron chicken thighs you've ever had in your life. Today we're gonna make the best damn chicken thighs you've ever had in your life. But you have to follow my recipe to the T. Let's get it started with some salt. Oh, Stasis pop for this. Maybe he's gonna be more over here than other wrestlers. Some chili powder. I mean, we'll see him more than with wrestlers. Pepper. Yeah, right. Necessity. I, like I'm already I think I do wanna actually subscribe to this channel. So conspiracies and cooking, right? Doesn't it seem like it's a. I didn't think about this when I ran this, but this sounds like a good idea, right? It kind of does, right? Like you're hitting two really big demographics. Get all the moisture off. The less moisture, the better. And the less. I'm already sold, man. I'm already in. I'm in. Go out of your way, pat those chicken thighs down, because it's gonna make a huge difference. Look at this, Will. Bowl's gonna be our cooking channel from now on, and our conspiracy theory channel. Anything he did when he wasn't on WWE. I'm more excited now than I than I was when I read this. I wish I had chicken. I would try this shit right now. Be done by the end of the show. You know, I'm doing this. I'm gonna start off with. I'll get the. I'll get whatever I need off of Amazon if I can get the logo rolls. So I'm gonna do exactly this and tell you guys how it came out. Maybe we'll do a taste test. We haven't done one of those in a while, right? Taste challenge type deal. The 
he's gonna die on this one too yeah right it'll be a pleasant taste John. we need to do this I'm committed that's it it's happening look at this this is art it's going down everything happens for a reason well, hey Bo- now we know we're going for 500 yeah look at that see good thing he was gone though WWE would have tried to take both chicken money they would have tried to they would have tried to trademark the chicken they would have they would have tried to trademark this guy's chicken they would have taken the recipe from this guy it's better that he's here doing this you have to leave WWE before you cook or they'll take your food recipes and then do nothing with it take it just to take it Copyright claim. Technically, we own your your food companies. Skin side up. A little bit of coarse salt and some fresher ground black pepper. That's all you want to put on the skin side because any other spices will burn. Okay, okay. Really start off with some olive oil. Searing them on the get our cast iron. That yeah, skillet wow. hot. When you put your chicken thighs down, you want it to sizzle. That lets you know the skillet's hot enough. You never want to use a cast iron skillet. Man, this right is in the actually oven. really nice. About to be Yo, you guys need to subscribe. I'm linking you. I already linked you in the channel. I'll link you in the, so, the our social media. Go give this man a nice sub. I'm gonna. And then we're gonna add some fresh garlic cloves. And we're gonna make kind of a garlic-infused butter. Because once we're done with that, we're gonna put them right in the oven. Because we had that preheated to 420, so it's already ready to go. And ah, 420. Roast in there for 20 Get that chicken nice and high. Absolute. Invite Matt Riddle over to have chicken with you. Cooked, undercooked, they will just be right. Ooh, hallelujah! Look at that. Enjoy. I know I will. I can't believe how good that looks. It looks better than the ones that they paint on the fast food commercials. <sighs> yeah, that's right. There's no tooth fairy bitches. Anyone who watches commercial thinks that's food cooked. <laughs> Well, as somebody who worked at Burger King, thank you so much for watching. Don't forget to subscribe. If you use this recipe, please let me know how it went in the comments. I'm Taylor Rotana, and I'll see you next time. That's cool, man. Everybody give him a sub. Right. Doing something with himself after this. Quest Thompson said, Believe, cast iron chicken. (laughs) Right. Fucking cast iron chicken will be over more than half the Ross of the way they book. Believe giving that man a sub damn it oh yeah for sure we were just talking about having like a good you know have a good thing like that i like shows that aren't just basic generic things this qualifies as something that's not a basic generic thing okay what else do we have on the program here oh so impact wrestling actually introduced a new championship <laughs> you could call it that really i don't even know what's so funny now i'm worried i just thought it was another one of the wait till you hear Oh, wait till you hear what it is. All right, well, it, it has a video. Me. It was important enough that they actually gave it its own video. Impact Wrestling will make digital history. It's a single elimination tournament to crown the first ever Impact Digital Media Champion. Two weekly matches. The Digital Four is part of Wrestle Week. And the first ever Digital Champion will be crowned at Impact Wrestling's annual marquee event. Bound for Glory, the Impact Digital Media Championship Tournament. Follow all month long on Impact Plus, YouTube, and all your favorite social media platforms. That uh, sucked. <laughs> that really sucked. I'm not going to lie. The Digital Media Championship. And when the first champion is crowned, they will defend on all their streaming platforms. Did it say that in the video and I didn't hear it? I, I read a post about it. And really? What it was like, what do you mean on all the streaming platforms? I guess like fucking YouTube, 
Twitch, that wherever the fuck you find them, wherever George finds them nowadays. What they need to do is fire the digital marketing champion because that's the best name you could come up with, the digital media champion. You couldn't come up with a cool, you know what? Even just off the top of my head, the Impact Network champ sounds better. You know what I mean? The, the Impact Network champ, the digital media championship, it sounds like something that Nick Khan could win. You know, it sounds like something that Pritchard could win. <sighs> you know, like, why not? It call sounds it like the, something that Kevin Dunn's teeth could win. Like, call it the Impact Stream Championship, the Impact Network Championship, the Impact Digital Media Championship. They don't see how corporate and nerdy that shit sounds. Impact Twitch Championship. Mate, so, something. This is one. Yeah, the bad part is, Stasis, at least we'll see the fucking 24 7 championship on Raw. This bitch won't make it off of like the bottom of YouTube. I think people in this world need to spend more time with their own brain because there's like such a lack of creativity. And you know what's so funny is that their championship, their first, that first, that title's first holder will be decided at Bound for Glory. For those who don't remember, that's their WrestleMania. That's the pay per view where Rhino won a world championship. And fucking Sting was undefeated like three or four years in a row. And now they're going to have their digital media. First of all, I forgot Bound for Glory was even coming. When the hell is Bound for Glory again? Let me see, because I don't know. I never know every year. October 23rd. I just found it. So let's have a look at the old calendar here. That is two weeks away for Bound for Glory. That's their biggest paper. I think it needs more of a buildup than two weeks and their card already looks broken. First of all, that championship only has two to be people to be announced. None of them are announced. The X Division title is Trey Miguel against to be announced and to be announced. Uh, Rich Swan and Brian Myers, aka Kurt Hawkins, against to be announced in a Call Your Shot Gauntlet match. The Impact Knockout Championship, Deanna Perazzo defends against Mickey James. That sounds cool. And then the Impact World Championship. Christian Cage defends against Josh Alexander. Now that's the only one. Re- the only reason that the uh, X Division title is a uh, basically three way because Josh Alexander used Option C because apparently Option C still exists in Impact. The Austin Aries thing? Yeah, <laughs> they never got rid of it. Yeah, I bet a whole bunch of people don't even know that that's the Austin Aries thing. Right? Nobody know so. For, to, to, to fill some of y'all new Impact fans in, the only reason that exists is because Austin Aries was X Division champion so long, he used to say, hey, can I, I think it was him and Hogan that came with the idea. It was like, you know what? How about we're going to do this? When it hits around Destination X, whoever's champion can either, can either keep the title or exchange it for a world championship match. That's how Austin Aries became champion. That's how Chris Saban became champion. That's how Brian Cage became champion. <laughs> I, for, I forget, I was, it, Mike, was it? Mike Bennett almost became champion through Option C because he almost held it long enough. It was it was Christopher Daniels that came up with the Code of Honor and Ring of Honor, right? Was it him? I believe it was. A lot of people forget the origin of these things. But oh, yeah, God. that card looks a little bit rough. A little? <laughs> I, I forgot the paper existed until just now. It is two weeks away. And half the matches, we don't even know who else is going to be in there. So is George going to be the Impact Media Champ? Do you mean George from our chat room? Probably. Because Impact's, I hate to say, but their marketing standards are so low that I wouldn't be have been surprised if it wasn't just somebody named George who was supposed to be in that match. That's why I had to ask for to make sure. 
you know, because I wouldn't be surprised to look at a, a, a fucking Bound for Glory card and be like, oh, look, Rich Swan and Brian Myers versus George and George <laughs> and Bo Dallas. <laughs> Come on, Bo Dallas is cooking, all right? He yeah, has Bo Dallas is already, he's already gone up from Raw. He got called up from Raw to, to the cooking thing, which is way better. <laughs> That's how you got to look at it. Bo Dallas didn't get released. He got called up. No way, no way in the world he goes from cooking to getting called down to Impact. Yeah, but you know I like Impact though, man. Impact's become cool again. I'm not gonna lie. Even though they're a little bit bootleg, like it means something when you win a title there. When was the last time you were able to say that? You know what I mean? I'd say before the AEW guys started winning the world titles. Yeah, I think that the AEW guys definitely came over and helped Impact. Yeah, which, but see, the problem is, what happens when they're gone? Well, I kind of feel like. It's one of those teach a man to fish versus give a man a fish things. I think that the way that uh, Tony Khan is really smart, man. You notice that? Like he's dangerously smart when it comes to business. I kind of feel he's the kind of guy and that whole company seems to have a structure now where I don't think that they would. I think they've already asked these questions as much as people don't give them credit. I think they've already asked these questions like, well, what happens when this happens and that they're planning for that? You know what I mean? They kind of already fixed it in a lot of ways. The fact that there's still that crossover there, you know? Yeah. The fact that uh, there's still this uh, relationship between these companies. And it is really cool that another company was able to pull a different company up along with it. Right. Instead of just taking all their talent and just leaving them to die. You know, so it's kind of like they're they're probably going to be better together than they ever would separate. And it's what people wanted. People wanted crossover. People wanted territories. People wanted there to be unexpected things. It's kind of like tonight we're going to talk about the draft. But when you really look at it, the whole reason why the draft exists behind the scenes is because WWE likes that. They like that whole dynamic of having two separate rosters, two separate people. And the reason why they like that is because of the fact that it creates that. When you create like a boundary or a rule, it makes it more exciting when you push the envelope on that rule or when you or when you go beyond it. But they're creating it artificially. They literally are only creating it because of the idea. It's where it's like when you look at the relationship between AEW and Impact Wrestling and uh, AAA and New Japan Pro Wrestling, that's organic. They didn't have to create the illusion of two rosters and make one paint one red and the other blue and then go, what happens if this guy goes here and if this guy goes there? It's really happening. It's a shoot as much as it is a work. You know, these guys are literally taking planes and signing contracts and crossing over and going to other things. It's not like in WWE where, honestly, we found out that a lot of them found out the way we did when they get drafted. Some of them found out when they were arriving at SmackDown, but a lot of them just found out the way we did. I've heard Kofi say that the way he knows what's being planned for him or what's happening in the company is when he reads it on the same shit that we go to. Can you imagine that? You're a member of New Day and you're hearing, oh, where you're hearing from Melsa that they're thinking of separating New Day. You know, they, they, it's not like they're in, there's an inner circle. By the time they've heard it, they're going, yup, the internet heard about it. No, they're hearing about it too. <laughs> you know what I mean? I always used to think of that, which I forget. I always used to think... Uh, of wrestlers' reactions, I guess, in my mind's eye, like when they look at the dirt sheets and hear something, like, oh, they're planning on taking the title off of this guy. Like, the, like I always would like to think that it would be, oh, man, they, they heard about what, what they're doing with me. But that's not the case at all, guys. Like, I've heard from people that they literally are with you. Like, oh, shit, they're doing that with me? Is this true? <laughs> they don't know. <laughs> that's crazy. You know what I mean? Oh. And then when you think about it, WWE's solution, and this is a long-term thing. This goes back to before the end and everything. They've always told people, don't read the dirt sheets. Ignore that. I mean, that's what you're gonna. That's what anyone's going to say. Don't read it. But at the same time, 
it's not really a really viable solution, especially because a lot of the time nowadays, especially the stuff that you read is true. So they actually do have a way to look into the future. But it does suck to think about that, right? Because some of the stuff we read on here is pretty grim. We're desensitized to it. But can you imagine being the person when you're hearing uh, like a story where Meltzer was quoted in The Observer saying that Vince McMahon gave up on him. He doesn't see what he saw him anymore. He, he liked him for a little while, but now he's, he's, he's looking more at this guy. Can you imagine being can the rest of the reading? Can you get a push and that that story pops up? Like, wait, what? Like, can you imagine reading that shit? And then, like, whether it's true or not, there must be some sort of anxiety and paranoia that sets in because there's certain decisions that are being made about you could affect your thinking like shit they're right look they did this to me you know you could create your own your self-fulfilling prophecy prophecy look at what happened with goldberg goldberg admitted that he was kind of a victim of that culture he would always watch his back based on stories and shit that were going on that's how come no one liked him because the guy was watching his back based on all the shit he was hearing i'm not saying you know by any means be a goldberg fan but i'm saying when you look at it from the business aspect of things which is going back to what we were talking about earlier, how wrestling fits into a corporate structure whether people want to look at it or not when you look at it that's what happened Hearing shit, hearing this, this basically this water cooler conversation, is uh, it's the issue. Huge issue. Uh, yeah, I think that now we're in a situation where you have these companies and they're all sort of playing off of each other. And I just finished saying, Impact, it's cool to be the champion. Christian's the champion. He's a champion you could take seriously. Maybe he's not a like a mega mega star or a giant person, but he's believable as champion. And Impact realistically needed a reboot. I don't even remember who the champion was. Like, what was the last five champions Impact had before Christian? Uh, okay, I know there was Rich Juan. Um, before Rich... I don't remember who it was before Rich Juan. But <laughs> there was Brian Cage, I think Sammy Callahan. Oh, yeah, Tessa Blanchard. And yeah, I draw a blank at that. Moose doesn't count, right? No, Moose does not count. Moose, he was Moose the TNA. resurrected the TNA title because he was mad that he couldn't be world champion. He right. did basically a failed version of the FTW title bit. Right, exactly. The one that has it. So Moose was carrying around just the old TNA because they're not TNA anymore. And then I don't know how, for some reason, when Christian won, he wound up with that title plus the real one when they were just carrying them both around. See, it's, with because, it's because they, 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 never, they, never, um, they never fused the belts. They never fused it because the guy made it up. Remember, he literally dug it out of the garbage yeah, and went he, on the team. Well, so what it was because I, I think the whole thing, the whole reason that match between him and Swan even ha- happened was Scott Demore wound up just being like, "Okay, you want this belt to be legit? Well, it's legit. You're gonna fight Rich Swan and whoever walk, whoever wins walks away with both belts." So he legitimized the belt just in time for Moose to lose. So what did Rich Swan win? Um, Rich Swan basically won a second belt, but not he really. Swanee two belts. Yeah, but not really when you think about it. Like, if you're Rich Swan and you're the Impact World Champion, which is the top title of the company, and this other guy's in a gimmick because he can't win a belt, where he takes a championship out of the trash and goes, well, I'm the TNA championship, even though TNA doesn't exist. And then the solution, booking-wise, is, well, we're going to have a unification title between the World Championship and this guy who dug that shit out from the closet. And the winner of that, if he wins, he gets your real title. He didn't even get a number one contender spot just because he carried this piece of shit around. Now he's going to get your real title. And if you win, you win his fake title along with your real world championship. And then we just inaugurate it. You know what I mean? It's kind of like it it, it was so stupid. They basically were just like, yeah, you're going to walk away with two titles, even though one was just now sanctioned again, just for the sake of the fucking storyline. Like, like in, in reality, they didn't outright say it, but Christian basically unfucked that dumb angle. And for a little while, it was weird because, like, yeah, Christian's a TNA champion, which it actually looked good because I remember Christian with the TNA championship. 
And the funny thing is, Christian was world champion before that belt came out. Yeah, he was. He actually had never held that particular version before. Yeah, crazy. Like Christian was Christian was champion when they were still when they still had the NWA titles. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's cool to be there. That even though that looks like shit, that uh, that Bound for Glory, they have to fluff it up. And it's it's a shame it only has two weeks. And look at this card. Christian and look. It's just gonna be full of surprises all over the place. But the problem is they have to understand it needs to be surprises to wrestling fans, not impact fans. I hear they're pushing very, very aggressively towards Bray Wyatt. Like they really want him desperately. They would need somebody like a Bray Wyatt to show up. But the problem is they can't do TNA stuff with him. They have to like actually treat him like Bray Wyatt. They can't be like, Look, it's Bray Wyatt and then he's just in the mix doing TNA stuff. Like, no. Yeah, <laughs> that's the problem with them now. That's why I can't stand. Like they'll have these huge names come in and then just have them start doing impact stuff. And it's like no, they want to join the decay. Thank you, Spartan Jesus, for the host. What's up, dude? Right. It was like it was like the whole thing was like they wanted Sammy Callahan to come over so he could join Decay. What? Hey, Spartan, did you miss our one? If you did, go back on the man. Our one was pretty cool, man. Had oh, it was fun. fun on here. First thirty-five minutes was juice. Yeah, I would save the first block of this. I might isolate it. It was, it was, uh, just going back into the old talk about yeah. truths. But, uh, it's funny because, like, it's not even like I have a problem with, like, Impact or TNA or whatever they want to call themselves. It's more the fact that it's like I see some of their fan base and they're trying to, like, talk it up. Like, it's still, kind of to be brutally honest, still even anywhere near the top of what they used to be. Like they 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 perform in a building that's smaller than the building that NWA Power is. Ninety percent of their audience seems to more likely be on Twitch, and it's just like you see stuff like this where it's like I remember when Bound for Glory would end, and I would be sitting there counting down to the next Bound for Glory. I'm just now hearing that Bound for Glory is even happening. They got a new digital media championship, and it's two weeks out. You, you Did you imagine hearing about WrestleMania until like the last two weeks? It's almost gotten to that point, but and, and, and and most of the cards didn't even put together. It's like, but then again, now I think about it, we got Crown Jewel. We know what three matches. Yeah, well, you know what uh, Impact reminds me of. I'm trying to think of the kind of game that I would use an example. You ever play like a game where like you don't necessarily win, but you just don't lose. Like your character's not dead, and the time ended, which by default gets you across. You know, I don't think I've played a game like that before. My God. Like anything, I'm trying to think of like there there are games where like you just have to survive. You know. Where it's like the countdown is just for you to survive. Maybe it's an, an extraction mission or something. I don't know if I have a great metaphor. I was about to say, that would be more like a level rather than like a game. But uh, yeah, stuff like that. That's what that's what uh, Impact is. They, they survive. They're winners by default. They just survived the era. You know what I mean? They're, like they're, if they're wrestling, the participation trophy of wrestling. Yeah, like if wrestling eras had a counter to how long you have to survive until it ends and you and you lived, then they're it. Because like... The era where they could have died ended before they did. That's how come they're still here. There was an era where wrestling needed a TV channel and it needed all this other shit to survive. And if they didn't have all that other shit by a certain amount of time, they'd be gone. And then everything changed when AEW came running. The whole era and rules of everything that you need changed. They they win by default. They win you know? because AEW just happened to help them exist. 
Wrestling's practically an alternate universe. They just they didn't they almost died in that other universe. We just changed timelines. We really look at it. <laughs> like they they would oh, not have if no. if there wouldn't have been an AEW, like an in a world where there was not an AEW and where things stood the way it used to be, they fucking died. There's no way they could have survived. You just said it yourself. Like that they were on the, the thing you described doesn't even sound like Evolve used to be. And somehow that really, managed. If you ever get a chance, just look at like a screenshot from any episode. Oh, I, I watch. Could see the last crowd, the last row. And that's what I mean. They, they, uh, <laughs> they could have never survived. Imagine if they would have looked like that back during when they were TNA. I've seen middle school dances with more people. Like, what do you mean? And I hate to say it, but the pandemic half saved them. You know, yeah, they no because then it to... was normal to have nobody in the building. Yeah, it was accepted to have no one around actually it was actually you became heroic when you had no look at these guys they're so brave they have no one <laughs> they have nothing there's no there's hardly anyone here man these guys are really pro they're, they're, you know what the bad part is and i'm so mad because i was literally watching this movie right before we came on that came on the air impact is i don't know if you've seen that movie uh in time no i haven't Oh, it's one perfect great movie with uh, Justin Timberlake, and I can't remember who else is in it. But the whole concept of the movie is they live in this future where how it works is everybody has a clock on their wrist, and that clock basically determines how long you have left to live. Here's the kicker. That clock is your money. That clock is basically directly connected, so God help you. If you spend money like I do, you are going to die fast. But... <laughs> But the whole premise is like rich people basically live forever. Poor people die out. Impact was poor, and somebody walked up and just boop time. Yeah, they they they. All I'm saying that movie's free on YouTube. Literally, if you want to watch it, I link it to you one day. It's great. But yeah, like if it wasn't for as for as much crap as people talk about um AEW, which I kind of got to call out George on this one. George is an Impact fan that calls out that talks talk, talk shit about AEW. They saved Impact. But half the time, truthfully, in George's offense, I think he's just fucking with us most of the time. But yeah, like, yeah they maybe. would not have made it through this if AEW wasn't just like, we're going to help the whole wrestling world. Impact was practicing social distancing before there was a pandemic. <laughs> like the, <laughs> yes. the people were like, oh, look, they're already practicing social distancing, man. They've been practicing social. This is social distancing year two. Right. They were ready. Year one, year one, it was more distant. It was just darker. <laughs> they just darken them. <laughs> you know how long they've been socially distant? They had the least amount of cases, didn't they? If you go back and look at our history, how often we're talking That's about people true. at Impact getting sick. Nobody at Impact got sick. <laughs> like one person would if they went to like somewhere outside of the building. We were distant from the beginning. Impact Wrestling, we are distant. They had the least to worry about. Are you following protocol, man? We've been following protocol since before Dixie left. We are the protocol. <laughs> Weren't you there when freaking Austin Aries no sold Starship Pain? We've been doing that since then. Yeah, you guys been doing mass since then too? Yeah. You don't remember Christopher Daniel's suicide? That was us. <laughs> who then became TJP suicide? Who everybody thought that was us. We masked him. We masked him. We suicided a few people. You were Matt, there for relics. Mike Tang was always saying it was killer spell backwards. <laughs> we were they were doing mask and social distancing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, even being stupid you know, enough to shots. You're even being stupid enough to fire everybody is something that they did before WWE. Oh my right. You know they're the, they're the originators of WWE shitty decision making. 
So what you're saying is WWE stole that idea too. Okay. Yeah, WWE stole Impact's idea of sh- of, of shit canning themselves, <laughs> and they did it better. Just like everything the WWE they had, they had a high enough production. Was left. Just like every other WWE, they had a high enough production that it came out better and more noticeable. <laughs> Their release angle was way more dramatic and noticeable. They put all they put all the production in the world into it. And notice no one from Impact tweeted like they usually would. It was like, hey, guess what? They stole that from us. <laughs> when they did. Yeah, Hogan was nowhere to be found when that happened. Oh, man. It's so awesome. Just the way that whole thing turned out is fantastic. That was it. You know what? It looks, it looks though, to me like WWE had a clear vision of what they wanted you know what i mean it may not be the vision that we wanted but it was a clear vision like they had a i think they just made up their mind about everyone they were going to use and then fired everybody else which isn't the worst thing it's worse bad for them but everyone who stayed has gotten used so we'll have to see a lot of it was network stuff too let's not forget about that you know like a lot of I mean, the stuff hey, that's happened to them. Off in one regard they got to keep them happy in another yeah, like a lot of the stuff that was going on was based on uh, the networks needing to be caught, you know, needing to be kept happy, which they clearly have not been. No, not in the least. No. And we also hear, according to Fightful, they said uh, that in regards to Fox not being 100% thrilled that Peacock is advertised on the network, some of the people at USA have had counter complaints. Um, and it's been said that some of the people at Fox aren't who aren't over the moon about WWE using their platform to promote Peacock were saying that uh, they're tired of WWE using uh, excuses for the declining ratings. So, yeah, they said that they, that they would like to see the declining viewership addressed and that they're tired of all these scapegoats and shortcuts. So, you know, I told you it was, oh, it's the Super Bowl, it's the basketball, it's the playoffs. You know, it's the, like, what the fuck are you talking about? Because it sucks. You still have 52 weeks a year. And they were saying that uh, they want to change now that the fans are back. Essentially, like, look, we had the excuse before, but now we want to see uh, some results. We also heard that Stephanie has been a person who's been like the middleman between the two sides. And that she was invited by the NBC Universal chairman, Mark Lazarus, to join him in a one-on-one discussion. So, yeah, I guess they have issues. Perfect example is uh, sometimes it's been reported that they'll be under the impression that they're going to get certain people in a draft. And then at the last minute, they'll change who's going to get who they get in the draft and then they'll piss them off. They take that more seriously than us. I guess that's one of the reasons that the draft is organic and a shoot and out of work is the fact that now you literally, unlike the previous years, you have two networks breathing down your neck. It's a it's a shoot draft. You made it a shoot draft. In the beginning, I somewhat stand correct. In the beginning, so I was talking about how the draft is at work, but you know what? And with their with their finagling and with the and with their political stuff, it's a shoot draft now, in the sense that you can genuinely wind up with a channel angry at you. Before, all you had were fans going, "How come you put Roman there?" You know, I you know I don't know how how far back you guys remember WWE.com, but I used to be in the chat room. Have any of you ever been in the actual WWE chat room back when it existed? Nope. No, that's how fucking old I am. Congratulations to me. I'll be dead by the next episode. But yeah, the WWE chat. The WWE chat. I used to full disclosure. I used to go hang out in there because the way it worked during the draft was you would hang out in the chat room and uh, Finley would be in there. 
he'd be the host of the chat room and it would just be him going over whoever gets drafted it would be like while you're watching raw you'd be in the chat room with with finley and he would be typing and it was actually him or at least i hope it was you know i'm pretty sure it was because i used to see him on social media but uh, yeah he would just be typing to all of us in the chat room while we're going over the things and it was always the same shit the fans were always angry they get pissed at this guy going to smack them. This guy went to, even though this whole thing's orchestrated back then, you know, and even Finley in the chat will say stuff like, you know, well, I don't know what you guys want. Like he would try to mediate it, which was funny to see like, so, like him do like, well, I don't know what you guys want. Like you got, you got this guy that went, you got Orton that went over to SmackDown and Cena that went over to Raw. I mean, that's, that's good. You know, you, you also got the, oh, we lost him. Yeah, but you got this guy. Like he'd be fucking trying to like put over like the draft but uh yeah i remember back in the day when the draft was like literally you'd be in the chat room and people would complain now it's more serious than finley and a bunch of us just typing around which was cool what was cool about it was there weren't a lot of people back then going in the chat rooms during this kind of stuff so you did sort of get to communicate with the wrestlers that were participating because it wasn't like now we're like you go into a twitch chat with wrestlers the shit is scrolling so fast it looks like a syntax error on a pc you just see scrolling emojis you don't even read any of the shit it's like there are way to says they're bullet time for the chat room with the way it scrolls when there's a wrestler in there think about it anytime a wrestler goes into anything if a wrestler puts up a live feed on facebook or twitter all of a sudden it starts scrolling they're not gonna read any of that shit scrolling super fast you know what i mean we look like a fucking stock board back then though there weren't as many people in the chat so you could see finley i got to actually talk to him we got to hang out in there and uh, just talk about the draft you know what i mean you can't ask personal questions but you get to be in there now you got companies man you got fox and nbc watching that shit like it's real you know because it is it's their money on the line we're gonna get into later on because some of those are uh, draft picks were sort of networks forcing hands here, like going, hey, give me this person. <laughs> you know, like it was like, that's what happens. Now you gotta, it's gonna be harder for you to book. And I said that too when we first talked about the Fox thing. Harder for you to book when you have to keep in mind angry people that have your money. You know, you may think that beef patties are better than chicken, but if you worked at a restaurant, somebody ordered chicken and you brought beef patties, and you're like, look, this is more healthy for you. You're fucking out of there. <laughs> be gone, fuck. What do you mean beef patty or fucking chicken? You know, you're not even apologetic about no, but listen, beef patties. Well, <laughs> <laughs> see ya. Oh, you're not even apologetic, but beef patty. Yeah, see ya. That's what happens. So it's like now, you know, it's a little hard for them. I'm not going to lie. They're in a tight spot. But the good news is that Fightful's also reporting that uh, USA responded favorably to the NXT 2.0. Maybe that's part of the plan. You're like, shit. Anybody have some paint around here on Photoshop? We need to rebrand this shit so that they see that we're working hard for them. They said that uh, they're very happy about it, though. And they like, they like, uh, they're also very happy. One of the things that made them comfortable is they like having Tommaso Ciampa as a familiar champion. You know, so if they would have went the way everybody else was going to go, which they thought there was just going to be some, I forget, I don't even remember the guy anymore, but remember there was like a four and there was some guy. It was some dude, and we were all like, oh, my God, for, just because of how little faith we have in them as a company. And I remember it wasn't even about who's going to be champion. It was more about, oh, my God, that fourth dude that's there might win. That's how fucking right. bad it's gotten. That we were like, that guy, there's some it other guy there. everybody at the end. Too. It was like, oh, gee, okay. We were like, oh, my God, there's some other guy that he might win. <laughs> you but know? At that point, it was no longer who's going to win. It's, oh, God, is he going to win? But it was Champa. So I'm, I'm assuming that what happened was maybe USA went to them preemptively and said, look, we need somebody there that we like. Right. You know, and which happened to be Champa. So they're comfortable with it. Now, you better make them comfortable with other people. Because if there's a title change, God forbid, you don't want the network that's already hot about the other show to be like, what the hell? You took it off of Champa? 
First of all, I was the AEW, now this. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> but they were, quote unquote, elated about the direction of NXT, according to Fightful. They like it. And I heard that Vince wants it to be more adult. He wants the women to be more sexualized. He wants it to be more violent, which I feel honestly like it's all of those things already. I feel like every time I'm watching NXT, I'm either seeing something really violent or seeing somebody's boobs or ass. Like NXT this week was porno. (laughs) It really was. And then the Indy Hartwell stuff too. The Indy Hartwell stuff. Oh, wow. I was like, really? This was explicit. Like, how many condoms did Loomis have? That was like a roll of them, right? Like, you could uh, you could do, like, Go-Go from Kill Bill, and you could swirl them around your head <laughs> and, like, whip people with the shit. I am fucked oh. yeah, like, up. Yeah, like, you could do, like, Ivy from Soul Calibur, you know, the condoms. That... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, how many? We don't even want to go into NXT yet, but that whole honeymoon, I was, it was awkward as fuck. It was, it was so awkward, I enjoyed it. It was like, oh, no. Hey, what's up, George? Oh, everybody missed the first good hour. As late as I am. Isn't it amazing? I was just talking about how nocturnal our guys are. The first hour of this episode was good. Was awesome. We went we went into a lot of shit in the first hour. We, we, we pulled the curtain back. So anyone who wants to go on demand, either on Twitch or Facebook, even before I get it up. But yeah, the first hour, we talked about a lot of stuff. Questions were answered about wrestling, the business, and us, and the podcast. And but, uh, we may yeah. or may not have gotten heat. Oh, I'm sure but, we did. There's I. no way we didn't get heat. The first hour of this was white hot. Right. But I mean, hey, if we're lucky when they decide to try to deliver their clapbacks, Facebook will go down again. I'm going to isolate some of it, though. I think some of it should oh, be. Oh, that's going to be great. Yeah, but uh, yeah, WWE is in quite the situation where, uh, yeah, at least they have them happy when it comes to uh, what's happening with NXT. You know, but... uh. I don't know. What do you think? What are your thoughts on the new NXT so far? Besides all that, I don't want to, again, I don't want to go too much into the condoms before we get to NXT. I never thought that'd be a sentence that I say. Don't want to go too much into the condoms before we get to NXT. But, uh, I, I almost lost my thought because I just was not prepared for that. But probably neither was Indy. I don't know. But, um, I mean, yeah, I'm liking it so far. I mean, just because it's them, I had zero faith in it, but I'm liking it so far. So for me, NXT is, uh, it's still the show that entertains me the most. I love AEW. AEW has become fantastic. And I'm not even saying that uh, I can't even say for certain what it is, but there are just elements of NXT that make it because I, I watch it usually on demand on replay. There are just so many elements of NXT that are rewindable. And that doesn't happen in any other company. Like, sure, I may rewind yeah. the occasional spot now and then. But I'll rewind like whole things of NXT. I'll be like, run that back. Like anything. Like the honeymoon stuff that happened, the, the honeymoon trip with Gargano and, and Dexter and all this. I ran, I rewind, I watched it all twice. All of the Dexter and Gargano stuff I wind up watching twice just because it's so funny. Uh, most of the stuff, the, most of the backstage stuff in NXT is all rewindable. Can you think about that? No one ever gives enough credit to the fact that when we're watching Raw, most of the time when anything happens away from the ring, even for a second, we all roll our eyes. We don't really take it seriously. You're not really paying full attention to it. It's goofy. Think about the fact that NXT is the exact opposite. They go backstage. Almost everything that happens backstage is something that we wind up coming on here and talking about. All of it. Sometimes people get slapped randomly next to locker rooms for no reason. We've seen people put Io Shirai. We put, what, what, what was it? Uh, Rhea Ripley? Raquel Gonzalez. Raquel actually put Io Shirai through the, through the fucking wall. You know, I mean, funny things that happen backstage and in the parking lots are always interesting, you know. But, yeah, Vince definitely, definitely uh, 
put his hand in this and made it more sexual. Like they were all the outfits, and that's that's across the board. It's starting to reflect on Raw and SmackDown. All of the women are exposed more, and uh, the stuff is just a little bit edgier, which is what they needed to do all along. It's always had like a different tone to it. So I'm oh, very happy sure. about that. Our weeklies are actually interesting. I don't want to go into them. I'm not doing the spots anymore. I'll do. I'll talk moves more on pay-per-views only, but it's like I don't want these shows to always be talking about the moves. You guys need to watch the damn stuff if you're that invested. But uh, we'll talk more about the, just the whole structure of the show. Um, trying to see if there's anything that's not dark. <laughs> oh, yeah, a little bit more about the WWE stuff. Um, NBC Universal... Uh, and YouTube's contract talks, which I didn't even know there were YouTube contract talks, weren't going good. Well, YouTube had contracts. They're not going good. This is apparently what's happening, to my understanding. YouTube TV is the pay version of YouTube, where you don't get ads and you're allowed certain things, certain live stations. I don't know how. We never knew about this. But apparently, if you have YouTube TV... You watch Raw and NXT live on it. Did you know about that? I did not. Yeah. So, yeah, you watch YouTube. You, you can watch Raw and NXT 2.0 every week live. But apparently this deal started going bad when they were renegotiating. And they were at the pull the plug phase of the contract talks. According to PW Insider, they have a short extension on the agreement. But we don't know how much more time there is. Um. But if that happens, then the USA Network and all of the other NBC Universal channels will wind up leaving YouTube TV unless they come to a deal. So a couple of things that I take away from that is uh, it's kind of surprising to me. And this once again is a flaw with this company. They are greedy as hell. Like you have Peacock, you have your own network and you still were selling Raw and NXT live to YouTube. Like, so the fans that buy your network or Peacock don't get live raw. You kind of spread yourself between two things. They'd still need YouTube TV to be able to watch more of your programming. I just kind of feel like whenever you have your own network, everything should go under that umbrella. That's the whole point of having your own network. I should be able to have your network and get everything on there. Imagine if Xbox Game Pass didn't only have Xbox Game Pass with the games. You know what I mean? Like, imagine if you needed Nintendo for Xbox Game Pass as well. They would be like, why? Why are some of the games, why is Halo on, why do I need Nintendo for Halo? And I could play Gears on Xbox. You guys are pricks for moving some of the media somewhere else. No one would take that anywhere else, right? Am I right about that? Like, it wouldn't be cool for us to have our company spread out that way. UFC Fight Pass is probably a better example. If someone has UFC Fight Pass, imagine if still... On top of Fight Pass, you needed another thing, which you might because they, they, they don't they have something with ESPN, which is slash Hulu. Yeah, so you have some kind of like a working deal with them. Yeah, that's why I'm slash VPN slash IPTV. You could all go fuck yourself. I'm not going to be double down on or double dipped on anymore. Perfectly heterosexual, man. That was a joke. Don't hate me. Wow. I'm not going to pay for any more of this shit, in other words, because I don't like the fact that I can't just buy one thing anymore. So now I get none. We'll get none of this shit. Yeah, I paid for Peacock for this one month because I want to watch Eddie Guerrero versus Malenko, and then I'm done. But aside from that, this is all over because you shouldn't need ESPN Plus plus UFC Fight Pass to watch all the fights. You shouldn't need WWE Network plus YouTube uh, TV to watch all of the things. It should be under one umbrella. I didn't even know that this other one was there. This feels sneaky to me. 
I hope that NBC does pull the plug. Take that shit off of there. How come that's not on with their other stuff? You know what I mean? And it's not to say people who are about to go, well, this is how business goes and blah, blah, blah. Bullshit. Don't tell me that. Because if this is how business goes, how was I just reporting five minutes ago about the fact that they're pissed off about it? The businesses, you know, where, where business goes through. Fox isn't happy that Peacock's being advertised on SmackDown, right? Because of the fact that wouldn't be an issue if WWE wasn't trying to get in everybody's pockets, though, is it? They're on Fox. They need some money from NBC. They need to get some YouTube money. They need to get some Saudi Arabian money. The problem and the reason is conflicts and the reason why Stephanie's going between two, t- two sides and the reason you got to draft is because they're fucking greedy. They're trying to sell off all their fucking content everywhere. You know, that's the problem. If they were running a tight ship, then none of this will be happening. And again, before people go, oh, you just are complaining because of No, the companies actually got mad. Like they said, you know what I mean? Like the people who have SmackDown, Fox, didn't like them saying go to Peacock for the pay-per-view. It pissed them off because that's actually not normal. Didn't, didn't Macy's or someone in New York recently sue because there's an Amazon.com billboard in Manhattan above them? It was Macy's. It could be wrong. like that. But I believe it was Macy's. Somebody can find that story from where I could look real quick. But they they sued. I'm looking it up now. I don't want to be going to get the wrong thing. Yes, here it is right here. Macy sues to stop Amazon from using billboard above its flagship store. Then it says even the person here is quoted in the lawsuit. Just imagine Pepsi on a Coca-Cola building or Mercedes advertising a building of a BMW dealership. Benjamin Brodman, a principal in Macy's retail group, said in the court filings, akin to conquering to a conquering enemy, it will be as if a competitor hung its flag on top of Macy's flagship department store and announced victory. Think about the logic of that. You're Macy's. You're selling shit. And the top of your shit says Amazon. <laughs> they could just go down. They don't even need to come here anymore. They're undermining your business. So before everybody goes to tell me I don't know what the hell I'm talking about, if the people in Macy's can say, hey, we don't want Amazon shit on top of our thing. And if the people in Fox can say, hey, we don't want this peacock banner on the bottom of our shit, then people are doing the wrong thing. They took them to court for that shit. Don't think that what WWE is doing is right, you know? And uh, But it's business. No, no. Macy's had an agreement to, to advertise that billboard up until August 31st. And then at that point, I guess Amazon jumped on. And that basically... They didn't apply with the uh, for for a renewal, and I guess they went with alternate advertisers. And they actually didn't name uh, Amazon in the lawsuit, but apparently Macy's and Amazon have been feuding with each other for years, at least according to CBS News. And that because of the increase in online shopping, all of these stores struggled, and a lot of them have now closed down. They peaked sales in 2015, and now that's over. They even went as far as to experiment with things such as same-day delivery and summer sales to try to go up against Prime Day. And that ultimately, none of that to any avail because they wound up having to close 125 stores in February of 2020. One in five locations. And then Amazon goes and puts a fucking sign up against their biggest store. <laughs> Business can be grimy. And yes, I deciphered that story in real time. I didn't know any of the details until I started talking, until I brought it up on the site. But uh, yeah, that's part of the dirt sheet territory. Oh, boy. What else do we have here? That's not sad. That's you, you actually took it out of my mouth. I was trying not to say it, but yeah, I'm just trying to look for fun shit before we get to anything like too Ooh. political, which we've already gotten. One political. comes to mind for me. Oh, go, go ahead. 
Somebody got engaged this past week. I must have clicked past it. I haven't been. I, I stopped covering engagements and babies and all that shit months ago. But go ahead. Who is this? I'll, I'll bring it up. Uh, um, Mrs. Tony Storm, soon to be Tony Juice. Oh yeah, I did see that. But honestly, when I look, she just got engaged to some dude. Who is that? Do I know him? That's Juice Robinson. Oh, is it? Yeah, oh, he just looks so. I forgot the. You know what? The picture's in black and white, and he's yeah. very hairy looking. I don't remember. You can't quite tell it's Juice. I thought it was just some dude. I thought it was just Dude Robinson. Uh, she and Juice are going to be timing up. Yeah, I'll bring up the picture here now that you're showing me. Because this is the reason I just thought it was some dude. I don't want people to think I'm shitting on Juice, but literally with the... With the no, we love Juice around here. <laughs> the picture I saw was an indication to me. I'm trying to bring it into the uh, into the Tron. Just give me a minute. Thank God for a faster system, because otherwise this wouldn't have happened right. until tomorrow. Okay. Going to it now. Here it is. Tell me that that when you wanted to thought she got married to just some guy. I'm not even gonna lie. If I did not already know that she and Juice were a thing, I would have thought the same thing. But me and Harry Lee knowing that, and I was like, "Ooh, Juice!" I saw it and I was like, "Oh, she got married to some guy." Yeah, yeah. It probably would have helped in color too. Yeah, the black and white kind of betrayed him on that one. Because when you see him in color, you know it's Juice. Good job, Juice. Congratulations, sir, to your genitalia. <laughs> you will be happy and prosperous i'm sure oh my god no no reason to doubt otherwise <laughs> i'm sure i'm sure he's not regretting his choice <laughs> i wouldn't either <laughs> you know not really much else i could say on that one like yeah he's a uh, he's well taken care of you yeah, know hopefully he's hung like a flare oh damn yeah uh, what else do we got here? Oh, this is nice. So fans followed the Amante and Kira Hogan back to their hotel room. I heard about this. I, was like, uh, oh, I think that story is yeah. misleading. Uh. Because I think that story is actually misleading. Because uh, I think it was reported that they weren't fans or something. Or that they were just regular people. Let me see what they said here. Last night, here myself are in our hotel room for the night. We're getting ready for bed, watching TV. When we hear a soft knock on the door, don't think much of it, other than okay, someone looking is for someone is looking for someone, and maybe knock down the wrong door. A few minutes go by, and another knock, but we hear more than one person kind of run around. We look out the peephole, no one is there. Okay, now I'm getting aggravated. Finally, I get up to see if I can catch who's knocking on the door. They knock, and I open the door, and two guys who follow Kira and I towards our room. These two guys were knocking on different doors after midnight, trying to f- find us after seeing us near the hot tub area earlier. It's sad that I have to address this on here, but guys, men, do not follow women to their room. I don't give a fuck what the situation is. It's after midnight and you're knocking on a door. How do you think that makes women feel? And no, these two dudes were, were not just wrestling fans or wanting an autograph. Being a woman is hard enough, but being in the same sex, in, in a same sex relationship with another woman is a hundred times harder. I've had so many issues when I, when I go out to where I've almost gotten into physical altercations with grown ass men for being disrespectful to my relationship. I'm going to need someone to pray for patience for me because I really don't want to end up on the news for hurting someone or someone hurting me. Lord knows I stand by stand my ground. Hopefully it's not the hill I have to die on as well. Guys, don't be like this. That's it. Are these two together? I believe they are. I know Diamante is dating another girl. I couldn't remember if it was Kira or not. Okay, Kira, I see you. Over here dating somebody in the big leagues. I see you, girl. Cool. Good for her. Didn't expect that. What a twist. Right. But yeah, stop being creepy. 
hell? This is what I'm talking about, about thirsty guys or guys that are just not getting any tail, you know? Like, it's like someone who's never been around food regularly is always hungry. And that goes the same for this kind of stuff. That's why we have so many crazy people here. I know signs lead them there too, like Jesus. Symbols led him there, you mean, right? The symbols? Yeah. Y'all know what I meant. He's talking about the symbols. That's great. I feel so bad because Paige was as freaked out as it was funny. But when she said, oh, my God, this guy showed up in our house and says symbols let him hear. I was like, oh, that is that's scary. But I'm sure years from now, she'll look back and laugh at how fucking insanely funny it is that that guy was so crazy that he said symbols "Symbols let him there and didn't expect her to fucking call the cops if she wasn't going to already. (laughs) That's the best part is like he didn't expect. What do you mean you call him the police? Symbols. What the symbols? If she had a gun, she would have probably killed him. I would have. You pulled the trigger at symbol. The man would have got, I mean, got shot, then and sure and shot. I would have Arn Anderson his ass. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. Yo, did you see Botchamania? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I can't even think about that song that they fucking put up <laughs> <laughs> oh man this might be one of the only weeks that the weeklies are as fun as the news just because there was half the news is the weeklies man. Oh, oh, what happened i was watching was like wait what that that's awakening promo that's like that's like a <laughs> shot of, right. that's like an espresso or just a shot of red bull or something like that's what it felt like or a shot of monster it was like whoa only thing it would have been better if you would have yelled pipe bomb afterwards like it's like wait what are we talking about <laughs> We'll get there. Don't worry, guys. We'll get to the weekly. So, what the hell's going on in the world? Um, I don't know if I want to get into this guy's bullshit right now. We'll see how the rest of it goes. Don't mind me. Just looking around to see. Oh, there is an interesting one. Brock Lesnar and Ric Flair are both scheduled to be on the Joe Rogan podcast. <laughs> Whoops, wrong image there. Neither one of them is going to win that title. But yeah, Joe Rogan. It's going to be the best thing that happened every time. Yeah, which is interesting because they're the only two people who have showed their dicks in recent stories, you know? And I think that more likely in the uh, Ric Flair one, he's going to open up about that, you know? Because Flair's been very vocal about uh you know defending himself so i think that and honestly rogan is a podcast that's down to earth he looks at both sides objectively i think that's a good place for that story to come out i kind of feel like if you're ever somebody who's under attack by snowflake sjw cancel culture the place to speak your mind might be the rogan podcast i never thought about that before but that might be rogan makes all his guests feel comfortable when it comes to stuff like that like when people are ready to cancel your shit that might literally be the place you go and just say what happened you know what I mean? I, f- I can't think of a better platform aside from this that's not nearly as popular. <laughs> I can't think of a better platform than Rogan to be the guy you say your shit to. Really. Like, I start. It's weird because. Because on Rogan's show, we pay attention to statute of limitations. It's weird because I feel like, kind of like as, as people were talking about looking at things, going back to the first hour of the show, when you look at things with your child eyes versus your adult eyes, I feel like you're always in a state of growth and change and evolution. So, like. Your taste changed too, and you sort of outgrow content the same way you outgrow Saturday morning cartoons or some things you didn't outgrow. That being said, I think it's the nature of the beast that uh, people, we get some listeners that are for lifers, some viewers that are for lifers, some people who eventually will go on and outgrow our content. 
other proof is we don't hear from some of the same people that we used to, but we do hear from new people that we didn't before in the last seven years. I feel like I've also done that where it's like I started out listening to podcasts that I know disrespect, feel that I kind of outgrew. Just more so about me than about them. I started looking for different things in the content, you know, like I used to listen um, to a lot of the more localized podcast. Yeah, I used to listen to Don Tony, you know, back years ago when he was still with Kevin Castle. I used to listen to uh, Wrestling Soup. I would even venture to say that uh, those two shows, as well as uh, Solomon's, that laid somewhat of a hand in me having the name Talk Brunch since uh, they had Wrestling Soup and, uh, you know, Tony has his breakfast with Blasi. Those were the shows that sort of made me look at this and say, yeah, that's, those are the discussions I want to have. But really, realistically speaking, I haven't listened to those or tuned in to those in years. And it's nothing against them. I feel like my format and my vision of what I see changed as well as their own. And uh, I just felt like my interest grew apart. And I find myself gravitating now more towards uh, stuff that sort of goes against the woke narrative, like Joe Rogan, for example. Or uh, when I want to hear wrestling news i tend to gravitate more towards like a wrestling observer or a dave Meltzer, even a brian alvarez you know or a jim Cornette, or a jr even shivani lately you know it's like i've started looking for more industry people and again it's nothing my my own taste has changed it's nothing that the quality hasn't diminished of anything that, I, that inspired me to get to the dance but i feel like over the years even the, even our former associates um that were part of uh our other those other networks you know what i mean like, it's, I don't really have any animosity or negativity as far as any of us moving on. I just kind of feel like we are a different beast now than anything that's going on in any of those other places. I, I've actually, I'm so far removed from a lot of that stuff that uh, I don't really even hold ill feelings to anyone. You know what I mean? Because so far, it was such a departure from what we were to what we're doing now that it's hard for me to look at things and take things personally because almost like it's coming from another universe, you know? So I, when I really look at all of our past and present panelists, supporters and everything, I look at everybody as uh, I'm, I'm OK with everybody, you know, like I like I got to be honest with you, you know, like straight up, like Jordan is probably the only person that I want to live long enough to see die. Aside from that, like everything else is gravy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just full disclosure. There. It's not like I used any last names. Like he's the only person who I loathe, you know, like everything about him. I don't respect a single thing about the, the human being, the individual, whatever. He's a horrible, disgusting person. Makes me sick to my stomach. A nasally voice, a funny laugh, but you know. Yeah, I'm going to be more real with people too now. I want to be more honest on this show. Fuck it, it's just us here. We're, we're the deities, right? We're doing things our own way. We're not looking. Right. No one's going to cancel us. We're our own people. So yeah, it's like, I don't really go into shoots too much, but that's the only person. And that's long gone, so I don't really feel an emotional time. It's literally been about two years. But yeah, he's the only person who I literally hated everything about him and everything that he stands for. And I'm pretty confident that I will get to see the day that he's in the fucking ground. Horrible person. Aside from him, everybody else, even the people on the other networks and stuff. I'm cool. We've had our differences and we've all had stuff. Some of us are cool. Some of us haven't spoken well. But that's the, that's the only person where it's kind of like, he just makes me sick. Yeah. He's the, only one where, like he's the only one where if you just popped it in my, in my DMs, it would just be like, it's the block. Like, yeah. Like his content and his stuff and everything about him just turns my fucking stomach. What content? <laughs> if you don't know who we're talking about, good. You know, you consider yourself blessed. Oh, you talk about the stuff he stays awake for. Okay, never mind. My bad, my bad. Yeah, but like literally aside from that, everything else, I've looked at it. Everyone's had differences in schedule, opinion, philosophies, politics, religion, whatever you may call it. That's all fine, man. Because again, I'm so far removed from the old stuff, you know, but that's literally like one of the only people that I look at and I'm just like, ugh. Yeah. I just. I'll put it like this. I, I could see myself 
just on a whim one day, just checking in on everybody, but him. I no, I don't really have the right time to be. I don't have the time to be checking in on anybody. I'll probably never do that. Yeah. But I, but I'm just fine with it. Like if I happen to see someone, what's up? You know, no matter yeah. where they're from. Like, he's you, like you the one human being where it's just like, no, that's not. That's just that's just a person with with that's sick. Like, don't and it's nothing to do with orientation or, or preference of of anything. It's just he's a fucking warped motherfucker. I can tell you, we're gonna be more real around here from now on. I don't have anything to fucking lose. I've never had anything to fucking gain, but this. So, you know. But yeah, podcasts like that, like Joe Rogan, that are real, that let you say your mind, that let you speak your shit without anybody fucking stopping you. That's what I, I like. I've gravitated more towards. There's not going to be anything here. You're not going to see me bleeping or booping things based on getting like partnerships or any kind of sponsorships or getting any kind of deals or doing any kind of things. There's no ass lickers here. Just a straight real. If that's not good enough, then hey, fuck you too. <laughs> Suck it. Anybody else didn't get a fuck you yet? Is there? No. Tell me, raise your hand. You didn't get a fuck you yet. You got hit, all right. You know what I mean? Raise your fucking hand. I'll, I'll leave them under the seats from now on, like Oprah. Everybody. <laughs> you get a fuck uh, you. You get a fuck you. Everybody gets a fuck you. You too. Fuck you. <laughs> it'd be like a, I can't remember. Okay, enough of that. <laughs> it'd be like that one movie. I can't remember what it's called, but it's like fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you twice. You're cool. Fuck you, fuck you. Half, half baked. It was a. <laughs> yes, <that> was it. <laughs> it's always that guy too that gets that role too. Like even on, like even on Chappelle's show, he was the guy who who during the wrap it up was in court. Yo, wrap it up. <laughs> oh my god. Wrap it up. Remember he brought the thing out right in front of the judge. It's always that guy who gets the most disgruntled role. <laughs> The Spanish guy. Like, wrap it up. The Spanish guy. Cuban B. I'm like, Cuban B. Like, no, you better wrap it up. Like, what? <laughs> oh, that's something we could have used when Jordan was around. Wrap it up, right? Oh, man. Can we get that? Uh, I don't know if I can actually bring it into the Tron. Let me see what you're talking about. All I have to do is put half baked and then put the rest. <laughs> quitting, quitting, quitting scene. My favorite scene of that whole movie. Hold this on, you got... you're cool. It's like what? Yeah, just give me a minute to grab it here. We're live, folks. When we're live, we gotta pull shit in from the internet into our actual system, because that's how it works. Again, if you didn't catch the intro where I gave myself that big title where I had like about twelve hats on, maybe more. He's not even joking. Like, I go listen to the intro. I might reuse that. It might be recycled, recycled lines. We're gonna start opening with the sh- opening the show with Seth Rollins' Jesus music. Here we go. Oh, God. This is great. Still waiting on that heifer, Julio. (laughs) Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. You're cool. And fuck you. I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) It's just that white guy. You're cool. Fuck you. That's a great way to quit. Eat that one for every time you have those mass fire. Oh, man. All right. Wow. We're actually doing, we're not doing great time, but we're doing decent time here. Very not unusual. Mm hmm. Uh, still tiptoeing around certain ones that I'm hesitant about. That's really what it's about. Um, JBL actually talked about the rumors after all this time. JBL talks about the Mar Ronaldo stuff. God, right? It's been forever since we talked about that. Yeah, this was on Hannibal TV. Let me bring this up real quick. Let's see here. I've known John for years, not well, and always have liked you. 
you've never treated me with anything but respect. You've always been so nice to me. And there was always a disconnect between the guy you hear about in this reputation and who you were to, to my experience. What, John, what, why did you have or do you have that rep? And you know, you know what I'm asking you, of course. Yeah, you know, uh, maybe I, I could have deserved it. I, I don't know. You know, we were younger, we broke balls, and I was a loud guy from the South, and, and a lot of people, I think, took that wrong. I, I can tell you, you know, like like with Morrow, there was never any malicious intent ever toward anything I said toward Morrow. Anything I said on camera, that was all in character. But, you know, some of it could be deserved. I'm not trying to rewrite my history. I, I wasn't a saint. We, we drank a lot back then, and, you know, we ran the roads, and we always loved to crack on each other. It was just part of what we did. And I think a lot of people took that wrong. And some of it could have gone good too far. I'm not trying to excuse anything I've done. It, it's, a, it's a something because we were talking about this before we got on the show. Like sometimes because w with you, for instance, I read uh, the, the things about you. And, and when you get in character, when you're the heel, you're the freaking heel. You commit 100%. You know, right. when I read the thing about, about Germany, when you walked out and you did the salute and you stopped marching around, I go, okay, now I got a little bit of an idea what kind of guy he is. And because most of the time when you do that, you get so invested. And sometimes you carry that outside because it kind of feels good. You know, we all like to play the real bad guy. And if it feels good, sometimes it rubs off a little bit in your normal life. You think that's something that happened also there with you? Yeah, boss, I think you're, I think there's any doubt about that. You know, when we started, we protected the business 24-7. So I wrestled in Europe for Otto Vance, who was a childhood chum, Otto and, and Peter William uh, in, in Austria and uh, Germany. And you had to be in character 24-7. We lived on the parking lots outside of the carnival tents and had to wrestle. And uh, so they, they wanted us in character all the time, not just in the ring. You know, walk around town, somebody gets an, tries to get an autograph for you, you bark at them. You know, and that kind of carried forward. And I'm one of the last groups to have done that. And so, yeah, I don't think there's any doubt that some of that went uh, too far. And some of it was me being in character. And, and again, I'm not trying to excuse myself. I'm just kind of explaining uh, from my perspective kind of how it happened. So so, so what exactly happened then with, uh, with Morrow? What was the thing that went on? Well, there was a, there was a show that we did uh, called Bring It to the Table. And that was one of the big contentious points. As far as, you know, anything I said on camera, that was 100% in character. Anything I said backstage, I don't think there was anything. I, now, I'm not, I can't speak for Morrow. So there was no malicious intent ever on anything backstage. I, I thought I got along with Morrow fairly well. Uh, but the show, Bring It to the Table, Morrow had had a travel problem. Uh, there was a snowstorm across the country and he didn't make a show. And I'm not sure what all happened, but there was a snowstorm. He, you know, couldn't make travel. You know, those things happened. During that same time, we did this show called Bring It to the Table. And everybody points to that show as the point of me taking a shot at Morrow. Well, on that show, we right before we did it, there was about three to five minutes we needed for the show. And they said, I said, what can we do? And I said, hey, there's this Internet poll that makes Morrow the number one announcer. Could you do something on that? I said, yeah, of course. So when he went on the show, I did a rant on the show about, no, oh, they're calling Marlon number one announcer. He's retweeted it, blah, blah, blah. 100% in character. And people talk about that poll that I was so jealous of that poll that I went on TV and talked about it. I didn't know the poll existed until right before he went on the show. And that was me. I just assumed Morrow knew that that was something I had done uh, in character. In fact, when the show aired, uh, Meltzer, the the online uh, guy who does all the back, you know, 
backstage news, they said Melter's mad at you. And I hadn't heard that name in quite a while because it's behind a paywall, his stuff. So I, I didn't read it. I didn't keep up with it. And I said, why is he mad? And they, they said, well, that was his poll. I had no idea. I had no idea. You know, people talk about so much how I was so mad about that poll. I had no idea the poll existed. That was just me being JBL on camera. And I think Morrow took that the wrong way. I hope he didn't. I hope now he realizes that that was something that I did that was that was 100% in character. I saw Morrow, I think, a, a few weeks later. Everything fell out, and I became the bad guy with everything. And uh, I, I saw him standing for a car, and he was on his phone. I think it was New Orleans. Anyway, I walked across the parking lot, and he, he was on his phone, so I couldn't talk to him. But I shook his hand. Just went across, shook his hand, and he said, "How you doing, man?" I said, "It's good, brother." And just left, just to let him know that there was no uh, ill intent, at least of me toward him. I, I regret the whole situation. You know, I wish that Morrow had known. You know, for sure. I think that was one of the, the things that was really upsetting. I know it was upsetting to a lot of fans because they talk, all talked about that show. Yeah, yeah. Well, at least you know you're a character, and then you know. <laughs> On one side, you did something right, right? I mean, you you were in character. So, yeah, I hope uh, that it's good that you walked over. I hope that you guys can mend things also, that he sees it as well and uh, can, you know, just bury the hatchet. Thank you for watching the Hannibal TV. Please like this video if you enjoyed it and click the subscribe. So what are your thoughts? Because the first thing I want to say before I even forget is that in order for him to need to come shake his hand and make sure everything's good. There had to be an indication everything wasn't, you know what I mean? Like the fact that Morrow didn't yeah. even know, like, you know, hey, I had to come and make sure he knew. I think problem problem was that he didn't know. I think that was part of the problem that he didn't know. Why didn't yeah. he know? Yeah, I mean, I think something, yeah, I think all of us at one point or another have been there where like you've said something and it was you, and whether it be usually in the case of it being somebody being upset, it wasn't the desired reaction you wanted. Yeah, I like the fact that I mean he was straight up just like, hey, I said some shit. In my, I didn't mean for it to come off like that, but sometimes it was just me in character. Sometimes I didn't expect the kind of reaction, but that is also a key thing that with that particular poll, he didn't know it existed, and then Morrow didn't know that he didn't know it existed. You gotta think how different of that situation is gonna be if all those are well known, well known factors amongst everybody. If the problem is lack of communication, then it's still their fault. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if but the it's problem definitely is definitely not as much JBL's fault as some people are making it out to think to be. Yeah, like if the problem then somebody is... should have told him about it before, right before it's gonna happen, and then somebody should have told Morrow. So then like Morrow knows that reaction's coming, you're already pre positioned not not to take it personally. Yeah, pretty much. All right, well, in a bit of side news, Manny Pacquiao has retired from boxing officially, huh? Yeah, hanging up the gloves. So, uh, yeah, Paul Marks, nothing for you. Yeah, that's really pretty much a relief in a sense, right? If anything good came of it. I mean, even though he said clearly he wasn't going to do it, it's still just known now the offer is completely off the table. There's no hope of it. Yeah, see, see, I'm telling you, their options are whittling down. They're slowly going to have to get the people who actually do this. Or Tyson, because uh, <laughs> Tyson wants to fight him. He's interested. Yeah. I'm just saying, do it, Logan. No balls. One of the greatest, all right. Right. 
I'm telling you, it's like we talked. I think I don't know if we talked about it on or off air. My favorite thing about Tyson fights now it's not even the knockouts. It's when you see the people hit, get hit, and don't go down. Yeah, so I just want to see of, a Paul brother with that little one time. So this is an excerpt from Pacquiao's retirement video. It is difficult for me to accept that my time as a boxer is over. Today, I am announcing my retirement. I never thought that this day would come. As I hung up my boxing gloves, I would like to thank the whole world, especially the Filipino people, for supporting Manny Pacquiao. Goodbye, boxing. Thank you for changing my life. When my family was desperate, you give us hope. You give me the chance to fight our way out of poverty. Because of you, I was able to inspire people all over the world. Because of you, I have been given the courage to change more lives. I will never forget what I have done and accomplished in my life. I can't imagine. I just heard the final bell. Tapos na ang boxing. Maraming maraming salamat po sa inyong lahat. God is gold all the time. Thank you. So, yep. That's a career, folks. Uh, yep. Calling it one. I like that he got to call his own shot. Mm-hmm. Retired with 62-8-2 record. Yeah, hell of a record. Yeah. But I mean, we talked about it before, whether it be uh, the whether the thing with The Undertaker or something I discovered on uh, 2B TV recently. There's actually a documentary about Vampiro, and I like that one because it goes a little bit more into detail, but the problem some of these athletes who have been in it so long have is it's not even do I want to keep going? It's like, can I go one more time? And that had, that that's a crazy hard thing for somebody, especially who has been around as long as Pacquiao has been around to just be like, all right, this is it. I'm done. Yeah. No argument there. Very good legacy. Very cool. Wish the last fight would have ended on a higher note, but still nonetheless. Awesome. It's definitely good to know that he's going out and he's just, he's okay with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one hundred. Because one, that's gonna that's better for him, and two, it'll make make it to where now he's not gonna have always sit there and be like, "Hmm, wonder if I got one more in me." It's like, no, I'm okay. Yeah. Well, that's a way to do a career, you know. Instead of looking all slouchy and messed up, I hate to say, it, but a lot of MMA fighters will go out there and still they start getting beat to death. Yeah. <laughs> BJ Penn. <laughs> it always comes back to him, huh? I'm telling you, BJ is the worst one because I still to this day haven't heard BJ call it. Like I heard guys like Chuck Liddell call it, uh, Ken Shamrock call it, Hoist Gracie, all these other guys. I saw them like being like, all right, I'm done. But we still ain't heard from BJ, and I think that's only because Dan won't let him fight anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, sometimes boxers know their limits. I think, isn't how Pacquiao becoming like a mayor or something? Something along those lines. Like he's I know he's, some he's, sort of... he's definitely expressed interest in it. 
Let me see. He's yeah. running for president. Career too, is he running for president? No, he's not. Is he running for president? No, no not president. It's some kind of political role, though, I believe. Yeah, he's running for president in the Philippines. That's exactly what it is. Oh, shit. In 2022, right, well. he's going to be the president of the Philippines. Well, he's running. He might get it. Motherfucker, you try to run on him at the podium and knock your ass out. Yeah, right. Mr. President! Fuck yeah. up. <laughs> Coolest president since the first Independence Day movie, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're like, oh shit, the president's going to pilot in this one. Normally, the way to take the president on the ground, but no, that dude's in his fighter. <laughs> he ready. That's too good. All right, fellas, we are taking intermission here. When we get back, we're going straight into the draft and where everybody wound up and whether it mattered at all. So stay tuned. Want to chat with the guys? Then be sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe to us on YouTube. Talkbrunch.com. Served hot. So the WWE draft has happened this is the first draft in a really really long time and uh, since before the pandemic as a matter of fact for anybody that didn't know yeah we didn't get one last year the last time we brought you draft stuff was exactly october 21st of 2019 i keep records so this is the first since then and uh yeah very interesting stuff you had megan morant who brought up the stuff that's happening in the draft the rules if you will i'll bring that up on what's screen. going on wwe universe megan morant here backstage in baltimore maryland we are getting ready for night one of the wwe draft it all kicks off at 8 p.m eastern time on friday night smackdown in conversations with wwe officials from raw smackdown nxt the usa network and fox half of the roster is eligible to be drafted tonight. The other half will be drafted when night two of the draft kicks off on Monday Night Raw. Any undrafted WWE superstars will automatically become free agents. They can sign with a brand of their choosing. Now, when do all of these changes officially go into effect? It all starts on October 22nd. That's the night after WWE Crown Jewel. I'm sure you're hoping to see where all of your favorite WWE superstars end up. In order to find out, you'll have to tune in tonight on Friday Night SmackDown at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Fox. So they started the draft. There was actually rules to get into any of these draft-related shows. I don't know if you had heard about that i hadn't heard there were rules yeah like they had protocol obviously the cool protocols uh were fully in effect here starting october 2nd all guests age 12 and older were required to show proof of a full vaccination or a negative covid19 pcr or antigen test the test had to be administered by a healthcare professional local pharmacies are also accepted at home tests not accepted I didn't even know they had that. Um, it has to be within 20, 72 hours before the event. And the test results have to have their name and the date of the test to attend all of the Nashville Predators games and any events held in the venue. 
as well. So that is how people were getting in on there as far as that goes. Getting back to the draft, we're not going to do the whole segment by segment. We're going to essentially talk about the ones that matter as we look on this list. Just the people that were moved is all that really matters, right? Everyone else who stayed, stayed. So, Which round my one. biggest issue with the draft now is if they're staying on the same fucking show, don't announce it. Exactly. Which is what like, I'm going to do my best to do shit. here. You fucking... Lashley was on Raw. Oh, Lashley drafted Raw. Why do we even waste a segment? <laughs> right, which is why I'm not doing that anymore. Again, we're going to change a little bit of the weekly format because the weeklies are fluff. Um, but I can say that for round one of Raw, the significant change would be Becky Lynch moving to Raw. Round two, the significant change would be Seth Rollins moving to Raw. And round three, the significant change would be Kevin Owens moving to Raw. Um, give me a minute. I'm doing this in real time. In round four, the significant change would be the Street Profits and Finn Balor. Where the fuck was Finn Balor before this? He was on SmackDown falling off the top rope. Because, by the way, oh, a yeah, fucking yeah, cameraman yeah, right, 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 right. Um, what were you saying? I don't know. I was saying, yeah, because all the while he's been on SmackDown wondering why the cameraman cut the top rope. Because apparently that's what happened. Yep, that's exactly what happened. bringing it up for you guys right now so that you can see you look on the left side of the screen there's cameraman i gave them too much credit i thought that they had some sort of a device or a mechanism that they switched or triggered from somewhere but no the cameraman just came and went snip look that is hilarious see i've heard some Marks, and yes, I'm going to call you Marks. Comparing this to the uh, the AEW Explosion botch, here's the problem: the Explosion botch wasn't planned to go like that. It was supposed to be spectacular. Something went wrong. They planned a cameraman to cut a fucking top rope. Like people haven't been on that bitch all night. Yep. Not the same. <laughs> okay. Pretty much, right? That's what happened. So much for the illusion. People in the live audience have to be spoon-fed that bullshit. That's why I don't go with this shit live anymore. I don't feel like this. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's where Finn Balor winds up. That's the last significant change. The Street Profits uh, back to Raw. Finn Balor, Kevin Owens. Which I love how tonight they decide to take a second to go, yeah, it's a two-for-one. The Finn and the, and the Demon. And it's like, shut the fuck up. Don't. Yeah. There were no significant changes in round five for Raw. Round six, Carmella comes back to Raw. They get Gable Stevenson, which I really don't care about. They're really high in Gable Stevenson. I love Tony Khan's answer when he was interviewed um, about how he felt about the fact that they have an Olympic gold medalist that's going to be in wrestling. And he was like, oh, you know, that's great. You know, and he said something like, oh, I was I was at the time interviewing CM Punk, you know, like, right. Yeah. The guy who we know can kill it at this. Yeah, not the like, guy who we have not seen do this at all. We needed him to show some sort of a WWE presence before they start plugging him in the draft like that. Not just that smiling bullshit that we keep seeing, the one shot they have of the guy. Like, I don't care. I'm not excited about this. You know it takes some of us more. don't watch the Olympics, right? We don't give a shit. They hit the jackpot with Kurt Angle because Kurt Angle, it was they were lucky enough and it was a miracle. They had the charisma 
necessary. He was a guy that was a good talker and a good talent and he got the business. It was a miracle. Just because this guy is an Olympic gold medalist or whatever or part of the Olympics doesn't necessarily mean he's going to work. It's not like, they're acting like they don't have people that have that kind of a background already in the company that they fucked up. You know what I mean? Like so I'm supposed to get excited that they have another person who has like an like a amateur pro wrestling background that got fucked up like Chad Gable who by the way has a lot of friends in AEW. Another Gable Except nobody knows this one. Anyway. Like, at least Chad Gable could go with the ring and it's like, oh, yeah. And, and he's a former Olympian. This guy, he's a he's an Olympian. So round six, Carmella and Stevenson. I don't know. Um, I'm looking here now at the uh, SmackDown ones. Give me a minute here because they did this in such a big mess. So, yeah, the I guess, yeah, because, hmm, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I'm just looking to make sure that all of these are doubles, and they all are. Where was Biggie was already on Raw, right? Yeah, Biggie was drafted right away. Yeah, yeah, and Bianca Belair got moved to Raw. You know, uh, Edge got moved to Raw, which we know about. Yeah, I'm just looking here to double check to see if there's anything significant. Um, Rey Mysterio and Dominic got moved to Raw. Austin Theory got announced for Raw. And then during Talking Smack, the people that got announced for Raw were Nia Jax, John Morrison, Reggie, which that doesn't even really matter. Nia Jax was already there. John Morrison was already there. Reggie was already there. Truth was there. Once again, three picks you could have just used just to announce people actually fucking moving. Drake Maverick, I don't remember where. I guess he was Raw too. T-Bar. Yeah, he was Raw. Just T-Bar, not Mace. Yeah, um, Mace is on SmackDown. Yeah, Akira Tozawa was already there. Uh, I guess Otis and Chad Gable got moved to Raw. Um, Apollo Cruz, as you saw tonight, got moved to Raw with Commander Aziz. Dewdrop was already there. Zelina Vega got moved to Raw. So those are the people they moved on Talking Smack, which they didn't even bother to recap that shit. Yeah, because nobody gave a fuck. <laughs> so Zelina Vega's angles are over. Nobody gives a shit fuck where Zelina Vega's going. Like, love you, girl, but holy crap, they have booked me and not give a shit about you. Yeah, oh, you know, I can't. I can't even blame you for feeling that way. Like, and and, he, and here's the thing that's going that's bugged me with this draft that's making me just not give a shit about this thing. Don't give me this bullshit of oh NXT's eligible. You fuckers aren't gonna draft anybody over to NXT. Tell it how it is. You're just gonna raid that locker room again. Yeah, hopefully I didn't miss anybody in this mess of the way they did this shit. Not for SmackDown. Nothing that mattered. That's for sure. SmackDown, no relevant picks. Banks was already on SmackDown, right? Yeah. Looking here. Um, Charlotte was one. Yeah, all of these are pretty much the same. I guess the biggest picks would be Sheamus moves to SmackDown. Shayna Baszler moves to SmackDown. Zia Lee moves up from NXT to SmackDown. Uh, the Viking Raiders move to SmackDown. Ricochet moves to SmackDown. Um, Herberto Carrillo and Angel Garza move to SmackDown. Cesaro... I don't even remember where he was, man. Like they use him that much. Where the he fuck was it? So he didn't moved. Rich Holland. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, Rich Holland. So they just split. Yeah, they just split the NXT. What? They split like three different teams up in this whole thing. They fucking put Rich. I didn't even notice that Rich Holland and Sami. They Zane. couldn't even pick like the important guys in that factor. They picked Rich Holland. But Sami Zayn wound up on Raw, didn't he? Like I think tonight that Sami Zayn wound up on Raw. Unless I'm losing my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he did. Yeah, and uh. Charlotte Flair got moved to SmackDown because Fox officials specifically asked for Flair to be brought to SmackDown. 
there was a point where in the past draft, I don't know if this was really, but there was a point in the past draft that they were supposed to get her and then they changed it at the last minute. So Fox requested Charlotte be moved. Drew McIntyre also moved to SmackDown. I expected that more than anybody. Uh, Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods moved back to SmackDown. The crowd booed because they once again, they managed to double down and, and separate the new day again. Even though there's an argument that some people feel like him being in a stable will hold Biggie back as the WWE champion, but then there's a demographic that feels that it would just help elevate the non-champions. Because it held Kofi back, right? Oh wait, never mind. I don't know what. Stop trying to use dumb logic to justify their stupid decisions. If it sucks, it sucks. Yeah, really. They can bring whole teams over. There's no excuse. Yeah, I don't know why they. Something that's one of the hottest things. Oh, uh-huh. and here's one that makes me laugh. They put Jinder and Shanky on SmackDown and just left Veer on Raw. I'll tell you why that makes me laugh. They they knew not to leave Shanky's irrelevant ass by himself. Yeah, and as far as Big E, they just seem to want to give him um, a big run. Even uh, Mark Henry and uh, Ryan McKennell were talking about it. What do you think about it? Roman stays on Friday night. Big E moves over to Monday. I like the move for Big E they did because it. It, pr- it pretty much makes him the centerpiece of a show on Monday that I think, I don't want to say desperately needs it. I'm just, I think it gives him a serious injection of life, a new look, new stories to be told. I like Big E on Mondays, Mark. I like your choice of words. I think that it adds life. And they got it right, taking the two champions first. And then everything else filling it out. Big E is going to give Monday Night Raw a champion that is versatile, that's more entertaining. We said this for the last, what, two or three months, that Raw has just been like, man, I'm falling asleep. Don't help that it's three hours long. But, I mean, you need somebody like a Big E, the New Day, to get that thing going, man, make that place a party. Dude said, I'm falling asleep. That's why he went to AEW so he can stay awake, right? Well, but it looks like the time for talking is over. It's time to fall asleep. Hell no. But now that I think about it, Stacey actually makes a good point. I just saw in the chat room. Big E cashed in on Raw's champion. Default, he's already drafted the Raw. No, because didn't they have the Street Profits and the New Day switch titles in the backstage at one point last draft? Yeah, but that's because they drafted them to opposite shows. Whereas Big E cashed in money in the bank on the Raw champion. It's like probably realistic how they booked that championship in the past. That means he's on that show now. Yeah, well, I think it's a good move for him to be on that show because it would have been old oh, yeah. prototypical WWE to move Big E as the B champion to SmackDown. Even though SmackDown's an A show, it's still perceived in a B way. They always seem to put the world champion they want out of the way on there. Looking through these drafts, don't mind me, guys. No more SmackDown I'm to find drafts. Something I have interested in their predictable shit. This is like the fishing game in any fishing game that you've ever played. I have to look through. Oh, I almost got one. Oh, no, I got away. <laughs> Hit row. They were moved oh, up to SmackDown. They're very happy. I was actually yeah. going to have a segment on here until I realized it would just eat too much time. Hit row just kept tweeting about how talented they are and to all the podcasters that said that, uh, who actually they said to the podcaster that said that we'd never make it to the uh that, that our ceiling would be nxt you know look at us now or something like that and i was thinking yeah that's pretty cool man also you should yeah. 
shout out the podcasters that said you were really good like from exactly. fucking 205 live like me remember when i said during 205 yeah. live that uh fucking this guy Swerve was gonna be was really fantastic. good isaiah Swerve, when he was and, and, and then remember Strickland. his co-host who's been following Swerve since he was kill shot lucha underground so yeah you know i like i i like that they discredit people who said they'd never be good but hi shout out to the yeah. people who like I, I have recorded evidence of me on 205 Live saying that guy was good and that he should go over and get pushed right. from the beginning. They didn't, he didn't need a rap song or a gimmick or, or all that backstage stuff. I didn't know that all this shit was going to happen that made a lot of people bandwagon jump. Nothing's wrong with that. That's the purpose. It's the nature of the beach to try to get them over for people who don't see it. But uh, I just remember those who were there in the rough days. Yeah. Exactly, where it's kind of like back when I was just seeing his latent talent because 205 Live, nobody's rapping to the ring and having all that shit. I remember just seeing being like, man, I really like him. Every time I see him, I really like this guy a lot. And you know what I love the most about Hit Row, though? That's the only group because they started when Hit Row first came together, they were heels. But I watched the Cypher again on YouTube today. I don't think I've ever seen a group wrap themselves into a face turn. Yeah, that was talent, boy. Because they literally freestyled. They did that, they did that championship Cypher at Great America Bash, and everybody was behind them since. Yeah, but I mean, that was that one hell of a presentation. The thing is, that every, I think everybody goes into that kind of stuff with low expectations when it's brought to you by WWE. You know, I guess they, they expected went some, showed out. They expected some fucking Odyssey thing. They expected dun 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 dun, dun hell yeah, dum did it, dum get your ass off the way, cause here we come. <laughs> you say it like I don't fucking listen to that song on a walk at least once every couple of days. Like, some people don't like these oddities. Some people don't want those oddities. <laughs> they expected some bullshit like that, you know. And when it sounds like, oh wow, this is legit. This is like right. It's like, like I, this is cool. Like, this is well done. These guys, like, it's crazy. I wonder how much of that shit is written, right? It has to be. It has to be like, um, organic with those guys. Now, the only thing I kind of have to disagree with, uh, Top Dollar about that he said on social media is he was very, um, opinionated on the fact that he's like, we're not going to be like everybody else and get buried. Don't assume that we're just downhill. The problem with that is we've seen it happen so many times it's pretty easy to assume like there's a lot of people we've seen like god example um somebody who was a former nxt champion bo dallas we thought he'd be great ricochet we thought he'd be fantastic the problem with like, top dollars philosophy or oh, we're not up here to get buried like everyone else is just the overwhelming amount of evidence against that and as much as i like hit row the most over any of the people in that stable have ever been in their careers, indie or otherwise, is in hit roll. Yeah, there's people like us who notice people before they're over and go, they're really good, but that shit doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, the mainstream didn't really get it when it came to hit roll. Am I right? You know, like it took a long time. Right. So the problem with his logic of, well, we're not up here to get buried, is that there are people who have come through here nuclear over that they buried like people forget that kevin owens was a ring of honor world champion as well as Sami Zayn. right people forget like that apollo cruz used to be uha nation they forget that at one point shinsuke nakamura wasn't a mid-carder he was actually like one of the top guys in new japan and in ring of honor and he was he was the like, top, top guy talent, who didn't have you know? the top title his final match was against aj styles you know never think that you're not Burial that doesn't mean they'll bury you, but the, you'll be relegated to mid card. You know, like if right. you see like Hit Row rapping to the main event of uh against like 
I don't even know who the fuck the champions are now. I guess maybe Big E, sure. Why not? Right. I guess it's in a good position where it's fathomable to do since they have like a champion like we just saw and they are busted open. He's well-rounded. So, you yeah, could maybe. easily be getting jobbed out to fucking Jackson Riker on main event. Hopefully not. I would like Fans to Fans are it. worried about it because it's highly realistic in this company. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, after Hit Row... What do we have? Jeff Hardy moved back to SmackDown and he spoke about how happy he was to be moved to SmackDown. And then maybe we'll see another side of Jeff Hardy. Like, yeah, the drunk side is what we saw when uh, he was there with Sheamus, who ironically also got moved back over to SmackDown. That's most of the relevant ones. And then they may relive another theory involving it. Yeah. And then the talking smack announcements was Drew Gulak, Mace, Mansoor, Mustafa Ali, Mustafa Ali, sorry, uh, Tony Storm and Aaliyah. Yeah, I believe Mansoor went over with uh, Ali as well, so they luckily yeah. didn't break their tag team up. Yeah. Mace is broken up, though. And, yeah, um, Mace and T-Bar have been split. Which one was which again? Mace was uh, Dio Madden, and T-Bar was Dijak. So Dijak, T-Bar is the one who tweeted something. I scrolled past somewhere, he tweeted something like, I'm on my own again, it's time to feast your eyes. Yeah, Dijak's teasing, going back to just being him again. To go back to being Donovan Dijak? Well, he wasn't even really ever that. He was Donovan Jehokovic. <laughs> shit, remember? Donovan Dijakovic. Remember, they already fucked it up in the beginning. I could. It's so bad that Don, they have me. You know, the funny for, thing is, they, they, they called him Dijak when he first... No, they called him Chris Dijak when he first showed yeah. up. Is this, is this so bad that his gimmick of being... um He's T-Bar, right? Yeah. Yeah, his gimmick of being T-Bar is so bad that I'm wishing for him to go back to Donovan Jehokovic. Because it'll be the closer we get to actually him again. How about he just and be fucking, Donovan and, and fucking Dijak? Is that too much to ask? Fucking... Hasn't this guy been yes. through enough? This reminds me of Mick Foley, but in a negative way, where it's like he'll finally be, be Mick Foley or Cactus Jack, but first we have to do all this other shit. But it's just that this one's not working out. Like with Mick Foley, all of this weird shit did work out, you know, but this is not working. We're ultimately going to wind up with Donovan Dijak here or in another company because... How many chances do you get to um to fuck somebody up? I wish that could be the name of the episode. <laughs> like, how many chances do you get to fuck somebody up? Because, like, really, like, Donovan Dijak was fine the way he was. And you had to make that the Djokovic. And then you made that T-bar. And <laughs> in one for Raw, that actually makes me laugh. Mia Yim's going to Raw. Maybe she'll actually show up because she hadn't shown up since the last time she got fucking drafted. Yo, think of... Wow. <laughs> Let that settle in for one fucking second. That's right. She got drafted to SmackDown back in 2019. And she hasn't been on TV once. And got drafted to fucking Raw. And she probably won't be on TV again. All the while, her man is Bearcat. Is she the first person in wrestling history, in WWE history, to be drafted from one brand to the other without ever making an appearance? I'm pretty sure. That's awful. Good lord. And they copyrighted some bear cat shit so you could forget about that going away. Oh, I'll, 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 I'll just... I'll, <laughs> I'll just use it as the bear crap, bear cat piss break. They also copyrighted... I, I noticed they copyrighted the Samoan ghost. Maybe they're starting a new super team. Who the fuck would the Samoan ghost be? They're gonna have somebody cosplay as, as dead Jimmy Snooker. That would be really dark. Sounds dark. It'd be I accurate to the gimmick, though. Tell me I'm lying. I'll wait. The Samoan ghost. Motherfuckers had Shawn Michaels team with God. Everything's believable. Maybe it's, maybe it's just for Halloween since Halloween is coming up. But I still don't like it's the sound of it. Much, 
Yeah. I'm voting for no Samoan ghost. Anyway, did I get most of the draft? Was that it? You got everything? I don't remember. Yeah, I could have screwed something up with the way that they were announced and the way I was not caring. Who knows? You know, those combined factors could have fucked something. I'm not going to sit here and act like, yeah, it's not possible. <laughs> that, uh, which, 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 by the way, speaking of the draft, the way they decided to kick Raw off tonight, can we stop acting like when one champion gets moved to one show, the other one is such a fucking surprise? Yeah. Like Charlotte got moved to SmackDown. No shit, Becky's coming to Raw. Let's stop acting like it really matters, you know? Right. I heard that even they the just people swap there the didn't shows care. And titles. Who gives a fuck? None of them. Anyway. Anyway. Let's talk some AEW news and segue that into the weekly. Look, I'm telling you my plan ahead of time. Yeah. Could have left the curtain pulled and just done AEW news and then been like, well, since we're doing AEW news, again, then weekly. Let's start with Dynamite. But no, we're going to and do that's some how AEW someone's gonna put news. Together WWE shit. Yeah, we're going to do some AEW news and then we'll cleanly segue it into the weeklies, which will get us all wrapped up. Look at that. See how strategy works? That's production. And George, so, because they like announcing shit that nobody cares about. That's why. More like belt draft. It'd be a fucking improvement. Normally, George, that happens. In the 2019 draft that we did here, a lot of people got announced that were not moved. And just That's like just that. That's just something they do now. And just like that, I had to go through here. I cared more probably and was more neat about it, but I had to go through and sort out what actually changed. This time around, it's like, no, nah, not so much. I think that this show is actually good without them. And actually, I think it's sometimes even better when we don't talk about them at all. It's lucky that it's almost a necessity of the mainstream wrestling demographic to do it. Because I don't know how honestly, much of a necessity it is at this point, but I mean, yeah. You know, and I'm not even trying to be pretentious or, or cocky when I say that, but I feel like it diminishes the value of, of what our listeners get when we have to fucking talk about their bullshit a lot of the time. And I, I just mean that from a creative standpoint. Like, oh, God, now we got to try to make this entertaining when a lot of the time it isn't. But thankfully, we're not there yet. We're still talking about AEW. Bodyslam.net is reporting that Cody Rhodes is the only EVP um, who regularly attends office meetings as an office regular. And he doesn't have much of a relationship with any of the other executive vice presidents at this point. They're still great friends, but he's pretty much on the outside looking in, whatever the hell that means. They said that Matt Jackson takes care of assisting his wife with her job merchandising and Nick handles being the elite. And Omega deals with the AEW games and other projects with the gaming side of things. And we know he also deals with the women's division. And uh, yeah, pretty much that. But as far as our Cody goes, he doesn't really, I don't know what the hell he does. I guess he doesn't really have uh, anything in regards to... Uh, executive vice president stuff going on but that is not the only change i don't know if you heard about like the other big change that they have going on uh as far as Ooh, depending on what it is uh, as far as tony khan and the creative direction that he's taking with the company yes this one i did hear about yeah so essentially tony khan um and also from body slam originally there were superstars well i don't want to say superstars here that would just be dirty they were wrestlers slash performers that were quote-unquote allowed and encouraged to pitch ideas to him that they might have and that uh we're hearing that creative is absolutely tony khan's prerogative right now so basically now everything has to pass through him like in most other companies you know they said that uh it changed a lot since when it began we're in the beginning uh they all had creative responsibility. Omega had input, Rhodes had input, the Bucks, everybody part of the elite had input. But we're hearing that it's a hundred percent Tony Khan show now. And that 
creative was completely taken away from the executive vice presidents. So it's him doing it. And I, I don't, it hasn't sucked. No. They still, they still pitch ideas to him. But now it's more the final decision is his call. So George says the wrestlers pitching, then Tony booking. So basically he's slowly turning into Vince. Yup, done. That's literally what I, I, I imagine that's literally what every WWE person said in the fucking comments. Which <laughs> was just another right. excuse to go up. You see, you see, he's Vince. It's like, I, that's one thing. Like I criticize well, I mean, them. I, I, listen to his guy, so. I criticize them objectively, but it's some, sometimes you guys sound like you're just waiting. I'm like, ah, look, he's like Vince. He's like Vince. Like Vince is done. done. It goes right back to the Balor <laughs> rope compared to AEW exposure thing. Some people are just picking shit just to pick it. Like, that's it. He's Vince now. I'm the done. The of logic company. and intelligence. Just, oh, they're doing it. Look at it. No. It's only a matter of time until he starts releasing people. Tony Khan's going to have the, the run as the owner of the company that that guy on NXT had, like as the rookie, where he's going to have the contract. Now I really got to watch my back. But I've been here a while now, so I had yeah. to get tricked in order to become my partner. <laughs> and we ain't taking this shit no more. Time to kick people's ass. Head into the Hall of Fame. <laughs> like, we're going to have Tony Khan. He's going to fucking... <laughs> We bowdy bowdy and rowdy rowdy for the Hall of Fame. (laughs) Like, that's what they expect. Like, Tony Khan is going to, I mean, either way, I'll put it this way. The AEW that we heard about back when everybody was all happy and doing whatever the fuck they wanted seemed crazy to me. Like, there were still things I liked because I liked the wrestlers in there. Like, I liked the Bucks and Omega and Hangman. Everybody was watching them since Ring of Honor. Sure. But then it had this element of crazy. I can't I can't deny it. As a company that I like, it was weird. It was like every now and then you'd be watching an episode of Neon Genesis Evangelion and then like halfway through it would be like fully coolie for five minutes. And then it would just <laughs> and then it would just end on Evangelion notes. And you'd be like, What? Like that was really cool. Like that was dramatic and See, shit. I was <laughs> And the reason I use that as the example, because I know most people would say, oh, you know, what the fuck? No, Neon Genesis Evangelion for anime fans out there and Fooly Cooly were made by the same fucking studio. Literally. They're like day and night. But it was both the same vision when you look at it. Think about how dark that is. For anybody who knows how dark Evangelion gets, can you believe that they did Fooly Cooly? What the hell? Maybe it's like that's their way of refreshing. That was their palate cleanse. Right? They were like, we got to go crazy. We're going to have a ball now. We're going to have a ball now. It's going to be fun. Japanese Animaniacs all the way. Because <laughs> it was nuts. That's the point, though. But at least they knew to have Evangelion and then Fooly Cooly. Imagine if halfway through you and episode Evangelion, Fooly Cooly stuff started happening. You'd be like, "Wow, I knew this was crazy," but like, congratulations, congratulations! And then you'd have people telling you that you just don't get it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> what? So yeah, there was a point where AEW it felt that way, where it was like, "This is really good," but there's this crazy shit that happens in the middle, and then like. Later on, like, it'll just get back to normal again. And ever since, part of it was CM Punk and Brian Danielson. I'm not going to lie and act like then Adam Cole. I mean, I'm losing track. There's so many people all the time. But definitely right around that time, which is when we're hearing Tony sort of shift to things, like, right around then, it became a normal wrestling show. Like, yeah, crazy stuff still happens, but it's not completely ungrounded. Like, there was a point there where there was stuff. We had our fun. Now let's get back to business. There were a few theses going around that maybe what happened was it got too much to the point where people were doing what you would do in any place. Like, if you've ever had, like, a job in, like, a mom-pa place or, like, a local place as opposed to, like, a GameStop or, like, a Toys R Us or something, 
if it's cool enough, you might have a friend or a brother. You'd be like, yo, let me see if I could get you a job here. And then that friend might have someone who says, let me see if I could get you a job here. And eventually there, there's, there's more people than jobs. There was a theory going around that maybe what happened was you did wind up having people who you wanted, like Sammy Guevara, but then you have a Sammy Guevara that has his best friend Fuego de Sol that wants a job. For every Sammy Guevara, there's like three or four Fuego de Sols, right? And there came a point, no disrespect to anybody, where I'd watch certain episodes of Dynamite and be like, wow, the beginning was really good, that tag match was really good, but then they had like 45 minutes of Fuego de Sol matches. Not specifically Fuego, but people where it's like, how with this roster... Did this happen? Then it'll be like, well, they're building talent for the future and stuff. No, no, no. Jungle Boy's building talent for the for the future. Orange Cassidy, Darby Allen, that's not even talent for the future. That's guaranteed talent for the future. Those guys are gonna be successful. They're gonna be like legends in this company. Like they're already amazing. But there were people out there where it was like, why is why is that? And then of course all the AEW bias fans are trying to defend it, but I guarantee you, if we did a social test, which we probably can't do now since I'm giving it away, where we gave everybody like a custom WWE 2K18 or something, and we added all of the downloaded wrestlers so they can make this, nobody's roster is going to come out with those guys. Nobody's going to have Lee Johnson. No disrespect to Lee Johnson. But there's no way if they only give you 50 slots like the old game used to do, you're going to have Lee Johnson in one of your slots. There's no way. I don't believe you. You're a liar and fuck off if you tell me as someone who played those games and filled all 50 slots every year until they got bad, there's just not room for a Lee Johnson. There would just not be room for a Nick Comoroto. You know what I mean? And it's like, so my point is not that these aren't good wrestlers and, and good talent to invest in, but on Dynamite, when you would have the talent, you could pick for your 50 guys and you'd see that happen. And it would be like four or five, sometimes six of them. And then they'd stable up and have a stable warfare. And then it'd be like an eight man tag team with them. Above and You're like, What? And it was less noticeable then. And I think one of the reasons why they don't dare do that shit now on top of Tony taking over creative is because now with this roster, you look batshit crazy. It would be they literally have like the infinity gauntlet level of a roster. It would be like if Thanos finally got the infinity gauntlet and he went Baskin Robbins. And you were like, what? (laughs) He could control. He could have had. There were so many Baskin Robbins. That's what it would look like now if they did that again, if they had fucking, because they're, now the roster's not just you could have had, you know, the Bucks or Kenny Omega. You have CM Punk. You have Adam Cole. You know what I mean? Like, am, am I making sense with that? Like, like now, unfortunately, and I was worried about this, the guys who were like, on a, like level, like let's say the top of the food chain is like tier level one like now the tier one dropped down to two and the two dropped down to three and the three dropped down to four because a lot of big guys are on tier one now you know what i mean so therefore by default even without cons booking i don't think that you would have as much time to see like a sunny kiss wrestle that's why he made dark motivation or whatever that shit is um and the other dark they got two darks for them which was all I was asking. I was like, until they're ready, just you got two darks. They could be the uh, what is it called? That that thing, the networking champions, the network demographic. No, champions. we don't talk about that bullshit. <laughs> we have real champions, just for real people here. What is the new? You guys got to watch the first hour of this. I implore you, if you didn't listen to the first hour, we even talked about it. We talked about impact, George. You missed it. The first that, hour, the, had, whatever the kids that thing is. First hour was one of our gonna, finest hours. <laughs> that, oh yeah, that thing that they're going to decide their first champion for at their at their WrestleMania that nobody knew was like, happening for until fucking two weeks. And it's like, oh boy. 
One last thing before we go, I guess, into the, uh, well, not really, I'm not going to lie to you, but Ethan Page tweeted out just to show you've seen a before and after of his physique. Oh, yeah, he's in uh, great shape now. I've seen him before. I just didn't notice. I feel bad that I didn't notice that before, right? Look at that. You know, I, I guess maybe it's like, for me, there was a period of time where I just didn't see him anymore. I didn't notice it. But yeah, the dude is in incredible shape. He looks doughy in the left. Like He looks jacked in the fucking right. Crazy, right? Yeah, ain't good for him. Sometimes I forget I was such a, sh- a chubby piece of shit emoji. I just wish that's really how it read out to Like, anybody talk about how good he is, George? Just Jesus Christ, talk about the shape the man's in. Damn, you must really yeah, like Ethan was, Page. <laughs> if, he was, was if he was still teaming with Josh Alexander and Impact, he'd be fantastic. Oh, come on. What's the, what, why the animosity towards Impact? You know what it is? It's just, uh, certain stuff they do, like championships that can only be destroyed, can only be defended on Twitch. Like, like why? why you, you do that. They put bulls. They 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 put a bull in the cane. Like I'll never forgive him for that. No, no one's gonna be MJF. Definitely not after all. Right. Not after what? recently. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's dangerous. You know how hard you have to be going to try to be MJF. Like, that's dangerous ground to be treading if you wind up an MJF. The world is not ready for that kind of heat. They told him as long as you don't get stabbed. But then again, nobody likes to come from behind their keyboards nowadays. So yeah, he ain't got to worry. Yeah, don't get stabbed like the guy from Cheaters. Remember that. Yo, why was I watching that the other day? That surprised me. I was like, oh, shit. It's so like, oh, damn, he got stabbed. It's, it's so brilliant. Nobody ever thought of doing it before. <laughs> this isn't your wife. What are you doing here? Yeah. I'll get my blood. But this ain't my wife, but this is your blood, Joey. Like, what? <laughs> I was like shocked and shit. Like, oh. He got stabbed and thrown over the side of the boat. And the worst part about this, you don't even realize he got stabbed until he came out of the water. It's like, oh. <laughs> that's, hey, the bye, you, that's the way you kill somebody in the movie. Right. Stab and throw them over the boat so fast they only know they got stabbed at first. Like, just drowning and bleeding, bleeding and drowning. Like, you leave on the one episode that I talk about how, how much more credible impact has been lately just because you missed the part where I put over impact. That's on you, man. Be all right. <laughs> like my whole beginning. Be was, right. Yeah. So anyway. Uh, you never gonna be that credible again. Ah. So uh Brody Lee, apparently I didn't even know that they did this. This past Tuesday they did a Brody Lee uh documentary. I'd and heard that this was um something they were gonna do maybe that's Sunday. This was in Rochester. WrestleVision produced it. It's a three hour long documentary about his life. They're gonna. Have, they had a feature premiere of it on Tuesday, September twenty eighth, uh, in his home city. Um, the tickets were ten dollars. We're screening at Movie Ten, and yeah, I guess this is a trailer. Or let me see what this is. So yeah, he was Huber Boy too. We we all like had no idea what we're doing. To go over there to playground match? What the hell are you talking about? Yeah, he was just a goofy dude then, and <laughs> get away from me! Get away from me! Everything that Brody did, he did it for the fun of it, to have fun. Now you can see Brody Lee rolling through trying to mimic. You know, I'm not Italian, but let me tell you something. I've called over a thousand matches. I've seen a lot of independent wrestling, and I, I can differentiate between, and I'll tell you right now, he had something. The right stuff. 
You know, look at some of the stuff he's doing. I mean, he's doing stuff that luchas are doing. I remember to this day just being blown away. Still wrapping his head around who Big Rig Brody Lee was going to be. He's ready to go. He's ready to light the fuse and take off. All day, Pier 6. All day! On for a long time. Sooner or later, gotta cut you down. Sooner or later. Ah, he's gonna break us down like oh, oh, that! He's gonna snap the sex, Scotty! I've been through some stuff, and it was one of the most terrible days of my life. Is we didn't get a chance to say goodbye. But sooner or later, gotta cut you down. Sooner or later, gotta cut you down. Go tell that long tongue liar. Wow. Go tell that man. Three hours of footage, huh? Tell the rabble oh, of the gang. Brody had a hell of a run. Tell them God's going to cut them down. Run on for a long time. All right, well. That was a guy who was beloved by many, huh? Oh, God, I miss Brody. Yeah. It's really cool that he was able to touch that many people. Well, right. Something else. And this is a, uh, so yeah, this comes at a really good time because going into this AEW Dynamite. Um, this was a very special one. Mm-hmm, this is Dynamite 104. We're getting there, though. We're still not quite there. I know everybody's pushing a pedal here. Prior to this, going back into the match from last week, Brian Danielson had a post interview in regards to what comes after Kenny Omega that I wanted to check out here. And ladies and gentlemen, what a night, what a scene. It's history in the making. What a dream match. These guys can hear it as well as we can. The fans are on their feet. They're loving this. My God, what anticipation. New York is AEW country. You can hear it. The determination in the eyes of Brian Danielson tells a rich and powerful story. Brian Danielson, your first match in nearly five months. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you're feeling coming out of that. God damn, I feel alive. You know, it's it's hard, right? You go out there. I wanted to come in and face the best guy here. I didn't I didn't want to just come in and start slow. I wanted to come in hot. I felt like I did that. Wish I would have won. But um, even when you don't win, God, what a great thing professional wrestling is. It's magic, you know? Right when my music hit, I wasn't even out there, and it felt like magic. I'm so grateful for the experiences I've had in wrestling. But that was pretty much unlike anything I've ever done. Just incredible. It's hard to say it's the hardest match I've ever had because there was so much joy even in the pain. The American Dragon, Brian Danielson, trying to fight through the pain. I've missed this. I've missed going out there and giving everything I have. I've been away from wrestling since April, but I've been away from like full bore, giving every single thing that I've got. I've been away from that for a long time, and it felt good to get it all out. Where do we go from here in the Brian Danielson, Kenny Omega saga? Well, I guess now, you know, I was asking him, I said, hey, let's do one more. And he said he didn't want another one. And I get it, you know. Uh, not everybody loves the brutality the way that I do. But 
I get how AEW works. There's a ranking system, and there's a ton of guys here that I'd love to kick their heads in. I'm going to go through all of them, and no matter how many guys it takes, my next goal is to go for that AEW championship. Isn't it great to hear people loving to do this shit again? Yeah, it is very exciting. Because all I'm saying, second guy in a row to say, I've been away from wrestling for a long time. Yeah, well, it's a miracle that the Forbidden Door has given us so much. Oh, yeah. You know? All right, well, let's get into this AEW. Yeah, it does. It is the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, Let's get these weeklies up. Give me a minute here, guys. Sorry about that. All right, so we start off with a singles match. Adam Cole versus Jungle Boy. The finish is uh, a distracted ref, a back dick kick, and the last shot. Told that boy dick kick city. Yeah. Uh, Jungle Boy, good hurricane run off of the top rope. You guys have seen him do that before. I like that nice Panama Sunrise sequence with the super, super kick false finish. And any sane company that would have been the finish, they basically got super kicked walking right into it. Uh, afterwards, the elite show up. It's kind of funny because uh, CM Punk and Tony are shitting on the elite's music, saying how oh, there's some champs here, but then, uh, um, but there's some goofs as well. And then Tony says, "Well, there's more goofs than champs." <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, and then Kenny does a promo where he basically boasts about how great the match is and how Brian Danielson couldn't get the job done. And uh, Brian Danielson comes out. And he basically calls him Kenny No Balls Omega in response to the fact that he doesn't want to give a rematch. And then I hate to say it, but what's becoming AEW's version of the 24-7 crew comes to support Danielson. Because you got, uh, you remember what this group of guys was? The little babyface table that they put out there? Besides Christian, who else was there? Was there was Jungle Boy? Who else? Was Jungle Boy even out there? Yeah, Jungle Boy was there. Yeah, well, those guys that did the running uh, came to basically help Danielson. I don't mean to call him the freaking 24-7 squad, but then. Anyway, Penta had one of my favorite moments of the entire <laughs> show. Let me bring this up properly. We got to do this justice. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm not going to say shit. I'm not going to say shit. So this was how he dealt with an interview. Who's the guy that's with Andrade again? You know, I keep forgetting that fucking guy's name. Look at how Penta handles him. This was great. To take this titles. Do you know what? Anywhere. Anytime. ¿Y sabes por qué? Porque tenemos cero. All right, guys, on that note, let's go back to the ring. I love when he does that. I haven't seen him do it in so long. <laughs> Yo, he pushed him off the shot. He gave he that man a him. zero fear pie face. He pushed him off the screen. <laughs> he fucking he he showtime at the Apollo him in reverse. Oh man, too good. Uh tag team match. Dante Martin and Matt Seidel against the Nightmare Families, Cody Rhodes and Drum roll, Lee Johnson. Lee Johnson. Being accompanied by Arn Anderson and Brandy Rhodes. The finish to Dante, this is... as usual, doing Dante shit. Yeah, the finish to this is Lee Johnson with the Ushikiroshi. Essentially a shoulder breaker. Uh, and then uh, 
You know what, Dante? Let's talk about Dante now that you brought him up. Doing uh, I was about to say we can't not talk about that kid because Jesus Christ. Yeah, he he nearly died. He nearly killed himself. Let's see Dante and why Dante needs to be more damn careful. Which he he usually is. I don't know what happened with this. Two men had an incredible match on AEW Dark. So Dante. They know each other very well, too. The young, great cornerstones here in AEW. The first part's cool. Both these young men defy gravity. He looks all right there. Dante Martin, one of the premier high flyers in the entire business. What is he, 20 years old or something? Backflip there is good. Dante just, just turned 20 years. Here's where everything goes wrong for Dante. See that? That ain't how you want to flip. You could literally make yourself a quadriplegic with shit like that. That's why you got to be careful. Look at how he lands. Look how he plants his head. See that? You don't want to rely too much on head with that one. I got black hats that are 20. He got back up because he thought he was dead. Got up quick like not dead. Like Brock Lesnar. <laughs> he said to make sure everybody knew. Not dead. I'm good. I'm good. You know, still alive. Still alive. You know what fucks me up about that spot scene now, though? What's that? I just recently watched the latest uh, Dark Side of the Ring, which is FMW. They show the spot that paralyzed Hayabusa. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah, that... <laughs> yeah, there's problems. You got to be careful about the kind of stuff that'll that'll take you out like that, you know? He gets hit with a, with a vertebraker by Cody, and, and the vertebraker is safer than his own backflip on himself. <laughs> right. Cody at least lets them slide off the back. I know people were giving Cody heat for uh Cody got that Cody got the PG vertebraker. Cody people were giving Cody heat for hitting a vertebraker when uh when freaking homicides around. Right. But, uh, Homicide ain't nothing safe by his shit. Yeah, you better exactly. hope you drink his you better hope you drank your milk when he fucking said you work. Mm-hmm. And uh it's funny because like last week I didn't even fully talk about Cody's tattoo. Anyone who was here last week, I listed all the things that Cody's changed and all the different reasons why he gets heat. And uh, I, I completely didn't even need to mention that there's an American flag tattoo to his neck as another change that he made. And I lo- and what do we do? Like 30 minutes of me complaining about things that Cody's done that made yeah, people boo him? Yeah. And, I, and I completely didn't even bring up a tattoo that's on his neck. You know, all the other shit. Like the changing. Uh, and again, not me complaining, just analyzing why the fans turned on him. I know a lot of people have theorized, and I said it too, having Brandy there, who imposes, doesn't really bring anything to the table but herself. Turns out there was a reason why uh, there was a creative ceiling for her in WWE, unfortunately. She's not talented, man. I hate to say it, but like she wasn't good at the stuff she was doing. This might be sure she's good at, but not the on television stuff. And unfortunately, that she, he, he's getting residual heat from her. I kind of somewhat have to look at that and consider that analysis you know yeah but uh yeah booker t talked about uh cody rhodes and uh the whole boo situation the other thing is this the other thing is this cody rhodes malachi black cody rhodes comes out there and gets booed out of the building i saw that york city i saw that um not probably the reaction he was expecting he even had to look at the crowd for a moment and acknowledge it because it was so prevalent Throughout their match, the boos. I mean, the, the the roof jumped off the place when Malachi got his victory. What do you think of that for Cody Rhodes? Because he's been taking a lot of time to go out and pursue other things in Hollywood and his go big show on TNT or TBS, one of the two. What do you think of that? You know, um, I can tell you this. I can tell you this. I don't. I, I'm not sure exactly what the reaction meant or anything like that. 
Um, but I do know this in this business, you got, um, good heat, you got bad heat and you got go away heat. Expert heat. Okay. And I don't know which one was that, you know, I don't know, um, if the fans, I don't, I don't know if Cody Rose has did anything on television to become a heel. Mm-hmm. Um, I know everything Cody's been doing on television uh, as far as AEW has been pretty, um, liking towards what the fans will want. I think I could be wrong. I haven't been watching every show or anything like that, but to get that kind of um, reaction there again, it could be the best reaction in the world. If um, he's going to be that heel that people are going to love to hate. Um, I don't there again. I don't know. I don't know if that that's what it was. I don't know if it was a go away. heat like, man, you know, now you Hollywood and you know, you're like the pot calling the kettle black. One of those type of deals. Right. Um, I don't know. Um, we'll see in the end um, as far as how this thing play out. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see, Booker T. But um, I think that if he continues to get these reactions, it'd be best for AEW not to ignore it, to lean into it. Yes, exactly. And, exactly. and, they've, and, and they've shown in, in, in you know, their short history as a company that – they they'll go with what, the way the wind's blowing if it's beneficial to the television show and the story. So we'll see if they ignore it or they roll with it. Hey, bro, it might be the best thing um, that could happen. You know, sometimes you slip on a banana peel, and it'd be the best banana you ever had in your life. <laughs> I'm serious, man. So uh, you just go with it. Sometimes we'll see how this thing play out. I bet Booker just glad to heat off him now. Yeah, but you know he's right. Cody's resisting this heel turn, unfortunately. He yeah. came off like a heel with his patriotic shit. Yeah, might as well roll it. Mm-hmm. I mean, Definitely. a prime example of uh, what the guy was saying when he was talking about AW sometimes going with what the fans um want to do. Remember uh, Brandy's old faction, Nightmare Collective? Fans didn't like it. They just killed it. No yeah, well, prime I mean, reason, just gone. Well, I mean, it was a disaster. Yeah. But see, they didn't do what WWE does, was like they did with fucking retribution and just keep them around. They was just like, oh, you don't like it? All right, cool, kill it. All right, well, let's they talk a little. They need to do just roll with it. Let's talk a little Arn Anderson. Because <laughs> I want you to talk about Arn. After Lee Johnson goes over, <laughs> Arn gives an old school promo, my friends. Why don't we get him out here right now? Why doesn't Malachi Black come out here right now? Put Arn's face. Cody, stop talking. Stop talking. July the 7th, Malachi Black came into our life. He has systematically destroyed every one of us. He used me to get to you, but it's your fight. The first time he totally destroyed you, you start taking your boot off. What's that all about? We didn't talk about that. You come back for number two. I got this. You finally get him hurt. What do you do? You roll out of the ring to see about me. To hell with me. It doesn't matter. It's not about me. You should have finished that fight. Here's some differences, though, Cody, that's going to prevent you from going one inch any further. Malachi Black is an assassin. He's a predator. He will do anything in the world to win a match. Listen to this guy. This is the guy who used to give Ric Flair advice. That's Lee. That's Brock. And just the fact is, I would step in and take the fight, but I'm just too damn old. 
There's two big differences between you and I, Cody. You pull up to a red light, a man jerks your door open, says, out of the car, I'm taking your car. You say, okay, take it. Just don't hurt me. You know what I do? I pull out the Glock, put it on his forehead, and spill his brains all over the concrete. I'm Anderson, and all that that implies, and I'll be damned if I'm going to coach a loser. Come on with me, Lee. At least you listen to me. Wow. Wow. Hi, drama here, fellas. Damn, it's like an anti- Orton, like an Orton goes on whipping Legends ass, all the Legends shit all over Cody. It's like, yo, get your shit together. The Glock, man. He pulls out a Glock. <laughs> that was the best line ever. That motherfucker said, I pulled out my Glock. Pull- <laughs> that is, uh... like, because, because, like, when they see somebody Arn, Arn's age, instinctively, I'm like, I pull out my pistol. I pull out my winter. That motherfucker said, I will pull out my Glock. See, if I was feuding with Cody, if Cody didn't keep me hesitant, Arn definitely would. It's like, oh, this guy. I'm scared his ass. Fucking. Yeah, I'm going to be more careful about him. He, he 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 might have one ass whooping left in him he's unaware of. You know, people like Arn and Tully will put you down for good. This is a battlefield. It's a battlefield for them. You know? <laughs> We're going to war, Cody. We're going to war. Yeah, he's ready for it, right? He's going to show up in, like, fatigues and shit. I ain't ready to do this shit. Gonna have that marching music going. Oh, boy. So this Arn Anderson shit has I gotten capitalized like on. Yeah, it is really, it's running wild, brother. Oh, Where do I even be? Good old Glock Anderson. All right, so he capitalized on this. Good marketing, Arn. Good marketing. So first he tweeted this out. Let's take you through the entire journey. You see that? That is the new Soprano-inspired shirt. And he tweeted it out with the that tweet. awesome. Let him know you never played a victim. Get yours today at boxofgimmicks.com. And it literally has Arn. And it does it the way the Sopranos. Like the R is the gun. Anybody who ever seen the Sopranos logo? That is so gleefully dark, right? Like, I'm just looking at this in awe that this has come to this. That is awesome. And here is the link for anyone who wants their own Arn Anderson Glock shirt in 2021. You know, uh, just to test the validity of it, I took the liberty of going to this website to see how this Arn shirt is being sold and how it plays out, which we'll share that with you too. Why not, right? Let's look at the Arn situation. Now look at that. You can get it in a variety of colors. It's $22.95 at boxofgimmicks.com. Doesn't say anything about being fire or bulletproof. <laughs> I was just checking to make sure. Bring this so up. I'm so so I know y'all get out there going crazy and shit. I love how the first line of this is this is our best seller for a reason. And then it goes on after a period, by the way, not a comma. This is our bestseller for a reason, period. Associating in the English language that the next sentence is not really connected with the first. Relaxed, tailored, and ultra comfortable. You'll love the way you look in this durable, reliable classic. 100% pre-shrunk cotton. Heather gray color is 90% cotton, 10% polyester. Light, 
Heather Gray is 98% cotton, 2%. You don't give a fuck about that, right? Anybody listening to the show give a fuck about the polyester to cotton ratio of these? Imported, <laughs> processed, and printed in the USA. America. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> so, that is capitalism at its best, my friend. Support your Arn Glock philosophies. Now, if you listen, clear, listen closely, you can hear all the SJWs getting ready to talk about you're promoting gun violence. Shut your fucking face. I'm promoting t-shirt. I'm, pr- I'm promoting right. shirts Sales, and shoes. You know, Bully Ray and Dave LaGreca on Busted Open Radio had this to say, which I'll link you guys to the source. Arn Anderson to me, Bully, like without a doubt, when you talk about Arn Anderson, and this is a guy who's on TV. This is a guy who's in the Hall of Fame still might be one of the most underrated pro wrestlers of all time. And I'm not just talking about what he could do in the ring, but what he can do on the microphone. I mean, here's a guy who was with the four ho- four horsemen and with maybe one of the greatest talkers of all time, the nature boy, Ric Flair and Arn Anderson held his end of the bargain on the microphone. One hell of a promo from Arn Anderson bully last night on dynamite conviction. Arn believes everything he is saying. Thus, you will believe everything that Arn is saying. And that's it. That's what it's supposed to sound like. That's what pent up frustration and anger sounds like. That's what a man speaking from the heart off of the top of his head sounds like. Arn Anderson's pro wrestling promo last night wasn't a promo. And that's what it should all sound like moving forward in this business. It should be very, very real. The way Arn spoke to Cody, you had no choice but to be emotionally invested in every last word he said. And the way he just referred to the kid as just as Lee, you know, he didn't use his full name. You know, it was just, you know, ask Lee, ask Brock, talk, talking to Cody like you would be talking to them in the dressing room and then say, at least the kid listens to me. Very, very good stuff. Yeah, I got to agree. Spot. I don't and uh, yeah, you are emotionally invested in that. Whether the emotion that you're conveying is fear or concern is irrelevant. It's an emotion, right? If you went, oh no, that's an emotion. If you went, oh shit, that's an emotion. And I guarantee you did one of the two. <laughs> and it's like he said best. Arn believed what he was feeling in that moment. So therefore, you will. I'm sure there was that third emotion for those people in the deep south that just immediately the moment he started saying that we're just agreeing. They were like, that's right, Cody. <laughs> you got to go ahead and shoot him. See, Arn's right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's the stand-up comedian in me or what, but when you said there was emotion they were feeling the deep, deep south, my first thought was I heard the banjo riff. Wait a minute. Rick's never been further south than North Carolina. Maybe he thinks that's just an emotion down here. Shock the system. <laughs> oh, boy. So that, that was like, we had a whole thing for Arn. That's when you know that you're watching the right company. Right. When Who would have thought that we'd be here talking about Arn Anderson's promo and, and, and his t-shirt, t-shirt in 2021? This is, this is good life right here. <laughs> You know what I mean? That's what victory tastes like. And enjoyed it the whole time. Yeah, you know? And yeah, it was pretty real. Whereas, whereas when we get the bill, I can't get out of there fast enough. 
Oh man, I forgot we even have to do. We were to skip them. Yeah. I tried to make this a shorter show. It doesn't work. There's just some. There's just more wrestling. The shorter the show, the longer the wrestling. That's how it sort of feels. Anyway, they have a six-man tag team match: Anthony Green, Bear Country, Bear, which is Bear. Fuck them. There's the Bear guys versus Darby <laughs> Allen, Eddie Kingston, and John Moxley. <laughs> <laughs> That was not intended to be funny at all. I just, I just hate, I just hate it. You know, I'm not gonna act like I like oh, it. You know? I was oh like, I gotta God. Say, bear this and bear that, and one of, one of the names of Bear would rather be the stable's name was but Bear. You know what the bad part about it is, at least with Bear Country, it's just okay, Bear Country. They're trying to be like, but you remember this wrestler from 1980? Watch his tits. CM, <laughs> CM Punk on commentary asked, "Is their name Bear County or Bear Country?" <laughs> <laughs> See, Punk didn't try to put it over. Punk had genuine questions. I'm just scared. You know, it's funny. I don't really voice my concerns on here too often, but I'm just scared that there's going to be another bear. You know, look the way the Godwins or the Dudleys. Oh, like just have another one. Like, oh, look, there's another one. Could be Sion bear. bear because then it'll just get redundant. You know what I mean? Because we'll be on here like Bear Bronson and Bear and and what was the other one? No, Bear Boulder and Bear Bronson, and then it'll be Bear Builder and Bear Barry and Bear Billy. You know what I mean? Like, I just hope we're not gonna go in that direction with this shit. It's bad enough that we got Bear because technically it could. You know what I mean? Like the the pieces are already set. They're called Bear Country. They're not a country yet. We just got Bear Boulder and Bear Bronson. How, how soon before we have a Bear Barry? Bear Derek. And then Crazy. they take and then they take it one step further. <laughs> and then you get some big gay guy off the Indies. They call him the Bear. Yeah, and then we'll add Arn Anderson to it. We'll add we'll add Arn Anderson to it and we'll make the t shirt say the right to arm bears. Oh no. Stop. <laughs> you you said <laughs> Oh my god! Oh no! No! Stop it, Brain! Stop right, it! You did right. it! You, you called him Smokey the Bear. You added the perfect person. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't think of a better person than what you added there. <laughs> the gay guy you know, off the, the internet. That that, no, I wanted. Because then when you add Arn, we can make them have the right to arm bears. Get it? <laughs> Instead of the right to bear arms, Arn will give them the right to arm bears. And it has like a double meaning because they're all bears, but then they got the gay guy off the internet that's heavy set. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, you know <laughs> what I mean? And when I say big, you got to understand people. I'm talking about like Ralphie May big. We got the right to arm bears with Arn Anderson standing in the and forefront. We got the right to have, arm the bear. Then they could have like moves like the bear minimum, bear it all. Oh my God, bear necessities. Ooh, yeah, like we know. could just take that shit to the next Extra level. Last you know? one. Mm-hmm. And then when you have the when you then you have the homosexual guy in the ring with the uh, that's big, that everybody be chanting bear, 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 bear. And he's doing the biggie. But it'll be it'll be it'll be, bear, it'll be like bear. appropriate because he's bear. He's in bear country and he's a bear. I love it. See, now I want it. <laughs> is the internet ready? Like, is is it is it like cancel culture bait, though? Like, is it too much? I don't think it, so, it, right? It, you know, if it's too it, much, they can eat a dick and die. Like, no. They will let us have this, right? It's not like we're being derogatory toward anyone. You know, would the homosexual guy oh, be over because he'd be a bear? Bear. Bear. 
bear, part of the he, bears. He would be the Spike Dudley of that group. He'd be the most over one. Like, and Arn Anderson would give him the right to arm bears. Mean it has a double meaning because he's the gun guy of the group of bears. Oh, God. this is like fucking golden. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Tony, if you listen out there, all right. I was me. worried at first. Now I'm wanting it. Bear Boulder, Bear Bronson, Bear Barry, Bear Biff. <laughs> and last but not least, the bear. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god see the problem with that is though is I feel so bad for poor Justin Roberts who had to announce them without corpse how come Anthony Green's there with the bear guys in this? they should have called him something else see right here was a missed up he's in the six man <sighs> and he's just Anthony Green and the bears so maybe like a fucking he has the group. development one of the bears and it's like a song group he, or something like a, like a freaking he, R&B he, group yeah he has like a bear initiation and now Anthony Green and the bears there you go you made it work against darby allen eddie kingston and john moxley with sting i'm so mad how all of that was just jokes about the <laughs> just about the bear guys <laughs> see that's the second time it's happened in two matches in a row just about the <sighs> bear guys see you could give guys that are random interesting gimmicks but there's one of those AEW things where they were like oh you know what we got we got eddie kingston we got john moxley we got sting we got darby allen what can we put them up against the bears <laughs> you know like what all right fair enough you got to have a rite of passage at some point you know like if you're always on dark then you'll never be in the light literally yeah you know, i just kind but, of one of the things i like is like every now and then whether it's sending some of the guys from dark up to dynamite or sending some dynamite guys down to dark they give some of the lesser guys or like the newer guys a taste of the big leagues mm-hmm. like this is what you're shooting for which is a good way to do it yeah exactly so, uh, again, not going, not doing any move for moves unless it's a pay-per-view. Otherwise, all these shows are going to be like six freaking hours with all the wrestling. Um, Mox gets busted open. I think it was by an elbow from a bear. <laughs> I don't know which bear. Isn't, isn't that an interesting phrase to hear? Mox got busted open by a bear. Yeah, you know. Like, let me see if I can find it. It's around here somewhere. I dare say it's over. Is this already past it? Oh, yeah, this is past it already because he's already going over. It's about a minute before this, I want to say. The guy back elbows him, I guess, and he busts him open. Splash. Mm-hmm. Bronson up on the shoulders and Kingston. Oh, drop kick uh, to the low knee. drop kick. Destroy the uh, vertical base there. That was smart by Kingston. Kingston attempted that hurricane, that spinning back fist. And he's so street smart. Look at that. He suplexed that bear almost died. Nice oh. German release suplex on yeah. a big man. Now, can he? So right here. I think he back elbows Mox and he busts him open. Can't, oh, what's this? this? If we could slow it down to get the. Can Moxley get Boulder up? Oh, this is going to be something. Here we go. Right there. So he caught him bad there. You know, like he legit knocked him. And I was wondering, like, I didn't see it. It was so fast. And later on, I saw Mox his face looked weird and he was bleeding i was like what the fuck happened <laughs> you know like i was just a little yeah. bit thrown off by it but that was that was the problem there like, look at that he looks rocked man you got to be careful that's another problem just like with just like with hobbs and punk these green guys that was the boulder bear at least we know which bear it was what's darby doing Darby with the coffin. Thank God they're big enough to catch. Super kick gets whiffed. I guess thankfully since his jaws already rocked, completely whiffed super kick. They still sell it anyway. You know, good on Mox because it wasn't bad enough, but clearly whiffed. Because I had to check to make sure that's not what busted him open. That cross body no sells. 
Yeah. Oh, look on but look at his face, face see? Like you can see man. on the side that he's bleeding out of his cheek and shit. I was just like, Jesus, man. Be fucking maybe careful. maybe the violent crowd! The well, cover! I dare say it's over. And you see after he's favoring his Anthony face. Green's a little bit out of place. He's trying to figure out the hell happened here. All right. I think I'd be a little bit more careful. But sometimes I almost wonder if it's a little tricky. See, look at his face there. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he's busted open pretty damn badly. Like, be a little bit more careful with your with your bear rookies. You know? Like, shit. I'm on here every day counting out a veteran that got hurt in some weird thing. And it always is. I'm just saying, it's always a rookie. You know, it's always a rookie. And these aren't like just minor fucking injuries. That's a pretty bad one. You know, the one on Punk last week with Hobbs, that was rough too. You know? Okay. Listen to this. Looks like Moxley's going to need some stitches. <laughs> That's nothing new. Yeah, yeah, it happens. Yeah, you work through it, right? That's why I showed up today, to get my stitches taken out. I mean, like, that's just a bad look. <laughs> like, jeez, man. Like, stitches? Really? Because you have to fight Bear? Not even a pay-per-view? No disrespect to Bear, but if you're a guy that's, that's as high-paid as Punk, you probably don't want to be getting stitches on Dynamite against Bear, you know? And it's like, Mox is at that tier, you know? So it's like, it happened to Hobbs, it happened to Mox. These are top guys getting fucked up. Anyway... Moving along in our story here, you had a 16-man tag team match, Orange Cassidy and the Dark Order. Why has he been hanging out with the Dark Order more often? Because everybody hangs out with them guys. Yeah, Alan Angel, in case, in case they're not big enough, right? For anyone who doesn't know what the Dark Order is talking about, Alan Angels, Alex Reynolds, Cole Cabana, Evil Uno, John Silver, Stu Grayson, and 10 against the Hardy family office in case they haven't gotten big enough. Angelico, Isaiah Cassidy, Jack Evans, Jorah Joel, I don't even know who that is or when he joined, Mark Quinn, Matt Hardy, The Blade, and The Butcher. Which one's Jorah Joel again? I barely remember a Jorah Joel. They just slipped people in there? I haven't seen him. I, I feel like I'd heard that name before. But this was actually a really special match because since it was in Rochester, it was Brody's hometown, which for all those who remember, before the pandemic hit, that's where Brody was originally supposed to debut. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So yeah, this whole sto- this whole show was somewhat of like a not to the scale of the original one, but kind of like a Brody Lee memorial show. Yeah, exactly. So uh there's some miscommunications with the Dark Order in the middle of this. Was the whole reason why they gave them miscommunication so that they could have this dramatic event happen? I kind of feel like they were building towards this Rochester show with with uh, which the way they fixed it. I actually kind of like it. it was better than what I thought they were going to do. Yeah, so Evil Uno's about to walk out. Now this is, this is, wait a second. It's negative one. It's Amanda Huber. Oh. He throws the papers at him. Oh, yeah. Amanda Huber is right out in front. <laughs> no, he threw the paper. You got to believe she's saying not tonight, guys. Swallow your pride. Knock it off. Get the ring and get it done for Brody Lee. There they go! Yeah. And that's the pep talk they needed! Get your shiz knit together, boys. Come on. Play for the team yeah, one night. So funny Just one Jay night. And they are taking care of business in the ring. Yeah, they Dark handle Order their business there. Up. You know, they all reunite. They have a big yeah. happy reunion. My original thought was gonna be it was gonna be that's how they're gonna bring Bray in, but I like the fact that it was Brody's widow that was like, yo, get your shit together. 
And yeah, not for nothing, but that guy that I don't know, Jorah Joe, man, he was there to take the job and a half. Now we know why he exists. That he got hit with like this was awful. Look at what they do to this guy, man. Yo, they killed him. Look at the face of Amanda. He was there to die. Jay and Ty Conti alongside negative one and Amanda Huber. George Joel just got a high kick by John Silver. Silver cannonball sent on. Coming around the stump. And look at this freaking club kick. Silver's nuts. The Oklahoma Bar on a payday Saturday night. Silver. John Silver up to the top. George Joel. Spine buster. Oh, yeah. I love the spine on the pine. Orange punch to Matt Hardy. George Joel isolated in the corner. The Gaman Geary, the rolling elbow, the Enzi Geary, the stunner, the German. And now, Uno and Grayson have got George Joel up. Grayson up to the top. Fatality. They lost track of who their own legal man was. That's how much shit happened. Lord have mercy. That's how much shit happened there. Crazy. (laughs) That motherfucker got hit by everybody. Yeah, very cool finish. And they celebrate with negative uh, one is his name again? Yeah, negative one and Amanda Huber, which this is actually the first time we've seen her since um, since, uh, Brody's memorial show. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, looking good. So extra big right. deal as she showed up. Yeah, and absolutely. it was good to see negative one again. Yeah, very cool stuff. I'm glad that they uh they had that whole thing going on. Big celebration. Oh yeah, good stuff. It's, I never thought I'd be this excited to see a small child as I am whenever fucking negative one shows up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did a really good thing. You know, you don't really see. Yeah. I've never seen anything like that in any company before. Yeah. And of course, there's going to be the marks where it's just like, oh, they just trying to profit off his name. Amanda has said before, this is all, first of all, it helps her family. But more importantly, it helps that kid deal with something he should have never had to deal with at such a young age. Mm-hmm. Like he's having the time of his life. But as far as he's concerned, he's getting to see like 15,000 of his friends every time he comes to Dynamite. Exactly. Like, they've, they've talked about they've talked before about the fact that like when it comes to him and Tay Conti and number five, they have a genuine bond. Um, her youngest son, Brody's little, little brother, I think he and like Eddie Kingston's like his best friend. Like he's genuinely bonded with not only the wrestlers but the fans as well, and they're all helping each other get to get through the what was a horrible time when we lost Brody. Yeah, there's definitely a lesson to be learned there. You know. Yeah. Like that's something that uh, I'm surprised that as much shit as WWE steals, they haven't stole anything positive. Of course they didn't, because they don't make as they don't, they don't think they make as much money off of positive shit. Yeah, not unless it's showcased in a different way, in a very nah. formal classroom assembly. See, you know, see, the see, way see, that they see, do they, there. They, they they can't have a Brody Lee award at the Hall of Fame because they already got one for Warrior. Yeah, like everything they do is a little too formal and feels a little too insincere and too corporate. Yeah. This feels genuine. Whereas this was like, let's have fun and show Brody's hometown a good time. Yeah, exactly. Very well played, AEW. You continue to impress me, showing me things I've never seen before. And that says a lot because I always felt like the wrestling fan that has seen it all. And uh, thankfully, another person who I've always thought was awesome, Leo Rush, is all in. Yeah, he is officially signed with AEW. 
Tony K's been hitting me up for weeks saying that he wants me to be all elite. Well, here I am. You know me. The man of the hour, Leo Rush. But you can also call me LBO Leo because I'm a businessman. Now, I know you might be asking, what's an LBO? It's called a leverage buyout. I borrow money against companies that need a little bit of guidance. You see, I'm the captain. I run the ship. I make profits for myself and for the companies, and I use those profits to pay off loans to make sure me and my people are straight. See, that's true success. That's true wealth. And I've got the keys. It just takes a little bit of cycle, rinse, rush, repeat. It works, I promise you, because I've done it. Only if you know what you're doing. LBO Leo. Very cool. Glad Leo Rush is on board. Good to have him around. Mm-hmm. Excellent stuff. Like I said, they're doing, you know, this the show has a structure to it now, you know? It has an exoskeleton. You can sort of see direction and it's looking really good, man. Oh yeah. And they're snagging some good people. But then again, they're showing those good people like, hey, you will actually like to be here. Mm-hmm. We're not just a name, you know? Like yeah. like hey, hey. I hate to make a lot of the marks sad yet again, but WWE just goes, hey, we're WWE. Okay, what else? But we're WWE. What else do you need? Yeah, this. It's like we're AEW, and we do crossover with New Japan, and Impact, and AAA, and ROH. <laughs> you like this? You know some of those friends you never thought you'd wrestle again? You might get to wrestle them here. Another visit from your boy, Dan Lambert. We've got Chris Jericho yeah. and see what's on his mind. Dan Lambert well, in the ring. Well, I will direct you to the big screen, and you will see that Jorge Masvidal's knee is what's on his mind, in his mind, and went through his mind, and he's now at the plastic surgeon's office trying to get it removed. But if you just shut up Savage. for a second and show some respect to your elders for once in your life, you'll actually hear me pay Chris Jericho a compliment, because that man had one of the most successful careers in the history of this business, and his greatest accomplishment, right here in AEW where he took a startup company which was floundering in poor booking decisions and skinny little acrobats. He put it on his shoulders, injected it with rocket fuel, and turned it into the hottest promotion this industry has seen in decades. Savage. But notwithstanding that series of unfortunate... (laughs) Yo, Dan Lambert is a fucking savage. I love it. He's grown on me. At first I was like, what the hell? They knew what they were doing when they brought him in. Yeah, you were right, you were right. Events. This story still has an even happier ending than a millennial's night at home in mom's basement, if you know what I mean. And he did the hand gesture. And judging by the look of the men in this crowd, you know exactly what I mean. Because as fate would have it, Chris then decided to come out and confront the men of the year and American top team. And it was that decision that brought his illustrious career to an end. We bashed his brains into scrambled eggs at Rampage. He will never wrestle again. There will be no more fuzzy records. Fuzzy records. His right now is the same as yours. Zero. We have chopped off the head of the AEW snake, made Tony Khan man's job of selling snake oil a lot more difficult. And best of all, you junior jock riders that still want to come out and see this circus, will never again swing on the balls of Jericho. <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, he's way more unhinged than he was in the impact. That's Holy harsh. shit. 
It was promo night, boy. Everybody's bringing their A game. There's A game for this show. Nothing but the best for you, AEW fans, right? Somebody had somebody, somebody, somebody had money riding on promos tonight. Who got the best one? Let's go. Yeah, right. Somebody was gambling hard for those promos. And Arn Anderson said, "I'm bringing Michael Lock and Dan Lambert, so I'll raise you the balls of Jericho." Mm-hmm. And while we're talking about white hot promos, let's not forget about our buddy. Who else could forget about this guy, MJF boy? Some Holy shit that he fuck. says here. Yo, does he have his own level of heat now? And that pillar's name is Maxwell Jacob Friedman. I bring this all up because without me, quite frankly, this company ain't shit. I am the past, present, and future of AEW. And that is why I deserve to be the AEW World Champion! Pipe down! Burn it in the ring then, dude. Now, Tony Khan, we're real good friends. I love you, buddy. Matter of fact, out of all the cons in professional wrestling, you're easily in my top two. However, however, if you don't start giving me the opportunities I deserve, well, I have other friends from back in the day. Whatever. I have a friend back in the day from my MLW days, and his name is not CM Punk, no, it's Bruce Pritchard. What the hell are we doing? And I got Brucey on speed dial. They went far with that, huh? He's one of those guys, every time he gets the mic, I'm like, oh, shit, here we go. Given the we know he'd never go there. Right. Never, ever, ever, ever. How do we get past the uh and he was pretty harsh to Darby too. Yeah, he went you know? in on Darby. Wardlow so imposing. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Well, if it isn't freaky deaky Darby, listen up, buddy, as much as I love the whole school shooter mime on a skateboard routine. A huge fan of you interrupting me, bud, but I think I know why you interrupted me. I think you've interrupted. Dude said school shooter mime on a skateboard routine. Good God. And then gets really dark. Interrupted me because you're jealous of me. But let me explain something to you, Darbinator, Darbinator, Darbinator. Listen, listen, listen. There is nothing wrong with being the second best guy, you know? There's nothing wrong with being the second best player. Listen, some of the best number two guys are incredible. Mark Messier, Lou Gehrig, Scotty Pimpin. You know a great number two guy, you know, Sting. Now me, I'm Wayne Gretzky, I'm Babe Ruth, I'm Michael Jordan. I'm number one around here. Are you done talking, Max? Are you done talking? You keep saying you're gonna leave if you don't get what you want. Go, Max. Go! I wouldn't care. I don't think anybody here will care either. Let's get a little bit deeper. I wanna get to the MJF stuff. Okay! Sick burn, Darby! Listen, as much as I love that Batman voice, trust me, I really do. But, you know what? Actually, no. Let me take a step back. I respect you, Darby, because you're straight edge. He is. But do you people know why Darby Allen is straight edge? 
that well, Batman voice when Darby about that. Allen was but a wee little boy, he decided to hop in the car with his drunken, sloppy, alcoholic uncle. Oh. And they went oh. for a little joyride, and Darby, no. you guys got into a little accident, didn't you? And your uncle died that night, didn't he? And that's a real travesty, Darby. Do you know why it's a travesty? Because that night, the wrong man died. God. Whoa. How long has it been since we've heard asshole chance? Damn. He's definitely elevating himself as a heel, man. It's rough. Oh, my God, dude. I'm telling you, he's like on his own level of heat. Yeah, it's definitely dark heat. Not go away heat. Not X-Pac heat. People talk about X-Pac heat, Hogan heat, all that kind of heat. Like, this is MJF heat. Yeah. It's his own energy. He's good at it, though. That's what's so scary, and he's only going to get better over the years. Mm Mm-hmm. Some shit happened Penelope Ford and Bunny and Tyre and Conti and all these other people, Dana J. Yeah, they whooped that ass in a match. Whatever. Main event, TNT title match, Miro defending against Sammy Guevara. And, uh, wow, we have a new TNT champion. Yep, 6.30 and Sammy Guevara, who competed in AEW's first ever match, is now TNT champion. Mm-hmm. That's definitely something great, and it's all because Miro made multiple mistakes. Removing yeah. those turnbuckles was his last mistake. Um, let me take you to the Fuego del Finish. Let's see here. Turnbuckle pad off. This is now CM Punk is just a waste of time. Well, your man's on the floor, and at this point, you're the champion. You have to be pinned. You have to be submitted. Well, think back. Let the, refer- let the referee count Sammy out. If I'm Miro, I'm letting the referee count. He's ripping turnbuckles off. He's going to start eating turnbuckles like George Steele. Here's Fuego. Fuego del Sol. Yeah, in friends in no places. Oh. Oh. See ya. But think back to All Out. <laughs> Jay Hart see ya. Like he didn't give a shit at all about Paul Fuego. But it worked. Oh, it helped. Oh. He hit the exposed turnbuckle. He made Very a big mistake. Into that exposed turnbuckle. Is that the break that Guevara needed? Tornado did it, T, my God! Come on, Sammy. And Miro. Your time is now. Miro like he's on roller skates. Actually, listen. GTH! Pin him! Oh, Sammy didn't go with the pin. He's got one more move in his mind. He might need to do this. It takes a lot to beat the Redeemer. What's he got in mind? Sammy! That looks brutal, motherfucker. Are you kidding me? Sammy! 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 The winner of this match. And new TNT champion, Sammy Goodbye! So that is really cool. That if anybody earned it, that kid earned it. Yeah, they did. They did him justice. Like it's crazy to think that literally their first ever match as official brand, and that dude was one half of it. And now, now two years later, he's now the fifth TNT champion. Mm-hmm. And after Dynamite went off, he addressed the crowd. For the kids out there in the dream of 
moment yeah very cool and i uh, made it about brody which was very excellent yeah and then there was an announcement for uh the first challenger for the tnt championship which they put a video out of congratulations sammy Guevara! and what is next for you my friend uh, now my goal is to be one of the best tnt champions there ever was but rochester we know who the real greatest tnt champ was I haven't even had this title for a minute, and guys are already challenging me. Bobby Fish, you want to walk through the forbidden door? Go for it, buddy. Because guess what? Walk through the forbidden door, and I'm going to send your ass straight to hell. Bobby Fish showed up really fast, huh? That's right. Sammy Guevara versus infamous Bobby Fish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is awesome. As you saw from uh, anybody watching through the video feed, they did kept up with the tradition and Sammy Guevara has has been rewarded a new TNT championship. Mm-hmm. Looks even good. with the tradition of every champion getting a different version of the title. Which makes it even more prestigious. That's a big heavy responsibility to uh commit to. Yeah. You're leaving you're virtually getting your own, I guess, legacy when it comes to like what your version of the TNT title. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Very cool. Miro tweeted out, me and my God are going to talk. <laughs> that was great. He is not pleased by the outcome. And uh, backstage, even, Sammy had a bit of difficulty holding on to that new title because, uh, you know, there are other people who think that he cheated and think that the title should be given back to Miro. And he was actually confronted backstage, as you can see here. Lana trying to steal the title back <laughs> from Sammy Guevara. This is from her Twitter, and it says, Hey, Spanish God Sammy Guevara, you cheated, so I'm taking the TNT Championship back to God's favorite champion, Miro. Oh, 
guy. It's good to see her, though. Yeah. This is a crazy world. We are right. Dynamite brought in an overnight average of 1,152,000 viewers, with 588,000 of those being in the coveted 18 to 49 demographic, giving them a .40 rating. This is down a little bit from the previous week's 1,273,000 viewers. But of that, we had 627,000 that were in the 18 to 49 demographic. Therefore, the rating itself was higher at a .48 within that rating. Yeah, they nestled nicely in that million territory now. Mm-hmm. They're doing good. Yeah. Let's keep that shit jumping up, people. So uh, I guess we talk Rampage next, which uh, yeah. had Brian Danielson against Nick Jackson. With the finish being, well, damn. Taps Brian to- Danielson goes over with cattle mutilation. Taps him out. Not really going to go into too much of the spots of the match. You've both seen, you've all seen this before, but I do want to get to the chants that I haven't heard in years. We've talked about them on this show before. But the Brian Danielson chants right here. Just amplified Excalibur for Nick Jackson. He saw the opening, he gunned in. That's a long sentence for a crowd. I never heard an audience say it. Oh, Oh, Nick Jackson coming off. Oh, Danielson. Double underhook. The butterfly suplex sits down into the Jujikatami. Oh, this is so cool. I love that. It took him a minute. You're going to get your fucking face kicked in. He's like, that's a long sentence for a chant. That's great. For those who don't know, that's his old ROH chant. Yeah, that is the American Dragon Brian Danielson. Kind of like Sami Zayn, the old A chance followed him from WWE. <laughs> the, that chance followed that brand Brian Danielson to AEW. Mm-hmm. Excellent stuff. I'm gonna gonna skim through clips here just because of the fact that we're wrapping up soon. I don't really care too much about what the other brand did. But uh the next matchup after this was Thunder Rosa against Nyla Rose being accompanied by Vicky Guerrero. Um also against Jade Cargo being accompanied by Mark Sterling, finished being Jade going over uh with a over Thunder Rosa with like a fucking chair. Was I watching her? Like she just beat her with a chair? Yeah, she basically beat her into oblivion. That's so shitty, right? Am I the only one who feels that way? Like I don't feel like Jade Cargo's yeah. big enough deal to fight Thunder Rosa like that. Get out of here. She shouldn't even be able to beat her yeah, with a gun. The problem is though, Rosa's basically been relegated to dark and elevation for how long? That's so shitty though, right? Yeah. Thunder Rosa. Hello, what the fuck? Like I would put Jade Cargill on on, on elevation. Anyway, we'll give you a highlight. Nyla Rose getting power bombed through a table, I'm sure something you all enjoy. There it is. <laughs> well, there's really too much to it besides that. You know, what can I yeah. say? Sometimes the firework is just the pop. A hair versus hair match was the main event. Can you believe it? Jack Evans, who's clearly obviously going to get his hair shaved for whatever reason against Orange Cassidy, finished being the Orange Superman punch and then the haircut. Yeah. Somebody had to take it. They're like, ah, not that we use them that much. It'll grow back by the next time we It'll grow back by the next time we uh use them. The Dean of Send the HFO in. Which is a shame because Zach Evans is really good, man. If you ever watch his old TNA stuff. It's interesting that in Helico is Yeah, that surprised me too. 
I mean, both of them equally fantastic. I just figure I'd see both of them at the same time. Mm-hmm. Matt Hardy! Good point. Matt Hardy is leaving. I get it. Jack Evans out to drive. Well, Jack needs your head. And that's it. He also needs to shave. Oh, no. Jack Evans loses his hair, man. Oh, my God. Trigger warning. No. The guy who beat him, Arch Cassidy, just chopped his hair off. Oh. Yeah, look at that. How about this for some... And you see, it's not those cheap oh. WWE says that they went straight through. Oh, they're enjoying this. This is crazy. Chuck. Ah. And that's it. What a there the hair is all gone. Well, that's nice. I love how they just shoot past out. And they sweep it up. They don't even care. <laughs> <laughs> and they bring the family, and they bring Birdley's family. For, you know what's funny? Right here, I stup- I'm so stupid. I thought that uh, I thought that they gave him a fucking Jack Evans hair mustache. <laughs> Like, I thought, oh, look at that. That's really talented. They cut his hair and they managed to give him a little Jack Evans mustache. No, like, he was like, no, that's not. Then I looked at Then when it zoomed in, it was like, oh, wait, it's dark. That's not. Yeah, that would have been even more creative, though. Oh, that would have been so funny, right? They're all, a few of them are wearing the mustache. It's kind of cool. I saw Chucky e. T wearing it. Yeah, so that's pretty cool, man. Oh, my God. Nice to do that for the that, kid. That freaking kid. I swear, like. Rampage. I've like, because I, I, I follow his uh, his wife on I follow Brody's wife on social media. Yeah, that is the most fun little kid, and it's so good that like they're doing so much to keep him like up. Mm-hmm. Rampage drew an overnight viewership of five hundred ninety four thousand viewers. Three hundred sixteen of those three sixteen were in the eighteen to forty nine demographic with a point twenty four rating. Well, I mean, let's be real about it. Rampage is plummeting. Yeah. I mean, it's in a really ugly slot. It's going to be my first defense there. It's Friday night at 10 o'clock. It's in a suicide slot. It's in a graveyard slot. Expect greatness out of that spot. I'm not going to just blame it on the slot, but primarily I think that it is what's making it plummet. If unfortunately you have to keep high star power on to even begin to break that demographic out of Friday night at 10. It's the same time that one or two things is going to be happening in the world. The young people are going to be out. The people, actually several things. The young people are going to be out. The people that have to work are going to already be going to bed. And the people that are older are going to be tuning into the 10 o'clock news. You know what I mean? So it's just in a bad time slot, unfortunately. Yeah. They've shown they can hit big in that spot, but there's a certain formula they have to follow to be able to hit big, big all the time. Mm-hmm. So the Dark Order was also at a 2CW event. It is an indie federation. I don't know if you're familiar with them. I've heard the name a few times out there here and there from just friends who I have who are breaking into the business. Yeah, they had an interesting... Did you hear anything about what happened at this event? I did hear we had a little bit, of an, a little bit of an appearance. Yeah, we had a run-in. Cloudy, so, loading up uh, that... They're going to bring that up for you guys to see here so you know exactly what happened. Dark Order with an assist, which was Chair. Kind of cool. Hang wait, on. Wait, what's going on wait, here? Hang on. The what's lights are out. Here? Hang on. What's going on? What Who turned out the on? lights? Who turned the lights out? Where's the power? What the? What is going on here? Hang on. No 
way. Wait. Oh, oh my God. Negative one. Brody Lee Jr. Wake up the ref. This is unbelievable. That's a twist. <laughs> right. Pile driver and a kick to the One, head. One, two, three. Here are your winners, the Dark Order. That's when you know you're over. Other companies being over. John, I don't know if you're talking. It's so loud in here right now. I'm honestly speechless. Pop in for Birdie Lee Jr. This company has done more than just bring itself up. It's helped invigorate indie wrestling, too. Yeah. Uh, it's helping everybody. The claws are up. They're kind of repairing a lot of damage. Yeah, they're unfucking up WWE's bullshit. They're unfucking up. <laughs> yeah, you're like, like, say let's be totally honest about it. WWE went and shit on the entire indies, and AEW has been pulling all of them back up. Mm-hmm. You're right. And karma is coming back around and fucking WWE up. Deservedly so. Well, at least the balance of things is better. They brought balance to the force. Oh yeah. I just hope that as Brody Jr. gets older, he understands that at the end of the day, as much as it's helping him get through this. Him just being here is helping everybody too because it's giving us a piece of his dad back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is. Which is very because cool. we don't usually get that often. I mean, we've gotten that in now two different scenarios in AEW. We got that with Brian Pillman Jr. and now we got that with Brody Lee. Yeah, very well done, AEW. All right, we're gonna wrap up soon. Will we ever get out of here early? I'm not doing full details of of the uh, NXT. We already did most of the draft. We're getting out of here sooner than we usually do. Yeah, because we did the draft stuff as a separate block, which was the bulk of the two shows. So we could talk a little bit about NXT. There is some funny stuff though, because before NXT, yeah. Gargano sent out a video. Did you see this? It's the Gargano I family. See the video, no. Gargano family home movie. In your eyes, because we are the way. Okay, no. The only business we're going to handle tonight is we're going to show everyone the way is the most dominant four-person intergender group in NXT history. Come on, guys. Hands in. Hands in. Come on. Come on. The Yeah, right? Like, where the hell did that come from? 
I'm not here to be therapied on. That was awesome. Remember that? <laughs> Good lord, that music is obnoxious as hell, appropriately so, I guess. Right. <laughs> the drum roll. Okay. I, I don't. We probably should have rehearsed. Stop. Stop. What the? What the? Where did you go? Put the cookie down, remember that? Put that cookie down. Put that cookie down. Put the cookie down. Okay. Now, for me, fine. Yeah, just take the cookie. <laughs> I remember that one. Oh, man. Oh, they had a reunion at the wedding, yeah. And they hide. That is hilarious. That is a good angle. That's how you put together a good angle. You know the one moment that wasn't in there, and I can understand why it wasn't, but I wish it would have made it in. It was uh when they did that thing on their YouTube WWE playbacks. And they had the way watching when Gargano won the title. <laughs> and it started out when they were going through intro- introducing everybody. <laughs> and Indy goes, my name is Indy Hardwell Loomis. And Johnny goes, no, no, cut that, cut that. <laughs> <laughs> it was just so funny that they kept it going even on YouTube. Yeah, they've definitely been a big part of what's made me enjoy NXT uh, week to week for sure. Because those segments, man, are special. Those are hilarious. Oh, man. It's another case of a group that like wanted they were supposed to be heels and then and the crowd just adopted them as faces after a while. Mm-hmm. It just became funny. For a while. It was just like, you know what? Like, why do we hate this? This is great. They should have had a longer baby face run. Yeah. You know? Oh, actually, yeah, Candace Stacey is pregnant. Candace is pregnant. How much more can you do with the angle at this point? It's going to kind of not be able to... not sustainable. It's just Johnny and Indy at this point now. Well, they got Dexter to replace... Uh, yeah. They didn't have to pull the area Okay, yeah, they, 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 they can still get some miles out of this. Yeah, but no, nah, I guess it's, it's pretty much done now. Anyway, NXT 2.0 then begins. Um, I'm just going to speed through this. You had a no disqualification match. Electra Lopez being accompanied by Joaquin Wilde, Raul Mendoza, and Santos Escobar against. For the last time, uh, you get freaking Hit Row with B-Fab, Ashante Adonis, Isaiah Scott, and Top Dollar at ringside. I guess they made her leave the company on her back because Electra Lopez goes with that. What is that? A single arm sit out power bomb, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, no. With the with the way their draft was set up, these changes don't take effect till the twenty second. Really? I don't think they're gonna. I didn't even think about if that counted for them staying in NXT. Yeah. So I guess they might. This is this is going to be their last feud in NXT. That's for sure. But yeah. 
Electra Lopez has an amazing body as well as looks good as far as our moves and shit. Oh, oh yeah, that girl is great. Nasty table struggle here, man. Look at this. This brutal table shit. Bode well for either of these two ladies, however. Evil intentions running through the mind of Lopez. Watch how uh B-Fab shut that down. Watch how B-Fab flops forward with the table. Like gravity was her enemy there too. Beth, you've seen firsthand the evolution of B-Fab. Damn. I met B-Fab when she came to Like what the hell? She be flying. Karate kid table, sweep the leg. Yeah, right. Uh what else did we have? We had the uh this cross body into the chair is pretty nuts. Incident raises are unbelievable. Lopez will be feeling that for weeks. Oh! Ouch. Finding her gear out of nowhere. Electra Lopez wants Electra Lopez is definitely a fun to watch. Channeling it, funneling it. Looking right in front of me at the bent steel chair. And it looks like Lopez wants to brutal spots in this right? Nasty. So yeah, there's definitely stuff in there to watch, you know. Oh yeah. Uh oh yeah, we get some of the index honeymoon, which was kind of creepy but funny. We were talking about this earlier. <laughs> yeah. Really weird shit. Let me try to bring this up here. And yeah, they're definitely showing more skin on NXT. You notice that? That goes skinning out. Index. Isn't it weird that these two are still spying? Right. They're married. Hey, motherfucker, you go fuck around and see the wrong thing. You don't be careful. The ring's on. All bets are off. These binoculars are great. Yeah. You know, I'm so happy we came with them on their honeymoon. They're having fun. Good, safe, harmless fun. For now. What do you mean for now? Remember our honeymoon? Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah. Come on, sexy Dexy. Let's take this to the water. Uh-oh. What were they doing here, man? Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> like, said in him, too. I'm a nasty, nasty thing. Yo. I like how the music goes like has like freaking uh, proximity range. Like when it's on Gargano and Candace, the music's in the distance too. <laughs> like if it's part of the fucking gimmick. <laughs> like little details like that is what pops me about this storyline. I'll be back. I'll be back. I'll be back. See how far away? Then when it's back there, it's louder again. I can't believe of all the fucking things he did. He came out of the fucking shark. First thing we thought of when we saw that was, yeah, now they're going to run to their beds. What else are they going to do? I knew that would work. Nice day. Beautiful day. Yeah, so, um. That happened. And despite popular belief, Joe Gacy was not canceled. Nope. 
Yes, I am Joe Gacy. I love this guy. And contrary to popular opinion, this is still our safe space. Last week on NXT 2.0, I made a huge impact. And I have not been canceled. Yeah, did they do that on purpose? Were they trolling us? I don't know. Like, were they trolling us with this? Am I making him look like he got canceled? I made a bigger oh, impact they might have been. than superstars like Tommaso Ciampa. Uh-oh, don't go saying that. Oh, God. You know, you will make an impact, You definitely will make an impact. But yeah, that that guy is around, which is really cool. I'm glad that he didn't get canceled at all. Uh, what else happened in this that was relevant? Only Lorcan forced some guy Zion Quinn. Yeah. Uh, the finish Someone to this. What was it like a flying form of some sort? Or, I'll let you look. Yeah, the flying form. Like a flying form, flying up through the eyes of Zion Quinn, who once again measuring his opponent, Only Lorcan. Smells victory right now. Boy. That was it. That's what he does. Moving along, blah, 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 blah. This was cool. So these guys come out, the time travelers, the ones that managed to have a whole the, the career within a promo. And uh, they're pissed off, you know, because they've been here for like 200 years now and they still haven't uh, gotten a shot. But anyway, what I like is not so much their promo. I like the British guy's promo back. Like, to me, that clapback was like a reaction you would expect if two British dudes heard this shit, which was funny. Like, you have to hear it to understand it's just the way it went. For some tag team championships. What you say, Trick? Tag team titles. Oh, we bout it, bout it. I said we're going to take them titles right now. Hey, 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 hey. Are you too ill? <laughs> what on earth have you even just said? Listen. I don't know what you're on about, but if you're talking about tag team titles, <laughs> know oh this. The line starts behind us. Hey, we- hey. <laughs> I love it. It's like, are you too ill? What are you even just said? What are you on about? I <laughs> <laughs> oh, was smooth. Really smooth, guys. Yeah, and they did the whole thing where all the tag teams come out angrily. Everyone wants a shot, right? They did the everyone wants a shot bullshit. Uh, if there's anything else, stop me if you heard it before. But otherwise, I'm just speeding through what I remember. We got the NXT Women's Tag Team title match. Yosha Ryan's always stuck defending against Toxic Attractions, Gigi Dolan and JC Jane with Mandy at ringside. And uh, the finish to this was that show tape palm strike followed by the moonsault. But before we get there, there is some shit that happens. So uh, Gigi has a bad night. I don't know if you knew about yeah. how bad her night was. So let's get first into what happens here. Is this where the bad bump happens? Let me see. To retain the titles and quickly, Watch the way she hits here. Let me see if I can get this up on the screen for you. I like that from Dolan. Smart's right there. I don't know how smart that was because right now she's on- The way she goes over these ropes, I'm going to full crop this shit for you so you can see. Watch her knees. What the fuck, dude? 
There shall be no doggy style for you. To retain the title. Yo, look at her knees. The way she hit. I don't know how smart that was because right now she's on the wrong end of a Dude, you got to be careful. <laughs> you know? Like those are your knees. You only got one third of those. Yeah. She's going to Kevin Nash herself. You know? That was rough. Later on, it gets even worse. It doesn't even happen in the same segment. She gets fucked up. Well, I'll hit the finish anyway. We're back in the ring. Palm strike in Shirai now. Could be signaling the end to the top rope where she feels at home. Shirai, it's all of it. Cover, count. Shirai and Stark retain the gold. Let me go over there. Uh, one thing I did want to say, Zoe's, what is her move called? That GTS move that she does? The G, is it GTH? I, I don't know if I've heard a name for it yet. Yeah, this is really cool. It's a dope little variation. Oh, well, wait a minute. Oh! That is a KO right there. Uh, Braun Breaker, they give him a really cool video package. Right, that motherfucker's been here two weeks, already got a video package. My name is Braun Breaker. He's already super over, man. That's what you do. You got to push guys to the super over. I'm starting to think they didn't give him Steiner because he didn't really even need it. They saw he could get over on his own. Braun Breaker is yeah, high in intensity. In the last two weeks, this I've been shot out of a canteen. I love it. In the ring, I'm trash talking. My veins are bulging. My heart rate's off the charts. White knuckle girl ride. I know the locker room is full of studs, but I'm here to whip ass. And that's harsh. I don't give a shit. You want a friend? Go get a dog. Just make no bones about it. My goal is to be NXT champion. Tommaso, I'm not a patient guy. Thought that was really cool. And after this, Rollins tweeted out, I guess we can say shit now. Very exciting. Hashtag shit. Thanks, AEW. I guess so, right? I want to see what their reason is. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andre Chase fought against Boa. I, I'll be honest. I don't. I might have even just fast forwarded. I don't care what happened here. I'm assuming Boa went over, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, of course. Uh, let's get back to that honeymoon stuff. <laughs> right. What we came here for. Yeah. So. He decides to sneak into their room to give them protection. <laughs> Work like a charm. Shark scared of a wave. Get a little risque for a second. Where did, good now. Where do they go? To the room. You know it's in a room. On a bed. You know what okay. people do on beds. You know what? What's the worst that could happen? What's the worst? It shows her stomach. <sighs> they need protection. I'll be back. I got this. I got this. I got this. Excuse me, man. So he's worried about them having protection. So he breaks into the room and uh, let's skip all the then. He sees all these condoms. Look, the row of condoms we're talking about. Ugh, they stay hydrated. Yeah, right. They would need to stay hydrated. They stay so far. And the chicken fingers for lunch, they were amazing, just like you. Oh, I left the door open. Sorry. Oh, no. in the closet the worst thing that you want to do Carter 
and they're having a pillow fight. Oh, you like it like that. But he yeah. can't see from the closet. Oh, you beast. <laughs> oh, I'm exhausted. Let's take a nap. This is the best part. This whole thing kills it for me right here. So he comes out of the closet, right? <laughs> Fucking Loomis. <laughs> is that the screenshot probably i just couldn't <laughs> believe it man i just couldn't believe it's like wow i bet he regrets going to that room right should have stayed your ass in the back <laughs> oh that is so messed up it was incredible that was it. Just cut to a pork, poor Johnny. Lasso of truth for the fucking condoms. Oh man, so good. What else? Anything else relevant happens? We had a cruiserweight title match, right? Roderick Strong defending against Grayson Tyler successfully. No, Grayson no. Waller, sorry. <laughs> Chad Hawkins, am I legit? Did it mean to... you fucking Chad Hawkins? Them like? Why did I call him Grayson Tyler? <laughs> right. Grayson Waller. Where the fuck did you get that from? I don't even remember who he was. But I know, I assure you, Roderick Strong went over. Grayson Waller. <laughs> what was this new Wendy Williams shit that they did? I'm not sure. Me neither. I All never... I'm saying is, what I'm so mad at now is, this is why I hate my brain. You said this Wendy Williams shit. And now I'm like, okay, so when's the part where she passes out with the Statue of Liberty outfit? It's, it's, she literally took Wendy's mannerisms just in case we needed that somewhere else in the universe besides the Wendy Williams show well I mean it, at least as is, at least her face looks real yeah I guess instead of like Voldemort but look like at her artificial much, face looking yo, Play-Doh and shit. there's a little too much channeling Wendy Williams I can't say whether I'd like it or not because they're known to rip people so it's kind of like they're trolling Wendy in a way so I might enjoy it lashing out with last legend let's get straight to it shall we See where she moving? Look at that. It makes me almost hate her. Like, I'm almost the hating WWE her, and it's not her fault, you know? This Friday. Are y'all ready for that? But she does it too well. Fuck, look at that. Now, your girl knows a little something about drafts. Because, <laughs> last let oh, I hate you. I feel like Anakin. I feel like Anakin when he was burning. I hate you. <laughs> She's okay. too good at it. Like, I could see Wendy doing it, you know? Like, that's it's like literally a good heel, man, because that triggers the shit out of me. Like, watching Wendy Williams on NXT is brilliant. And that earned me a WNBA. Her hand gestures and shit, man. Oh, wow. Cora Jade and Trey Baxter kissing in the locker room. I saw it too. I saw it too. Now, Cora Jade, uh, if you want a real man, get you a man who looks like this. Oh, I hate her. I hate her whole concept. You know, I hope that Raquel Gonzalez finds this room. (laughs) 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 Fuck, man. Notice something. See, you want to keep Rick happy. You want to keep Rick Rick happy. You have her throw her through the wall for no reason. I hope you talk shit about Raquel. Bust through that fucking door like like 
like a Bobo and Double Dragon. <laughs> that is obnoxious as fuck. Congratulations to them. You know, kudos to them at uh, the obnoxiousism and the flagging us at the very moment that I poked fun of that shit too. Hey, we was complimenting that shit. Y'all, yeah, y'all should be glad y'all getting compliments for once. It's only, it's only when we talk about them. I'm telling you, man. Give me a sec because that's how much systematically I'm good at winning these claims. That I'm going to win the fucking claim live on the air. That's y'all right. Fuck with us now. We will embarrass y'all while it's recording. Da, da, da. Blah blah blah. Fair use. All of that. Copyright claiming. I understand. And yoink. Bye. Now can I continue, please? Anyway. We're talking about this shit show, right? And I'll bury it. No, I'm kidding. Yep. <laughs> All right, man. Kyle O'Reilly versus Rich Holland. I actually fast-forwarded. What, what, what happened here? <laughs> Damn. Me neither. Okay. NXT women's title match. We're going to, well, if they're going to continue to try to block all we're reviewing, the stuff we're reviewing, it's like I don't want to be here fucking almost morning reviewing their shit right. equally with the, with the good shit. Raquel Gonzalez defends against Frankie Monet. With Raquel going over. But what's important here is what happens afterwards, if you guys remember. Yes. Okay, they get jumped by a PMS or whatever the hell they're called. <laughs> the brunette Mandy squad. I don't fucking know. First, they beat up the uh, the departing Frankie Monet who lost the match. Classic attraction. What the heck is this? Why? They want to run NXT. That's why. They're a bunch of bullies. And let's let's not get lost in what happened earlier tonight. Oh, this reminds me of Nexus. Reminds me more of the Shield, but sure, whatever you want here. So here is where disaster happens. Do you know what happens here? Oh God, I'm scared. You probably didn't catch it because I didn't. I was just lucky enough to have this playing in the background as we were going on oh, air. No. And I just heard the sound. Because I was trying to figure out how come this girl's skull was open. To be straight up with you. Because I saw that first. And it was like, huh. I watched all of NXT. I don't recall anybody's skull getting busted open to that extent. Partially because she has red or, or orange hair or whatever. It's being masked. So what happens here, and I came to realize that when I heard the sound that made me look up, <laughs> is Raquel's big ass goes to do the whole gimmick where you try to swat the person off of the ropes with your title. But the, but and the, the title slips out of her hands when she swings. And inadvertently, she winds up throwing the entire title plates first. Right at this girl Gigi Dolan's face. The title. So for those who don't know. The title, the silver part. If you look at the screenshot, that silver part, it's perfect precision. She, she accidentally slips right at that and it fucking slaps her as hard as it could. It made a so, noise. For those who don't know, and as a proud overall replica belt, I can tell you this certain parts of that title stick out a little bit farther. Those fucking things aren't flat. I was amazed she got back up for the beatdown because I was like, wait a minute. Because when she, I saw the pictures of the stitches and the blood around her earlier today. And I was like, but I saw NXT. I didn't see anybody get hit during the mat. I, the sound made me look up. Listen to how hard this shit hits. I've never heard anything in my life like this. Oh, 
was her skull? Yo, that is a horrifying sound. But she cold coughed. She cold coughed. Thick. I'm just trying to get that one spot isolated. I just can't believe how hard that shit hit her. The whole title completely left her hands. <laughs> wow. Bring ambulance. Like ring envelopes, he's leaking. It's a numbers advantage. I mean, she just went through a, a, a grueling championship match. I wonder what Raquel was thinking while she still had to do the gimmick about the title no longer being in her hands and the last thudding metallic sound that she heard. That she had to it's gotta be the same thing. Most would think of like, oh Jesus, I hope she's okay, but I gotta finish this shit. I would have somehow needed to check. To make sure she's not right. dead. I, I would have called for somebody to like boot me and then throw me outside of the ring in that direction just so I could take a second to be like, you good? You good? Yeah. GG Dolan, huh? Girl had a rough night. That girl earned her stripes. She's not tasting Fancy. tuna. She's tasting blood. Hashtag tastes like pennies. That's brutal. Oh, that poor baby. Tweets. Her tweet reads, careful out there, kids. Right. You don't want some girl six foot, eighteen foot, twelve fucking swinging championship. The championship size that of that gash, though, she is fucked up from that man. Time and them belts are like what ten, twelve pounds. Like you swing up into the air like that, that thing will do some damage. Ain't nothing but leather and metal, goddammit. NXT did an overnight average of six hundred fifty-five thousand viewers, point fourteen in the eighteen to forty-nine demographic. Um, this is. Down from last week's 746,000 viewers, but they had a point twenty in the 18 to 49 demographic. So once again, down in the viewers, up in the demographic. It's consistency around the clock here. We're almost at the home stretch, thankfully. I do want to talk a little bit about SmackDown for our own enjoyment, just because there were certain things that just really... <laughs> SmackDown, oh SmackDown. Sonya Deville sucks on the mic. Did you know that? With racism every, in the air. Every time she has to make an announcement next to Adam Pierce, it's cringe. This latest example, let me bring this up, is one of my favorites. I'm going to probably have to make a drop of this one. So SmackDown are all here tonight, and they're all waiting to hear their fate. Listen to how much sense this sentence makes when read incorrectly. It's one of my favorite sentences ever. It fits her, too. Without further ado, please help me. I am going to now announce the... (laughs) (sighs) The SmackDown are all here tonight, and they're all waiting to hear their fate. Without further ado, please help me. (laughs) I will choke that last heart. Without further ado, please help me. Please help me. Period. And then went on to a different thing, Destin. Uh, it didn't even connect back. <laughs> <laughs> Just without further ado, please help me. 
if that doesn't epitomize Sonya Deville on the mic, nothing does. <laughs> She's asking for help, I, all right. For the love of God, make that drop. For the love I, of God. I legit thought I heard. I was like, there's no way. There's just no fucking way that she didn't say like something like, without further ado, let please help me introduce the first draft pick or even if it's on the card wrong or whatever happened there whatever this looked like a literal computer malfunction like if she's an ai no matter what like you've heard it said a thousand times in in entertainment without further ado without further ado please help me please help me in introducing like without further ado please help me in introducing even if it's missing i can't justify it as a performer that she put a period there Didn't she sound like there was somebody behind her with a gun on her back and she was trying to code that shit in there? So SmackDown are all here tonight. Oh and they're my all god. Waiting to hear their fate. Without further ado, please help me. I am going to now announce the first pick in the. <laughs> oh my lord. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe the, here's a new conspiracy theory. Maybe WWE are mind controlled people, like in that movie. What was that movie? Where are they take over black people? Oh, fucking get out. Get out. Maybe this is like get out. Everybody, camera, right? everybody on, on SmackDown is like get out. And she broke through for a minute. You know, she was. <laughs> she broke out of the out of the promo. Without further ado, please help me. <laughs> Gonna start running backwards. The SmackDown are all here tonight, and they're all waiting to hear their fate. I just can't get Without over. further ado, please help me. I am going to now announce the first pick. <laughs> that was amazing, man. Please help me. <laughs> it's like WWE is get out. Oh my god. There's this, the hidden she was in the sunken place for, she broke for like one second. Oh, man. <laughs> Look at Adam Pierce looking at her. And she wasn't supposed to say nothing. She looks like she... <laughs> I can't even continue this anymore. <laughs> oh, my God. Without like, further ado, please help me. That's the name of the episode. Write it down. Without further ado, please Yeah, I'm doing the whole me. thing. Fuck it. She said they are an old white family with a brunette daughter. <laughs> oh, it's the real life get out. Please help me. <laughs> We've been wondering what happened to fucking Cameron, and now we know why she hates Naomi so much. <laughs> Cameron, are you in there? <laughs> Please help me. <laughs> Oh. And then whenever she sees Naomi, you. <laughs> it's a better angle than what they gave them, right? <laughs> I just love I hear poor Stasis died in the fucking background. Breathe, Stasis. Breathe. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Someone go check on Cameron. <laughs> Please help me. That's so fucking amazing. <laughs> okay, we gotta get the. <laughs> yeah, I might have to make a second serving. Just thought it is. Please help me. <laughs> Yo, you understand? We won't be able to get through life strange tomorrow. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> 
Oh my God. Please help me. That is amazing. Anyway, what else happened in this? There was nothing better than that. <laughs> <laughs> like Brock was here and it wasn't even better than that shit. <laughs> <laughs> like we've seen her botch so many promos and that managed to be this one way legendary. better. Like think about how many times we had to stop because she oh said something God. that just didn't have like we were like what she didn't say anything where she's had to make a match or t- and we were like that didn't even oh. it wasn't even words in order and that was like the best one man <laughs> without further ado please help Holy me fuck. <laughs> oh anyway let's get into some brock and roman i didn't expect them to come to blows but they did but we get the resurrection of suplex city bitch oh! Roman Reigns not scared at all of the beast. Punching him right in the face. And meanwhile, look at the quickness. Suplex Yeah, remember those? Lesnar just like that. I don't even know if they were called Suplex City back when you were taking them. You might be the reason he took you there. Jimmy and Jay, part of the bloodline. And even the bloodline guys. One of the things I liked about this was that he didn't want Jay specifically. Like, it was all right for Jimmy. But then for Jay, it was like, don't you touch Jay. Don't you right. touch Jay. That's my favorite Uso, motherfucker. Don't that touch my first one. Don't touch main event Jay. And he did it. He touched Jay. And they both wound up getting a five. And everybody popped it. Or is it scarier watching him taking people to Suplex City looking like a lumberjack now? It's scarier when he's taking big Samoan people to Suplex City looking like a lumberjack. Now. Roman almost woke Brock up by punching him in the face. It's funny. It's one thing. I don't Flipped know why. Switch. Maybe I just never thought or anything. But I've noticed with different people, he sets the ground in different. Certain people are for height. Certain people are different. Roman figured, look at Roman's footwear, man. He figured that if he wears sneakers the same color as Sonic, he has a better chance of getting the fuck out of there. <laughs> it's funny, cheap plug, but Fantasy Star's giving away Sonic shoes. I already got mine. You know, Roman apparently got his. <laughs> look at that. It, success. He got out of there. They're effective. It's highly effective. See, he went for the, he went for the throwaway Uso first. You won't come in here. I'll beat the hell out of your cousins. Roman's going to have to look on. This could be his fate. Uh, you take it on your knees. Five by Lesnar. Are you came in, man? Yeah, Jay. Jay's off limits. He's main event, Jay. It took a lot of work to get that one. There you go. That's how come he's main event, Jay. He even takes the F5 better. That's how he does it, man. Took that sober F5. Anyway. Fucked up. I know. <laughs> what can I say? It's late. You get a case of breaking and entering. Rollins, I'm skipping a bunch of shit because I don't care. You had Owens who gets buried by I'm Corbin. Mad cap fucking. End of days on the outside, followed by end of days on the inside. We don't need to show it out here. That's why he's going to go and yeah. be part of AEW. Right. And not job to fucking Mad Cap Moss, whatever the fuck his name is. This guy. Rollins, what an asshole! So he breaks into Edge's house. It's what it's like what Edge used to do. Remember back when Edge and the Brood broke into Vince's house and messed with Stephanie and her dolls and shit. 
And then when Edge broke in the scene, it's out to smack the dead. Yeah, you know. It came full circle. Yeah, now someone's in your house. What a house! Yo, his mannerisms, what it's like Rollins' mannerisms are so fucking nasty, man. What a bastard. What is what do you got? What do you what do you what okay? Alright, little OJ. Little OJ, I need some healthy. He's doing a cribs episode at Edge's house. An apple a day, of course. He's eating an apple, he's having an orange juice. Eat at the table. Like civilized human beings. Like a civilized human being. Oh. Oh. Oh, he's putting his feet on oh. the table. You know, this place was hard to find. I appreciate that. Look at that, man. That is just out of line. That is offensive as hell. He ate an apple. He's drinking orange straight out of the carton. But more importantly, who has apples with OJ for dinner? You know how much sugar intake that is, Rollins? Like, bro. I'm sure Edge has some shit in the freezer you could break out in the frost some kind of a meat. Like, come on, you really went with apples and OJ? I've never even thought of how weird that would be. Have you ever had apples and OJ in your life? Is that some CrossFit shit I don't know about, having apples and OJ? Apples and OJ. And he didn't even wash the apple. You're right, Stace. He didn't wash the apple. He didn't even shake the OJ. And he drank from the container, which is fine, because he's, he's a heel. He has his feet on the table. But damn, shake the OJ and then get something else with it. And there's a lot of sugar in that OJ. Jeez, Roland, I thought you were cross-fit. You're going to be cross-fat if that's what you're going to be eating. He's going to be cross-fat, <laughs> Jesus. Oh, why am I messing with this when I'm trying to leave? It's like nothing of this is written down. I'm just, I'm just resist the funny. I, you know what it is? It's like nothing's written down really for the SmackDown and Raw stuff at this point. So I just got to fuck with the segments. All right. We're just having fun with it at this point. Yeah, so he's in there for a while. He's in there, like, longer than, like, someone would normally come and visit me. Like, he still, he hangs out, man. <laughs> this is, like, the old bit that Mar- Martin Lawrence used to tell in stand-up comedy about when he went to Michael Jackson's house. Remember, man, he this guy had everything. He had an indoor pool, outdoor pool, bowling alley. He, had, he, was, he said, Michael was like, I didn't want to leave. He said, Michael was like, well, it's getting tired. I want to go to bed. And he said, Martin was like, y'all want to bowl or nothing? <laughs> like, he just doesn't want to. He doesn't want to go home. He's really making himself at home. Oh, this is luxurious, my friend. What is this? I'm not sure that's how you're supposed to. Let's just go to. Sit on Where's this to? Oh, all right. Little fireplace action. Fireplace action, right? Look at him. What a bastard. So did you catch what Edge says? Let me see if I can bring it up here. Yes, I did. Don't, 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 don't go home. Go to your brothers. Okay. I, I don't care about the groceries. Go to your brothers. Okay. L- listen to me. Seth is at the house. Okay. I'm calling Daniel and David. They're heading over there. Just, just go to your brothers and you call. Daniel and David. So there's a tad bit of significance behind those two names. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. those are the shoot names of FTR. Mm-hmm. Which is hilarious that that's the way that it played out. Right. Let me uh, let me see something here. We had something from them, right? I think that they... There we go. Did they show up here? I got to put this up on screen. Oh, but it doesn't animate on that one. I have to put it up on our Tron then. You know what it is that they put up, right? Oh, God, I don't know if I saw. I'll get it up now. Sorry, I thought I could put it up on the other screen. I can't. They put this up 
did not in response to anything, but they just happened to put this up. <laughs> that is amazing. And then Dax tweeted, I'll go over there right now and beat his little bitch ass. <laughs> <laughs> you mad though? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that is golden. What else did we get? What else did we get? We had like an eight-man tag match with the New Days, Kofi Kingston, Xavier Woods with the Street Profits, Angelo Dawkins, and Montez Ford against the Alpha Academies, Chad Gable, and Otis, and the Dirty Dogs, Dolph Ziggler, and Robert Roode. So a team of two tag teams against four jobbers. And what was the finish here? I already forgot it. Right in front of me. I already legit forgot it. See, we've given... The shit that we're getting flag for is the stuff that we're putting the least amount of care or effort into. Isn't that funny? Isn't that some shit, though? But yeah, um, basically after Doc has pretty much wiped everybody out, Ford hit that sky high ass. Um, actually, he jumped to the air, caught Otis on the outside. Dawkins stunned Rude, and then New Day put away Bobby Rude for the win. Mm-hmm. They put them all, put them away with a uh, Daybreak. I think is the move is what they call it. So much for the top dogs. The fuck with it? You would have to be top dogs for there to be a, so much for the top dogs. So much for the top dogs, as Michael Cole used to keep calling them by mistake, because his name's better. Yeah. And it doesn't fit, so. So apparently Brock Lesnar had a taped promo. Yeah, so taped, he could leave early. So he could leave early. We just taped some shit and then stuck it into the middle of SmackDown. SmackDown, he is the charismatic enigma, Jeff Hardy. <laughs> All right, red the blue. Wow. Jeff, like I said, we just learned that you were one of the newest members to front. I kind of like this bit for a split second. Hi. Are we live right now? My apologies for interrupting. Excuse me, thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a public announcement I'd like to share. I'd like to thank my good friend, Paul Heyman. Because of Paul Heyman, Brock Lesnar is a free agent all because of Paul and all because of that Brock Lesnar gets to do whatever Brock Lesnar wants to do well thanks Paul I don't think that's anything new My good friend Paul Heyman. I love his reaction here. Are you good friends with Brock Lesnar? Let me ask you something, Paul. Are we good friends? You're my tribal chief. Because if we're good friends, that means you look out for me. And if you look out for me, that means you look out for my family. That's my tribe, you? Mm-hmm. Well, my cousins drafted to SmackDown tonight. My cousins will be drafted to SmackDown on Monday at Raw. It, it, it's, it's all figured out. It, it, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a strategy. They're, 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 they're manipulations. It's, it's, a stra- it's a strategy. It's a negotiation. A negotiation. My tribal chief. My tribal chief. I am the wise man. Watch the, one of my favorite things. 
He's a he's a wise man. He's, he's my wise man. He's, he's our wise man. He's, he's the wise man. You're only the wise man when I say you're the wise man. <laughs> oh my god. Please don't do this. Paul Selling is great. All right, wise man. Let's follow the strategy. Let's stick to the plan. I want you to go to Raw on Monday, and I want you to make sure that my cousins are dressed to SmackDown. Do you understand? Yes, my tribal chief. Thank you, my tribal chief. y'all to go with him and I want to make it very clear that you're to be drafted to Smackdown and if you're not leave him for dead at Raw so that got me excited I was like oh cool they set up an angle on Smackdown that's going to lead into Raw Roman Reigns sent Paul Heyman on a mission to ensure, along with the Usos, that things are done on Raw, Monday Night Raw, from tonight, to prevent them from being drafted. I didn't see any of these people tonight on Raw. What, what happened you to expecting from them? What happened to the angle right here that I was just looking at? That's why I let that go. What happened nothing to the happened. angle they right just here? Got drafted to SmackDown, and there was just nothing. Right, but Roman specifically sent Paul Heyman and the Usos to Raw to make it happen. And then even told them that if it doesn't, to leave Paul Heyman for dead. And then nothing happened, though. They never even mentioned this. Yep. Why? Because, yep. And where the fuck is Finn? You're right, George. Did they forget that, too? How's there no Finn in this storyline suddenly? There's, There's so nothing many going that on. Drafted and didn't show. Come on now. Let's be real. You see, here, here's, here's what's so funny about this. Remember that thing I told you about how if they fuck us up, I ain't watching SmackDown no more? Uh-huh. That shit wasn't the game. They had the top rope just fucking break and didn't acknowledge dick. It's terrible. Like right. I said, I watch. I'm not going move for move anymore. This just so happens to have enough mistakes in it and enough weird things, you know, that uh, please help me. <laughs> Whoever's doing bleacher reports doing all the watching for me. But on to something that was kind of cool. Is that the first time... Jeff and Brock have been on camera at the same time since, like, the early 2000s? Probably, yeah. Because that was one of, like, Brock's early feuds was with uh, him and Matt. Yep, that was one of the first times. It's like, holy shit, that's a throwback for you. But very disappointed. They had they had an opportunity to get raw momentum. And I feel like they did it on purpose, like... Because this is the hottest angle on SmackDown that would get more eyes on Raw, and they don't really give a fuck once the ratings are there, whether or not you actually got to see anything. So they trick people. Yeah. There was yeah, no Raw. Raw's too fucking stupid to utilize it. There, there was no Raw. There was no Usos. There was no Paul Heyman, and that would have actually made something interesting happen in this draft. Because spoiler, second half of the draft was just cookie cutter. Nothing interesting. Anyway, we've got to wrap up here. I want to leave. So Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair. A uh, couple things about this match. Sasha botches. Spoiler alert there. You know, I would have never expected it from her. Yep, Sasha's back. 
Yeah, she's definitely back. She has a road. And by the way, speaking of things they didn't even bother to tell us, still didn't tell us why she was gone. Nope. They didn't even make a storyline reason. They don't care. I'll, I'll stop literally. Like, I won't. I gave more detail than I even wanted to him. This is without going with any moves and stuff. Because moves aren't their weakness. Their weakness is that everything else is shit. So the emphasis here isn't so much the botch as it is the recovery. Because I got to give Bianca Belair a lot of credit for this one. So the move here, if you've seen it before, Sasha's going to spring off of the ropes and do, I guess, a DDT, is it, that she does there? But she sort of slips on the ropes and doesn't get the leverage and momentum she's supposed to get off of the springboard. So Bianca Belair, being as Hulk strong as she is, just instead lifts Sasha into what would have been that springboard tornado motion. So does she lift? Yeah. Look at this. Quadriceps too. I got strong legs. I got Puts strong her up legs. there. The carrying around, carrying around all my time. Botched, still brought her up and, and over. The best you're going to get. It's the best you're going to get, man. And that's why they let that girl run with that damn title. Because that bitch is freakish. Damn how much time she's on the fucking main roster. Nobody else do that shit before. Anybody else and Sasha would have just flopped down like she tends to do when she misses spots. You exactly. know, it just would have heard a thought. And I would just have to recover from her. She lifted her to the spot. That's like a Cesaro-esque thing. I've Wait, seen Cesaro you do that. Like that. You skip the rookie year. The rookie year is not canon. Yeah, I've literally seen Cesaro do that. That's the only other person I can think of has done shit like that before. Nobody else on that main roster can do that but Bianca Belair. Mm-hmm. And Bitch Becky, that's going to be a new name for because she's really a good heel here. I got to admit, as much as I didn't like it. Boston. So look how she causes Bianca to lose. Big time Bex. Oh, look at Becky Lynch's. <laughs> <laughs> and she just held so it in. Got the hair of Bianca. And Sasha Banks taking advantage. Rolling Bella up. Jack Knight cover. Went for the boss. Aha. Uh-huh. What a bitch. That is amazing. And that is your SmackDown right there, which brought in 2.12 million viewers. in the 18 to 49 demographic. You see what I mean? It's like on a completely different number level from everything below it. Fox Smackdown is high. 2.12 million, 0.55. Now just keep all that raw bullshit out of there and they'll be perfectly fine. They're up from 0.50 last week and they only had 2.9 million versus the 2.12. Smackdown's rising. They've been rising progressively for a while now. They were invulnerable to the raw, raw bullshit. You know, so keep that kind of stuff in mind. Well, before we even have raw bullshit, Austin Theory, as someone who was drafted, did do some sort of a backstage thing, I believe. This has to be an exciting night for you. You were just drafted to Monday Night Raw. What are you feeling right now? I am so excited. My shirt is it's just going to explode. I mean, it's already tight, but it's going to explode because Monday Night Raw just became all day. That's what I say. I say all day. You know, it kind of works, right? Yeah, I'm just excited. I can't, I can't control myself. What should the WWE Universe expect to see from Austin Theory? You know, Austin Theory is only 24 years old, so I got a lot of time on my wrist. You like that? Yeah. That means main event in WrestleManias. That means winning championship after championship. I got a lot of time. I mean, whatever's great, I can do. It's just how it is. Look at me. Yeah, look at him. But just remember, you're going to Raw, so you'll be in the 24-7 title picture like 90% of the time. Mm-hmm. 
Well, good luck, Austin Theory. He already made his mark tonight. All right. Speed run through Raw, which mo- mostly last week did 1.71 million viewers with a, with what is this? A point 47? That can't be accurate in the 18 to 49 demographic. I have to go back and look at what the correction said it is. Yeah, I guess a point 47 in the 18 to 49 demographic. The week before they did a point 49 with 1.793. So yeah, more or less a little bit hovering under a point 50, point 0.5. Uh, they're just me just shooting honestly here. You had your Charlotte, Becky, and Bianca in-ring promos. They decided that the main event as a result, because they never faced each other before, was going to be Bianca against Charlotte. This was after Becky blatantly calls out Charlotte, you know, sort of implying that she would do the whole Becky two belts thing almost. Uh, you get Priest, Damian Priest against Jeff. One thing notable to me was Priest did a rolling senton into Jeff on the outside. His head nearly hit the corner of the announce desk. Not the first time I've complained about this thing. I think we're in an era in wrestling where we need to round off more corners. It's not that hard to do. If you can make virtual yeah. robots appear shave out of the yeah. if you can make virtual robots appear out of the sky to point to the fucking logo and everything, you can shave down a corner. You're talented enough. As a matter of fact, if we were hiring for people to shave down corners to things, you would be considered overqualified in society because you can create virtual shit. So shave the fucking corners. Finish being priest kicks out of the swanton and he transitions it into a crucifix. Uh Austin Theory has a heel turn where he gets in the ring to take a selfie with Jeff Hardy and then predictably turns on him and takes a selfie with his unconscious body. I like, kind of knew all of that was going to happen, but good for him. Yep, so then a job, Jeff, all of his way around back down. Mm-hmm. Shayna Baszler taps out Dana Brooke. Dewdrop does a dancing, not even a running. She does a dancing to save Dana. Remember that thing when the Eva Marie was supposed to get over? Supposed to get her over? I'm waiting. Yeah, well, she danced in and she saved somebody. <sighs> Yeah, fucking no way Jose danced in. Remember what happened to him? <laughs> Heyman called the British Raw interviewer prettier than Kayla. Fucked up. Prettier than Kayla. Hashtag. Ziggler comes out and gives us a history lesson. They actually have some consistency in their storyline, some continuity in their storylines, whether it be by angle, by, by accident, or by coincidence, or by luck. It was a fluke. Ziggler points out that without DZ, there'd be no Big E because he goes back to when him and AJ Lee and the three of them were stable during his very brief run-in with the Money in the Bank cash and the turned him champion. Same goes with Drew. He brought Drew back from the obscurity of TNA and I made him a buddy there before he turned on him. Uh, but that doesn't really matter. past him, And then to thank him, they lower him because the Big E and Big D tag team go over. What killed me was in that whole thing when I can't remember what it was. I can't remember what spun into it, but fucking Rob, fucking Bobby Roo was like, "That's why they call me Big Bob." And Big E goes, "Nobody calls you that." Yeah, right. Nobody does. Like, they, yes. They managed to do a two for one on that, right? They put two people together in a tag team and fuck both of them up. Good job. I'm impressed. <laughs> you know, double kill. You know. Ah, oh, what else? What else? What else? What else? What else? What else? Oh, let's see here. Goldberg showed up and tried to justify his kid getting his skinny ass in the ring and looking, yeah. So, well, Nikki Ash and Rhea buried the Natty and, and Tamina again first. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. You know, but yeah, Goldberg's still mad about his son and Lashley, even though his son's the one who interfered and, and got in the ring trespassing. Right. You know, we He's don't talk about, about that. Misunderstand, part. like, yeah, you misunderstood the fact that your kid didn't have enough comments to stay the fuck out of the ring. Yeah, Rollins took time advantage. to tell your kid's grown folk business. Like, Rollins takes advantage of the shit thing that he talked about earlier because he says, I don't give a shit who steps to me. He decides, all right, I'm going to start using shit right away right after I tweeted about it. You know? Uh, what else? Anything else happen? 
What was the significance, relevance of oh, things? Fuck, I mean, besides the main event, I think that was basically it. Oh, wait, wait. There is one thing that I did really like. I liked Orton, even though it makes Omas oh, kind of yeah. stupid. Orton RKO's AJ around Omas. It's like he dark sold him. <laughs> he dark sold this giant. He got in there and rolled around until he was facing the way from his aggro. He just stood away from the red tiles. And then he just fucking RKO'd his buff. You know? It was just like, really? This made poor Omas look stupid. Feel bad for him. He was infuriated. AJ should be angry too. Omas, what kind of a bodyguard are you? All they have to do is dark souls around you. You know? You're supposed to be my personal colossus and their personal trick shot. Mm-hmm. So what else? What else? Remind me. Anything relevant besides the main event? Oh, God. Nothing else I can think of because everything ninety percent of the show was fucking draft picks and shit. Oh yeah, the fucking um, the new day got to have a small celebration with the uh, street profits after beating hurt business. Who, by the way, got their asses kicked by Goldberg like right before. Yeah, the hurt business is back together, vaguely, faintly. Like all right. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't really remember anything else too much about that. That was like the main thing that I, that I uh. Yeah, I mean. I have from memory. Like I said I shoot our memory off of Raw now at this point. Yeah, because we just endure Raw at this point. Like nobody watches Raw; they just endure it. The rest of it was draft stuff. That's what it was, and we really did the draft yeah. stuff. So it's kind of hard to follow without thinking about, uh, yeah, Goldberg Lashley. I'm looking out to see if there's anything <laughs> you know new day her business. All right, Bianca Belair, Charlotte Flair, which was the main event, and then it was literally like a mirror of what happened, bro. To the point where, and I just remembered, yeah, it was to the point where. Becky came out on SmackDown and did the same walk to the ring she did on Raw and they took the same commercial break. It's the same thing that yeah. happened on, on SmackDown with Becky coming to interfere in the match, you know? Because, I mean, the finish of the match was Charlotte takes the weirdest bump to a KOD I've ever seen and then Becky just snatches her out and then thrown out. Mm-hmm. Like, can we just have finishes to some of these matches, please, without just shit? Apparently not, you know? Fuck. They just did the same thing twice, and they didn't even have time for the Roman stuff for no reason. Which, like I said, that doesn't make any sense to me. Like, why? That would have been, like, something that was a hot anger. would have brought the momentum to Raw that they needed. You know? So make Arn Anderson get his glock. Yeah, right? We're going to be arming bears around here. The right to arm bears. All right. Good Lord, man. Is that it? Are we done? By the power of Christ, that's it. Good. Excellent. Ladies and gentlemen, don't forget, we have other content on the channel, believe it or not. You don't have to burn out on wrestling and you don't have to keep refreshing a dead Facebook. Nor do you have to keep spreading propaganda or just being a lot annoying little shits. There's other things that you could do instead. Such as tomorrow night, 10 p.m. immediately following AEW Dynamite, we will be here Eastern Standard Time covering Life is Strange Chapter 4, Flicker. As well as other random streams throughout the week, throughout the weekend, other things that you can enjoy. Of course, I always give gratitude and thanks to our live listeners and viewers across all platforms, including King Quest, Willie V2, Don Destalabario, Dest thank you for the follow, sir, Quest Thompson, Spartan Jesus, George, Demi Moore, Shanoala, Stasis, of course, Elysian. And as well as all of you that are listening live and on demand across all the popular podcasts.
podcast platforms, including Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and all other places popular podcasts are found, as well as those tuning into the live feed on Facebook and Twitch. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Talk Brunch Live, episode 485. I've been your host, Rick Dara, a.k.a. Captain Brunch. For myself, co-host Dustin, the Soul Glow Frazier, we're out of here. Without further ado, please help me. Shut it down.